You are watching the vodka stream. Yo, what is happening, everybody? Welcome to the vodka stream. It's Friday. Uh, hopefully everybody's doing great. Hopefully everybody's doing great. Wow, the chat is very non-chatty. That's that's not as uh, as it usually is. But let me pour my drink here. Going a little Irish tonight with some JMO. Yummy. All right. Uh, so cheers, everybody. Welcome to Friday. Welcome to the vodka stream. Uh, still getting used to the fact that it's still light when I start these things. But cheers, guys. <laughs> oh. Ah, how's everybody doing out there? We doing out there? Everybody's filing in. We got Mama Film Junkie here. Good to see you as always, Mother. Um, yeah, we gotta we gotta have dinner soon for sure. What's going on, MSGT? Yeah, I'm not your son, but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, what's going on, Travis from Vegas? Good to see you, buddy. All right, we got Galactic Fearsome. Good to see you, Eleanor. Hello, Dave. Uh, going to see you across across the Spider Verse in seven hours. All right. Well, at least you. I'm glad you chose uh, IMAX. That's the way to see it. That's definitely the way to see it. See it on the biggest screen you could possibly can, and that you possibly can see in them. So, yeah. So good. You're gonna enjoy it, hopefully. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to warn you guys, like, and we'll warn you. I mean, we, we're, we're probably going to dip into some spoilers when we're talking about this thing. I mean, it's just kind of hard not to, but with all the, the craziness that happened. So, but don't worry, we'll let you know, you know, we won't jump. We're not going to jump in it like right at first, but you know, it's a, uh, just letting you know, just letting you know, that's all. Brian, what's up? We got Alakazoo right here. Patrick, I see flash movie with dad. And watch Barry TV show. Okay, cool. I like it. You brought the drinks. All right, Scott brought the, brought the drinks. He brought more drinks. So that's good. Always count on Scott for that. So what's going on, Mr. Powell? Good to see you. Good to see a new Spider-Man rental on, a on Amazon. <clears throat> okay, so there's a Spider-Man rental? What? Are you going to wait till that? About to see it in about an hour. Okay, okay. Well, that's cool. So, all right, so you're seeing a late, kind of a late show on Friday, so that's uh, not eh, nothing wrong with that. Taking my son tomorrow to see Spider-Man, good. All right, Anthony, hey, well, thank you for the $8 super chat. Appreciate it, Dave, sending love and vibes from the land of Oz. Nice. Class of Gentleman Jack on my end. Cheers. Well, cheers to you. Gentleman Jack, of course, is delicious. Cheers. Mm. Ah. Ah, what's going on, Michaela? What's up, Dave? Saw you in line at the Grove Flash screening. Was hoping to say hi, but didn't get a chance. Well, damn, that sucks, man. Um, yeah, the Flash screening I did not see. Man. <laughs> and we're going to have, you know, I mean, people that have, yeah, it's just, I could have went and saw it on Tuesday, but I just was not, I just was not in the mood to drive out to L.A. again. Was not in the mood. Mood to do that so you know probably could have because uh i know one person that was there they got in everything everybody got in on tuesday so yeah if i would have went on tuesday i would have uh i would have seen the damn thing but you know what i just wasn't in the mood to drive out to la because 
Eh, it could be a venture. It could be a venture. What's going on, Monkey Jeebus? Spider versus Awesome. Yes, indeed. Yeah, they gave free posters to like even like where I was. They gave uh, they gave out posters as well. So. I mean, it just seems like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just a good way to promote all this stuff. I mean, I got a free poster for The Flash, too, even for not seeing it. I mean, that's how much these studios are. They, they at least try to hook up the fans with something, right? They do. So there is that. Howler Head Whiskey tonight. I don't think I've ever had Howler Head Whiskey. Hmm. Sounds like it'd be delicious, though. What's going on, Azteca? What's up? Yeah, Trivium, Trivium next Sunday at Riverside Municipal Auditorium. Lamb of God will also be. Wow, wow, interesting. I wonder if my buddy knows that. My buddy who's like a big metalhead. I wonder if he knows about any of that right there. Starry Two begins filming. Yes, Baba Scotty. Yes, cool. You live in Chicago. That's good. That's good. That's good. All right, guys. Well, we get some more people filing in here right now. But yeah, we're going to be doing some all kinds of talk here. What's going on? JF, JF, J Fizz, I should say. I'm here for DC and Snyder content, but deep down, I really spawn first. Anything you can find out? Uh, well, I, it just seems like spawn is like in fucking limbo. McFarlane, the last time he said he was, you know, he was saying things. I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but it just seemed like it's still in limbo. And then it sucks, too, now, because the the guy that he wanted to play, the, the lead role, is going through a bunch of health issues right now. So, you know, Mr. Jamie Foxx, which we hope he, hope he pulls through all that. I mean, there's a lot of weirdness that's surrounding that, but hopefully we can find out more about that. So. What's going on, Hank? Good to see you. Cortez. Spider-Verse 2 yesterday, and I already want to see it again. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, MSGT needs to back off and ask Snyder to direct Spawn. Snyder's a little busy. He's a little busy, but I think he could, he could probably do he could probably do Spawn some justice, though, for sure. So, All right. Stream. Let me get my tweet going here, and we'll get uh, Mr. Featured Guest in here, chat with him a little bit, and then we'll start talking about some more Spider-Man-ness. But I mean, I mean, I figured, you know, if we're gonna talk some Spidey tonight, we're gonna we're gonna get an expert at it. You know, somebody who wrote a little book called "With Great Power," which you know, the link is provided down below if you want to, uh, of course, pick yourself up a copy. But Yes, without further ado, let's get him in here. Mr. Sean O'Connell, what is happening, sir? This is the uh, the book that not everyone hates. <laughs> is that the other true? one? The other one that, that, that they hate, yes. Yes, yes. It's, uh, from, yeah, like I said, from Snyderverse to Spiderverse. I mean, hey, is, you know? that's why I put that on the <laughs> thumbnail. See, not just a hat rack, my friend. But uh, thank you for joining, Sean. How's it going? It's wonderful, man. Good to be with you, as always. Yes. And can you believe it's been like five, like five weeks since Full Circle? No. Dear God, that's gone by really, really fast. Right? Um, it's been over a month. Like it was last week. Right. It felt like that. Yes. Uh, obviously, the Full Circle event happened. Sean and I finally uh, met in person and embraced each other. We gave a, a strong, <laughs> manly hug to each that's other right. when we were... Uh, when we saw each other and chatted, I wish we could have spent more time doing stuff, but my God, was it madness. It was, but in the best kind of way, like it yes. feels like everywhere you turned, you were running into another really cool 
person that you know from the Snyderverse community online and everyone's there for one reason, which is to celebrate those movies and celebrate the Snyders. And that's why I loved those Q and A panels afterwards with the, the folks who contributed creatively to those. Um, and then, you know, I felt they were so emotionally draining those. So by the time they ended, I don't know what you guys did, but I just was ready to go home and crash. Basically. Dude. I mean, when it came, especially after the first day, that was, I mean, cause I mean the whole commentary thing, that was so last minute and it was just kind of like, Oh shit. I didn't realize, I didn't know. We didn't know details when it came to that till the day of Yeah. So probably about five hours before I got the email. Oh, you're going on first. Okay. Well, <laughs> geez, sweet. Yeah. So it, was, it was just like one of those things where I was like, all right, get there. And then of course, you know, get there, get in line and then go out to the, obviously it was cocktail hour, which I was glad that that was my night that I did it. And uh, yeah, it was just, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, when you're done, you just want to just kind of go like, oh, I just want to go home and crash after this. And enjoy it. Yeah. Like sit with it and think like, mm-hmm. what did I just do? You know, what did I just get to accomplish? Cause it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it was. I mean, I mean, like I said, that the first night was that, and I think we just did go because it was later for the man is steel one because it started at six so yeah. i mean once you got out of there it was already like 10 11 o'clock so we didn't do anything afterwards but and then bbs was earlier but i mean obviously it's a longer movie and then that was when you did the q a and that must i mean we talked a little bit beforehand and i you know i'm, I'm sure the nerves were there i was nervous for you <laughs> i was very nervous uh yeah because you know all you really want to do is is have it go well you want yeah. you know specifically you want Zach and Debbie to be happy. Um, But then you're, I was personally concerned about not just the people in the room, but very much the people who were tuning in online, you know, and I I know that they really wanted their questions asked. And with that one in particular, it's a movie that I feel like Zach has discussed so often. And so it's like, how do you find the angles in to stories he hasn't told a million times which is always kind of my approach whenever I try to do an interview is really try to get them to tell a story that they haven't told before. And, you know, we had the, the Jeff Johns moment, which Dude, is going to live in infamy. Perfect that, you know, that, that panel was the best panel of all three nights. I mean, bar none. I mean, just, just to have DJ there. And I remember hearing that DJ was going to be there. He was going to uh, replace Larry Fong, which of course right. Larry Fong would have been great to talk to as well. But at the same time, I've talked to DJ, I've had him on the stream guy's a firecracker hilarious and when i heard that he was actually going to be there i went oh this is there's gonna you know this is gonna be fun yeah, sure yeah. Enough, he did not hold back I, I love how he did hold back when it came to the justice league one but man when it came to that one he was just firing on all cylinders and and just to it was just kind of a, just a, a, a an interesting moment being in the crowd and when that person asked about the doomsday clock and we're all just kind of going like, does this guy know that (laughs) we're all just kind of, you know, looking at each other. And then once he freaking said that and then did the mic drop and Damon Caro did, I mean, it was just, well, and you know, who was the the all-star of that obviously Mm -hmm. was Zach. Oh yeah. Comedic timing as he waited. And then he goes, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But I mean, just, I know, just sitting up there with next to him, though, that must have just been like, wow, like, 
I can only imagine what you were feeling in that moment and just being like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening right here. I mean, to the left of you right there. I'll that must the have just been about that is because yeah. I'm so used to doing um, I'm so used to doing interviews and I'm even used to doing interviews with two other guys. And yeah. we have a rhythm where I think we're really comfortable going around in a circle. And all I kept telling myself was like, shut up and let them talk. Like, don't trip on this is their panel, you know? Yeah. Like I keep reminding myself, like you're really here to just facilitate and set them up as best as possible. So. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, th I mean, and you did a great job. You did a fantastic job. Okay. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of those things too, where it's like, yeah, there's so many questions you want to get to. You have, you have online questions, you have questions of your own. And then of course you have audience questions and, you know, so it's like trying to balance all that out. And I thought you did a, a, a fantastic job doing all that because, I mean, yeah, you got to have a mixture of everything. And then there is, I mean, there is, again, like you accomplished, like what you said, like, what what can we get more out of this? And we got more out of it. Not only did we get that mic drop moment, we also got the whole, oh, yeah, we were uh, theorizing about, you know, Amazonians and Kryptonians kind of being linked together. And here's what it was. Again, thank right. you to DJ for just kind of throwing that out there, which was great. And I love what your reaction was. You you can't just stop there. You can't just say that and then not explain what you're talking about. Right, right, right. Yeah, well, that was a very fun night. Yes, definitely a very fun night. But uh, yeah, it was just I, I just can't believe it's you know it's been like five weekends ago. I mean, it was like fuck, crazy, just absolutely crazy, but. Now, have you seen The Flash? Have you been able to see it? I know you tried. No! no. I wasn't uh, sure if you got into a screening. No, Sean, 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 Sean. <laughs> Sadly, you know, I did, I uh, I attempted. Uh, when the, the first round of these screenings happened, I went uh, two Mondays ago. And right. sadly, it was, I mean, I probably could have, uh, you know, said, hey, I'm on YouTube, Film Junkie, and maybe... That would have helped because apparently when it came to my screenings, they were, they were all about cosplayers and influencers and all that stuff. But I didn't know that at the time. I was just waiting in line had a couple of people with me and they turned probably about 90% of the, the line away after okay. we waited. Yeah. So sat and then they gave us passes for this past week, but I was like driving into LA pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. So I was like, I'm not going to a weekday pain in the ass to get out there. And yeah. then who knows if I'm even going to be guaranteed again. So right. I just didn't risk it. So, yeah, I mean, maybe in the, I mean, there's, we were two weeks away, which is nice. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I have my tickets for opening night. I'm going with the, with my girlfriend and, uh, and some, and my brother and all that stuff. We're all going, but I mean, I could maybe try to swing something. I know there's still more things happening, but sadly I have not. I know you have, and uh, I hate you for it. Well, I saw the I saw it the one time at CinemaCon, and the funny yes, thing about it is that it has been made abundantly clear that the ending that we saw, and of course we got no mid-credit scenes, you know, those were held back uh, specifically to hold on to these as secrets, and so there's still big mysteries left to drop, apparently. Big mysteries, but. Yeah, which is which is cool. I mean, I'm glad that they did that. Um, and I know mm -hmm. like some of these screenings, but I think I, I thought I thought I read somewhere that the press screenings will have the post credit. I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. But I mean, yeah, it's up. To, I mean, it's so weird when it comes to this film. I and mean, I know you enjoyed it, right? I did. Yeah, I liked it a lot. 
Yes. And I mean, everybody seems to be doing it. I mean, it seems like this is also going to be a hit. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about, you know, across the Spider-Verse and how much this thing is blowing up right now and how everybody's doing it. But when it comes to the Flash, it just seems like, man, um, just the hype behind it. I mean, there's so much there's so much positivity coming out of anybody who's seen it just seems like I mean, yeah, you'll find, you know, some people that were like, eh, whatever. Or, you know, they'll shit on it, which is fine. But it's very rare. I mean, just. The the amount of people who just express how much they thought this movie was just, I mean, it takes like just all of DC and just kind of goes, hey, we're honoring all this stuff. And, you know, without, I mean, and, and, and what's great too is there hasn't been, I haven't seen spoilers show up. I know some things, of course, just because that's being in this, you know, being a Space. voice. Yeah. You're going to you're going to find out certain things, but I don't know everything. And I try to make it seem, you know, I try to not sniff those things out. I, I'm i not one of those. It's like uh, try to sniff it out and then try to pass it off as a scoop or something like that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, you don't want to do it. But yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see like what these po- what, what it leads to, I guess you could say. But I mean, for the most part, uh, the biggest debate this past week or like actually it's been is the fact that. Is it canon to Zack Snyder's Justice League? <laughs> oh, I heard your thing talking about like yeah. being canon to Justice League and how yeah. ridiculously stupid that is. Like, <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, make- everybody ignores the fact that that movie exists. Yeah, that's not the case at all. Yeah, and you've seen it, and you and what what's funny is like when you even watch the trailers, you go, I mean, I get it that it's not. You know, we have Batman out during the day and he's doing some fantastical shit. But at the same time, I'm like, you see a shot in one of the trailers where they're in the when they're in the uh, the warehouse, uh, in the aerospace or whatever the heck, you know, that we've seen. It's not trying to be passed off as the Batcave. There's light coming through the the windows it's not trying to do what justice league was trying to pass it off as a bat cave or something like that um right, you know right. and it's just and it looks exactly how it did and then it even came out like yesterday i think it was that the production designers were basing it off of what Tatopolis was doing in there and it's like right. all right so how many times do we have to so i mean i'm not saying that it's like 100 just like they're gonna like mention things a bunch of different things that happen in Zack snyder's justice league but at least we know it's got connective tissue and we know that there's it's there and it's the characters that Zach, you know, cast and created for this sure. world. Yeah. Well, and the element that I'm really curious about is whether because they've announced a Supergirl movie, whether yeah. Sasha Kelly is going to be able to continue to do it, because it's hard to judge how good she can be. She doesn't get a lot of time in this movie. I'm not going to mm. go into specifics, but, you know, it's not necessarily her film no any kind of way um you get a taste of what she can do but are they willing to turn the reins over to her for this you know this planned superwoman supergirl movie or are they going to completely recast i'm not quite sure that that's another question too i mean w- w- with everything that james gunn is um doing and and you know i mean god knows what could be you know when it when it comes to these post credit scenes is it going to have anything to do with any of what that is, or is it just going to be like, oh, there's just going to be some more craziness? But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good question when it comes to, and you, you, you actually talked to Sasha. Uh, yeah, we did. I talked to her at the press day, and she, you know, played the. When I asked, like, are we going to be able to see you in the suit? 
again, you know, she gave the whole, I, I hope so, you know, waiting yeah. on the phone kind of answer. Um, but she just has so much enthusiasm for it. You know, the, there are several people who, who pawn themselves off as like, hey, I'm a fan just like you guys. And I watch all the movies, but I legitimately believe that like, she's super geeked out about, you know, I, I spent 30 minutes watching social media videos of her just playing with her, her Supergirl yep. toy, you know, like she just, she loves the fact that this is her, that she's getting this opportunity. And, um, you know, she talks to Jake Hamilton about, you know, speaking with Henry about it. And <laughs> so, you know, who's, who's to say, I don't know. It's, um, I, I hope she gets to continue, but everything is so completely up in arms right now that no one really knows what's going to happen. Yeah, it's a weird thing. And then, of course, when that the news of her talking, it was funny because there was the the teasing of like before you guys released your junkets on The Flash, uh, you teased that you talked to the Muschietti's about Zack Snyder. And I was like, oh, you know, it's like one of those things. And then, you know, other people <laughs> were teasing that. Oh, uh, Sasha apparently talked to uh, Henry Cavill. So it was like it was like it was kind of like cool, like when on Monday, I think it was or maybe it was Sunday, Monday, whatever the heck Monday where like people were teasing that and it was like, all right, let's see where this let's see where this goes. And, you know, it was great. I'm glad that you uh, you talked to uh, uh, Andy and uh, Barbara about talking to Zach, because I'm just I'm very curious of what Zach would think about. I, I mean, the last time Zach was on the vodka stream, he just brought up the like he was proud of his cast that are that, that continue to do things and talked about Ezra and saying that it's cool that Ezra's getting you know getting Ezra's movie and and then he was you know of course talking about like the fact that hey I recognize some of those scenes in there that's that's kind of interesting and cool to see and I'm like yeah I mean I can't I I'm I'm sure I'm not thinking that Zach's gonna go on social media and be like oh my god I loved it he's not gonna do that whole thing but at the same right. time I'm just it just sounded to me like, oh, yeah, he's very supportive of it. And I don't know how much of a conversation that Andy and Zach have had beforehand. Um, I'm, I, I from what I gathered, there was a conversation, but I don't know like what it exactly entailed. But at the same time, I'm just thinking that I, I, I Zach's going to check it out. I mean, he he's probably I mean, especially if it's something based off of that has characters that he's created i guess you're not well created but you know sure trying to start the universe and then cast the characters and then of course it's diving back into zod and the whole zero hour event in man of steel right i mean you've got to be curious to see what's what's what it's what's it's all about so that's and, why i felt it was a fair question to ask like yeah. i wasn't i wasn't trying to reach for something you know just to get zach's name brought up like these are truly milestone elements and key casting decisions that trace right back to Zack Snyder's world. And you have to assume that Andy, at the very least in preparation, you know, rewatched, tried to go back and see how things match up, you know, like paid attention to Man of Steel and paid attention to the Justice League to see yeah. how these elements, because you also want to evolve what Ezra has done in those films, you know, and, and continue to, to expand on the character essentially. And I think that the movie does that in a number of interesting ways. It is cool. Or, or it is weird, I'm sorry, how you end up recasting people like Ron Livingston, you know, goes in for Billy Crudup, which very well could have been a timing issue, you know, a timing schedule issue. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. Because they do keep, um, uh, who plays Iris? Um, what's oh, yeah. Uh, Kiersey Clemens. Yeah. Uh, Kiersey Clemens. Kiersey yeah. Clemens. 
So, you know, there's there's continuity. There's there, there's connective thread between those existing movies and this. Yeah. And then, you know, what some people have to some fans have to realize is like when Zach was creating what he wanted to create, he was setting a foundation and he wanted to be like, this is the story I'm telling. I'm selling I'm, I'm telling a a five part, essentially a five part Superman story. He started with mm. Superman. And even though it's like, all right, yeah, we're going to have all of the Justice League players in here. Um, but this is essentially about Superman. This is about Superman revealing himself, dying, and then being reborn. And, you know, and then we're going to have like this whole big, crazy story that has dark side and all these elements and everything right there. I'm setting this and I'm doing this story. Anybody else that wants to come in and do a solo version of these characters, mm-hmm. it's up to you. I mean, I mean, it's, it, and it's funny because, you know, obviously there's a, you know, there's a campaign out there with certain fans, which I think you're well aware of these fans. Um, you know, them, yes. Yeah. You've, uh, yeah, you've had your, uh, you've come across them on social media. <laughs> um, but, and so have I, um, and, and, you know, it's just like, they want a certain thing. And it's like, if it's Zach, it's nothing. But at the same time, I'm like, not even Zach wants that. I mean, he wrote a whole treatment for a Wonder Woman backstory and possible movie the 1854 Wonder Woman with and obviously took the picture and everything, but that was just like a filler. And then at the same time, it's like, all right, Patty Jenkins comes in and goes, no, nah, I'm going to do this. And he's like, all right, cool. I'm perfectly okay with that. It'll work. Yeah. Out. You know? And it's like, he's, he's collaborative. He wanted to do that. And you know, he, I'm, he appreciates what James Wan did with Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like, like I said, when he sees the flash, he'd probably be like, good job. Annie Muschietti. You, you took, this and you made that you made it your own i mean i like the fact that we can have different cooks in the kitchen when it comes to these characters it doesn't have to be like one specific vision and i think like you know when it comes to you know marvel has got sometimes it got a little repetitive with certain things the marvel formula as we talk about sure yeah yeah where it gets like "Eh." and then all of a sudden you get sam raimi coming in with multiverse of madness you're like oh that's a little curveball right there i like that Right. So, you know, and I, and I think just, you know, so you just got to realize that, hey, this is something different, but in maybe fact, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. when you think about it, that was the direction that Zach was going initially when he was in charge of, like you had Rick Bamiyua, you know, was going to do yeah. Flash. And obviously James Wan was going to do his Aquaman and Ben was going to do uh, a Batman movie. And, it, you know, it wasn't like Zach was directing every single piece. He was no. theoretically, you know, just shepherding the vision forward kind of thing. But ever since, um, the this Snyder cut came out. You've seen elements of his character. Like, I mean, now we can talk about Gal showing up in Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Yeah, you know, um, and uh, and and now Ben. We know Ben is a big part of the Flash. And um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, we already know that Gal's in the Flash too. I mean, that's been okay. Good, we know that. Yeah, we know that. Been, we know it's that. out there as well too. So yeah, yeah. it's out there. Yeah. yeah, I know you want. I know you were uh, tiptoeing past that, but I mean, even Ben Affleck kind of revealed <laughs> <Yes>. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, yeah, it's it's just it's cool because I mean, yeah, when it came to the Shazam cameo, I I, I did enjoy that, and I enjoyed the final act of Shazam. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the Flash, I'm really curious to like. I mean, obviously Ben kind of talked about a little bit of like the scene and I, but the fact and then we know that it's they're going to have a you know something together which is great but at the same time i'm just like i'm still even though i know that and a lot of and we all know that i think we're all just like you know super excited to see it that's the thing it's like yeah i can get spoiled but i'm like 
yeah, okay, but now I want to freaking see that. And and I and I love the fact that yeah, we're gonna get both of them back in the movie. But uh going back to Sasha Kaye, I mean like the fact that yeah, it's like up in the air that she's gonna do Supergirl, and like you said, I mean, yeah, she's not a she's I'm the main focus of this movie, of course, is Barry, and then of course the second one is Michael Keaton back as Batman. I mean, yeah, right, right, right. That's that's and I, I I've said it so many times, like as much as you know, us comic book nerds would love to have an actual flashpoint story, mm-hmm. and yeah, we'd want to see Jeffrey Dean in the in a bat suit with some gun holsters with the red behind the bat on his chest. The general public would not even know what the the general audience wouldn't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. True. So the fact that they decided to do multiverse and get Keaton as the Batman to help out Barry in this story, I thought it was I just I and I still think it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. And they did the Muschietti's when they came on Rebel and talked about the fact that they did have a plan B should Keaton have said no. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't gonna be Clooney. <laughs> no, and it, it can't be Kilmer. So I almost think it might have been more traditional sort of straight up flashpoint with Thomas Wayne uh, going in that direction. And they might have recast or or used Jeffrey Dean if they wanted to. You know, I think they did have other options. When you think about the number of people who worked on screenplays for The Flash over the years, you know, they had so many things that they could pull from in order to put this together. So in a way, from that perspective, too, it's remarkable that it works as well as it does all the way through, because a lot of times when they mishmash story ideas from multiple different screenwriters like they don't gel you know and and you can you can almost point like oh well here's where uh you know jonathan and john john francis daly worked in their elements yeah. and here's where uh rick uh how did his part and yeah uh, so but but yeah. in general it's it's that's what i was kind of worried about when when you know i was like man this movie and you know and i've even had people like you know say stuff like oh man how many how many different iterations or so many cooks in the kitchen i'm like yeah but now that i've seen everybody's reaction i'm like it seems like the muschietti's really were like all right we got to take it all in and we got to we got to create some and that's one of the things too is like andy's been on this thing for before the pandemic i believe right he was because that way yeah. actually we were in London for Birds of Prey, uh, doing oh, the junket yeah. for it, and we left the hotel and ran into Andy in the parking lot of the hotel, smoking, nice. and uh, <laughs> we kind of walked up to him and he it was Jake and I and he kind of recognized us and we were like what are you here for and he's like oh I'm doing prep for Flash I'm doing location stuff and we said oh tell us about it. and he's like nothing um, but he goes but something just happened recently that I know is going to blow people's so when we had him on the show we were like we're like you probably don't remember this you know but we ran into you and you told us and he goes he goes well if it was right before the pandemic which it was it was like before everything shut down he goes that's probably when i found out that keaton was was going to come back and uh and that he had confirmed so can you imagine getting that phone call i mean for him like (laughs) trying to work this out and the fact that they're like hey let's just try it let's just try to get keaton and let's see what happens and you get the phone call of like he's in yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, 
holy shit you know i mean that that had to be like just one of the biggest moments well, i mean probably of his of his career just like the fact that it's like okay i'm taking on this big huge movie i have uh, you know a big franchise under my belt that i previously did which was the it, it movies which yeah. you know I, we could all agree that it, you know it was i enjoyed them i mean i know it's mm-hmm. chapter 2 everybody kind of complains about it but I have the, my theory about that. But anyways, uh, but he hasn't had much, you know, he's a horror director. And I and I do like the fact that you have these horror directors that come in. I mean, I, regardless of what you feel, anybody feels about the Shazam, uh, both movies, I think David F. Sandberg is a very talented director and did what he could and did. I mean, I enjoy both of those movies. The first one more than the second one. Sure. I haven't watched mm-hmm. the second one since I saw it in the theaters, but there, you know, it's it wasn't a shit sandwich. It was still there was things in there. I was like, oh my god, he did that. That's cool, you know. And it wasn't Black Adam. Yeah, that's right. You. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I forget how much you were not a fan of that one. But hey, someone in the comments is saying that the Plan B might have been Christian Bale, and that makes sense. It, yeah, could have been. been Christian Bale. Yeah, could have been Christian Bale, and then, and then you know, I'm sure like. uh Jeffrey Dean was on the list too. They probably had a whiteboard of like, all right, let's try for Keaton. If we don't get Keaton, we'll get Bale. And then maybe even Clooney might have been on that list too. Like maybe, you know, we'll try Clooney. And then we'll, and if not, we'll just do a flashpoint story and just have Thomas Wayne and hopefully whatever. But uh, yeah, but I think, I'm, I think we could all just agree that having keaton in there it's just like that i mean that's driving a lot of this madness right now i mean i i i still say like when i was at the uh at a super bowl party and when that tv spot came about and people were like wait a minute was that and like yeah keaton's back <laughs> people are like well yeah, yeah. Shit, i'm gonna go see that and everybody was like yeah yeah I went, well there you go right there so but here's the thing and we, we've been talking about this um everything has a week because there's something else big right behind it. Right. Um, you know, Spider-Verse has a week because then Transformers is right behind it. And then the yeah. Flash is right behind that. Yeah. And then Indiana Jones Indiana is right Jones. behind that. Yeah. And then you get Mission Impossible. And then you get Oppenheimer and Barbie. You know, it's like, can we Dude. just pump the brakes? Can somebody move to September? Seriously. I Yeah, the whole thing of like... And then we got uh, a rumor that Tom Cruise is kind of mad that he's only going to have... Mission Impossible out for like a week and IMAX before Oppenheimer takes over. It's like, yeah, and well, Nolan gets three weeks. Nolan gets a, an exclusive three weeks. Yes. I mean, and he shot, didn't he shoot entirely in IMAX? Yes. Yes. yes he did. That's the yeah. thing. I'm like, sorry, Tom. I don't know if you guys <laughs> shot, you probably shot your big, huge scenes in IMAX, but Nolan. People don't tell the- Tom Cruise no that often, though. <laughs> That's he true. doesn't hear no that often. That's very true. I mean, I mean, look what happened when it came to Top Gun Maverick. I mean, he kept on pushing. He was like, nope, we're not going to release it on streaming. And it paid off. It paid off. So he does have that clout where he can just be like, you know, but I'm kind of curious to see if what happens with that. I mean, I hope they don't. I mean, I'm I mean, that was one of my most anticipated films of the year is uh, Mission Impossible because I love that franchise so much. But yep. at the same time, I'm like. Man, if I, I guess I better see it in IMAX right away because, yep. yeah, that thing's going to be right up. But it's just, you're right. It's just like one thing after another. It's like, can we have a breath somewhere in between where, you know, where we could just see a smaller movie? But yeah, right. it's like everything's so crammed into these. We're in the summer blockbuster season. So there's just like one thing after another. And then when it comes August, 
that's where it all starts lightening up and then we have like nothing and i'm like why it's like blue why? beetle i think blue yeah. beetle kicks off the month and then i'm not sure what else is after that it so one of those yeah one of those blockbusters could have jumped back to like the middle of, of august and just cleaned up a little bit yeah geez yeah that's right oh yeah and then we got teenage mutant ninja turtles also Which looks out. good turtles looks good excellent actually yeah. that, that newest trailer really really hooked me um i mean the first one did too because i mean and i think we should start diving into it and we'll get some uh, more heads into her but uh i mean when it comes to across the spider-verse and it's just into the spider-verse and the animation style it's like yes can we have more things like this we don't have to have it like you know the pixar way that's fine and the dreamworks way we can have it like that but this animation is unique and different and whatever the hell can we have something more like this and i think you know when it came to seth rogan he's like <coughs> of course <laughs> let's do it like that you know and he, he wanted to take on the franchise and he wanted to have i mean but it, even when i watched the turtles trailer it's not exactly like the Spider-Verse animation, but it has a similar aesthetic to it. Yes. And I'm just like, but there's something that's fucking awesome about that. And then when it came to Across, I went, how did the, the animation's like 10 times better in this one from the first one? Because my God, man. I don't mean to insult the first one because I drew, I think the first one's groundbreaking, you yeah. know, but Across makes it look like a kindergartner's stick figures. <laughs> and it's <laughs> remarkable to me that the tools can advance that much in five years. And what yeah. I can't wrap my brain around is that beyond is coming in less than a year. Like they had to have been working on them simultaneously. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So. They knew they were going to have like this big story and, and yeah, they were just like, took it on like head on. And they were like, well, we could divide it up into two movies because it's going to be long. I mean, this movie was two hours and 15 minutes yeah. with credits. And I was like, well, that's cool because yeah, because, and then I, I, you know, and it's funny too, because when you watch the movie, you kind of go like, oh, you're just, you're into it. And then all of a sudden you have to remind yourself, oh shit, this is a, this is one part. This is the part one. So yeah. the resolution is not going to happen in this. And I'm like looking at my watch going, oh boy, we have about 15, 20, 10 minutes. <laughs> it's not yeah. going to wrap up. I'm like, yeah. it's one of those things. And I was yeah. like, I had to remind myself, but. And then, so I had to, you know, get in that mode. Like, and I know some people had that complaint, like, why couldn't it have been just one movie? I'm like, that's the point of a cliffhanger. Now, are you, a, are you of the mindset? Cause I, I hear people calling this half a movie, which I, yeah. I think is horseshit. I hate that. that. I don't like it. I don't yeah. like it because I don't we went in knowing it was part one. Sure. We went into that. So I, th it's, it's a full movie in, and yes, it's got a cliffhanger, but so yeah, well, that's why I was saying like when people are like complaining that it's half a movie, I'm like, yeah, come on, like, like is Back like, to the Future two half a movie? Because I don't ah, think ah, good point, good point, exactly. You know, and it's and it's a movie that I could watch just on its own and be yeah. like, well, you know, it's because it, yeah, just because it doesn't wrap everything up in a nice little bow doesn't mean you can't just watch that and be satisfied i was completely even though like when it ended i mean everybody in the theater was like oh you know and i even was like oh but at the same time i'm like thank you thank yeah. you now I have, <laughs> you know i cannot wait for yeah. the next one so that's what it's supposed to do but uh we're gonna get some more people in here let's start talking more spider-verse first off we got scott oh. There he is. <laughs> coming in hot. Coming in hot. What's, What's up, Scott? On? Hey, Sean. 
Good to see you, brother. It was good. Um, I was telling Dave because I was like, okay, Dave, this is going to be a spoiler discussion for Spider Verse, right? Yeah. He's like, absolutely. Well, we'll, like, we'll cool. talk some spoilers. We'll yeah. talk some spoilers. But it was so great going to see the movie today because I took my wife and my two oldest, uh, the two and a half year old stayed home. Okay. But it was crazy to me to think that four years ago, I took Liam when he was in kindergarten on the Thursday preview night. Five. The into five years ago. Five years ago? 2018 five. to 2018, dude. Oh, yeah. dude. Oh, well. <laughs> Because he was in kindergarten and now he just finished fourth grade and I took him to that Thursday night preview and then to turn around and now he's old enough to see this and Declan's now old enough to come along and it was wild. It was just it it was just this crazy experience to go, wow, we're all here now. (laughs) We're like (laughs) we're all watching this movie in theaters now. And maybe the youngest will come to beyond. Who knows? No, 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 no. De- no. Callum's not going to make it to beyond. He's, okay. he's, he's not, he's, he's not too there. Young. He's yeah. too young. I, I don't do that to other people. I'm one of those parents. That's like, no, my kids and have you, to earn. Thank you for that. We thank you for that. <laughs> they have to, you have to earn going to the movies with daddy. Gotcha. <laughs> Fair enough. No, but uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, we were just starting to talk about it. I mean, I know you, I mean, what, what, what's your initial thoughts here, Scott? The crazy son of a bitches did it. I don't <laughs> I don't understand how I mean into the Spider-Verse since it came out has been my favorite Spider-Man movie ever. Same. Even No Way Home, which I love No Way Home. Yep. It's like you're great and all, but into the Spider-Verse is still numero uno. And then to walk and, and just to be like even that opening sequence. Uh, which I'm not, we haven't we haven't quite hit the spoiler wall yet, but I'm just gonna say that opening story sequence mm-hmm. and the anim- like, and I was just staring at the animation, going, "What the hell is happening?" Yeah. <laughs> With the Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, oh no! Even before that, even before that, like the, oh. the 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 backstory sequence. I love yeah. it. Okay, gotcha. Like, gotcha. like just playing hit- the drums. Oh yeah. yeah, all that. I'm just there going. <laughs> like like you said it's like the advancements that they've done it's like they literally went oh no you uh, it was like Isle Jolson the Jessica oh 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 you ain't heard nothing yet yeah, it was yeah, like yeah I was so glad because the first one was an Academy Award winning movie it won best animated feature sure and yet this team went now we have to up our game and they did, and it was just incredible because now this is my favorite Spider-Man movie ever. Right. It, it's almost distracting how beautiful some of those. I mean, it's just. I mean, you not even just the action parts, but like you said, that that opening scene. It's just a background. I'm going, what the fuck? I mean, I'm like, it's like an impressionistic. It's yeah. like an impressionistic painting behind it. it. it Dripping, dripping, yes. <laughs> am I, I'm like, am I on shrooms right now? What's yeah. going on? I'm like, I feel like I'm like, I took a second psychedelic before watching this thing. It was just so insane, like, and the man. way the colors, like in Gwen's world with the watercolors, yeah. and the way that they change color in scene to reflect the emotions. Like those are just creative decisions that you know you would 
I would never think to do. You know, it's these geniuses behind the scenes who think like, why can't we do this? Why can't we? I know she had blonde hair in the in the last scene that you just saw her in, but now it's going to be purple and and her outfit's going to be sort of green, and we're going to just we're going to change it because that's what we can do. And it's like, yeah, why not? Why can't you do that? You might as well because it looks and, amazing. And I'm sorry, the first time like one of the editorial notes popped up on screen, I just went, "Are you?" Like, like I, the one thing I've loved about Into the Spider Verse was how I felt like for the first time this was a comic book sure. literally come to life. Yes, and then this one goes and does crap like editorial boxes. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, I know. They Seriously. just embrace everything that comes with it, and it's it's remarkable. It's truly remarkable remarkable all right we got a couple more people showing up we got phil and we got axel from the land down under what's going on axel hey. and phil hey oh hey guys um yeah oh yeah hey guys phil you just got out of it like you're <laughs> yeah, fresh well, off of this yeah hey, your mic's not working phil uh-oh mic problem what about now yeah, yeah there, there we go. go we can hear you now phil yeah for, no, forgot to turn on. yeah no i just walked out of the theater maybe 45 minutes ago yeah, I'm I'm that fresh out of seeing the movie. Um, was that your second viewing? First. For, oh, okay. I thought you saw it like yesterday. Or something. No, like, no. Okay. Uh, wow, wow, <laughs> just, just, just wow! What a, what a, what an what an incredible, amazing follow up to an already almost perfect installment. Like oh oh my god, just what 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 a beautiful movie! And oh man, when that movie ended, I was just like, damn it. <laughs> How long until Beyond Beyond the Spider? At least it's March. not that long. Yeah, yeah, at least not like March, four yeah. years, you know, because that yeah, would be yeah. oh, yeah. too much. We waited so long for this one, and then it's yeah, like, because like right. the first trailer for this one came out like the end of 2021, and then that was delayed. I was like, oh, yeah. I want it. I want it. Yeah, the movie was like... initially supposed to set at October of 2022. Yes, and then it got pushed to June 2nd, and here we are. Man. Oh, oh man, just I, oh, I'm just so many things to look so at. So many, so many things, right? Like I, I talk about talk... the screen so many times. Yeah, I, I, I did a few of those. Um, there, there was one moment where I literally audibly laughed out loud. Um, <laughs> we'll get into that once we get over the spoiler wall a little bit. Um, well, we're, I think we're there now. You guys are well, here. Sean. What were you about so, to say? Oh, yeah, just say. Yeah, I was going to say there were there are multiple times where I just, like to myself, said. This fucking movie. <laughs> like, yeah. what is? What are yes. you doing? How yes. are you doing this? How okay. are you getting away with this? Since we're over the spoiler wall, I just yeah. gotta say, when this guy showed yeah. up, <laughs> I was yeah. like, "Are you Dude. kidding?" Josh Dude. Keaton. Josh yeah. Keaton yeah. was there, and yeah. in the webs where they're showing the death of the, Uncle the Ben of, yes. un- of Uncle Ben. He was there. His yep. uncle Ben was yep. there. Was so cool. yep. yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. my my theater cheered. My theater cheered when that 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 guy showed up right there. Everybody was like, "Up oh, there he," is. you know, and it was just like, "Yep, there he he's is." He's so misshapen. Yes, he's, he's so, so yeah. <laughs> you know, just he's so two D. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's what was so great about that. It was like, you know, and and then you know, and then even like with you, Sean, coming off like you know, writing your book about all this, and then walking in and seeing this, I almost think that you might have went and like i need to write another book or something just because there's so much that could be in this i mean it, it the, this movie proves like the 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 thesis of that book times yeah. a thousand which is essentially 
this character has had such an impact on on culture, pop, you know, pop culture and all of our lives individually that it goes to show. And, and we were talking to Lord Miller. We had them on on the Real Blend podcast. Cheers. And what they're talking about, we, we asked them if they um, considered putting a Stan Lee cameo in the movie anywhere. Because Stan is, like, I think he shows up like a dozen times in the first one because they said every animating team uh, wanted an opportunity to draw Stan into whatever sequence they were kind of working on. So you can see him in different places. Yeah. But with this one, they said they literally used the word macabre. They thought it was too macabre to try to include a, a person who was no longer around to give their permission. And so they just left it alone. But what they said was, and this this makes 100% sense, and this is kind of the point of, of the book that I wrote, which is what Stan Lee and Steve Ditko created is so strong. The core elements of that character um, and the fundamental principles that go with being Spider-Man are so strong that 60 years later, you can still apply them to all these different variants of spider people and it's still relevant. And that was the point of the movie. It was like, there are these canon beats that come with being that are integral to the character. Um, and it all traces back to what Stanley and Steve Ditko did in, in, the, in the 60s. It blows my mind that these guys can come at it and, and pull at it and stretch it and challenge it and turn it into the most creative thing you get but ultimately it comes back to the beats that have to happen. And, and that's why I think these movies work as well as they do. They never get too far away from what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. No, I mean, and, and, and I, and I love the fact that, you know, I mean, that's what it's funny because going into this movie, you kind of go like, all right, so we know that we got Miguel, we got, we got, we got, we know that there's something that's there, but we don't know too much. The trailers didn't give too much away. No, right. they did not. They, and they did no. a great job of just Absolutely like, not, this no. looks fucking awesome. Go see this. And everybody's like, yep, I'm on board. Look at that. I mean, I love the first one. But the story, I going in, I was like, and even like, it's funny because when I, when, you know, when you, when it opens up with Gwen's story. Right. And, and then of course we see her um, arguing with her dad. And then the mm. fact that she, you know, obviously we know that, her best friend Peter died in her world. Peter died, oh, and then we find out exactly why because he did take some of those uh, lovely chemicals that turned him into a big lizard. And then things <laughs> which happen, is, which I've, I've, if I remember correctly, that's like canon to Gwen. That's comic. canon, yeah. yeah. Canon to like in the first the movie, they they showed that origin, but like it was they. In, but in this movie, they it was a different design of Peter. It, it was a younger yeah. Peter. Oh, in the first one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a younger Peter, but it, but then at the same time, it's like okay, you know, obviously being the first time watching this, I was just kind of going like, all right, cool, and I was like, all right, let's 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 get to the more, let's get more into this. I mean, I, yeah, it's heavy from the start, like whoa, this is heavy, but yeah. not not realizing that they were establishing this story about canon and the fact that when there's a captain in these spider-man worlds they have right. to die oh no exactly. as soon yeah. as her dad showed up yeah my my spider-man brain was like and then by the time we got to spider-man india i yeah. was i i started go um, the like the webs yep. were connecting my brain going <laughs> well they even make a point of it in the in in, in the beginning of the movie because is because miles dad is going to be, be a captain, right. captain yeah yeah huh? Oh yep. yeah. and it's and it's entirely predicated on the canonical point of when Captain Stacy Stacey, dies yeah. in the comics, which I was like, oh, oh and how dude. fucking unbelievable was it yes. when they 
show the panels from the original from the Amazing yeah. Spider-Man book. That, that that's so when cool. I was just like, you and then motherfuckers. You see, and then you see Andrew Garfield, yeah. you see his. Right? They yeah. emphasize that one, and everybody, of course, cheered in my movie theater like, oh, my God. You see you know, <laughs> the end of Amazing Spider-Man 1 so of cool. him, like, you know, and it was just like, holy shit. And then they're just, like, making it a point of, like, yes, shit happens in the, you know, in these worlds, and, and then just making that a story point, and I don't know. It was just and like then, it just started, like, sort of eat so all oh, to me. Sorry. In the in the in the web of Ben's, you even see Toby and yes, and you, you see yeah. Toby's. Yes, you yes, see Toby. Toby. You like, see Andrew with uh, with Martin Sheen. Yeah, and yep. and um, the, I think you even saw there was even a comic book panel one, yeah. oh, right yes. above right above <laughs> uh, Cliff Robertson, and. I, I I was just looking at that, and it was funny because I was having one of those moments, kind of like in Lego Batman movie, where you know Joker's <laughs> listing off all the villains, and they go, "Are those actual villains?" Might be worth the Google. As we're walking <laughs> through the Spider Society, my wife is leaning over to me, going, "Are you serious?" Said, oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is all real. <laughs> all this, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. I'm sorry. Ben Riley. Oh my god! Oh my god! Wow! As, as, no, it's funny enough that I'm wearing a J.M. Dementis, you know, T-shirt as I, you know, <laughs> as you know, one of the one of the architects of the Clone Saga, and yeah. I'm just sitting there watching Ben Riley going, "Oh my god, this is like, like when I was collecting comic books, like." This is my uh, this is my era. Like talk yeah, about yeah. a talk about a performance from Andy Samberg. Samberg. I know. That was him. Right? Perfect. Wait, was, what? Yeah. That was yeah, him. I, was I didn't notice. So blown away. I was like, holy shit, he's doing it. Yeah. So good. You, know is, you know who else is great is, is Jason Schwartzman as a spot. Yeah. Oh my god, it's the spot. Okay. Oh no, is that by the end of the movie. Oh, I was like, oh, he's he's terrifying. <laughs> oh no, yeah, it's like, I kind of recognized his voice. Like um, that's so did I. Yeah. Took me about like, halfway through the movie before I realized. I'm I like, never, I never recognized it. And what? I know I go. And 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 Declan and Declan was like. Declan, the, the spot was the funniest thing. Like, like yeah. he was <laughs> loving the spot. And another thing the trailers did, the trailers treated the spot like he was just going to be like a one-off yes. gag. Mm-hmm. No, like Miles says to the movie, you know, the, the whole villain. I love the yeah. fact that villain of the week became yeah. like, yeah, yeah. became like the sore spot for him. And then he's like, oh no, he's like the big bad he kept calling him he's like I'm, i am your nemesis and he's like you're, yeah. you're not like you're a joke kind of thing but his powers were so perfect for what they needed this movie yes. to do you know it was almost yeah. like and, and the fact that they trace it back to the bagel guy from into yeah, yeah. Was like, oh, what that was him no i mean that was a good i mean uh yeah like you said it just seemed like it was just going to be something like oh that was going to be a funny scene when you see it in the trailer because you see him at the uh uh the convenience store and he's like Mm -hmm. doing whatever you're like okay that must be just something but then i remember seeing like they made a funko pop and i was like huh and then all of a sudden it's like you yeah when you watch the movie you go oh wait a minute this guy is gonna be the guy and then you go well it's perfect for you know what he has to do and how he connects to it and i love the fact that how they connect to it uh to connect to the first one and and yeah it's pretty and then also when you get that the the sequence of miles trying to take him down i mean how do you how do you create something like that i mean it's like it seems i was even going like how how do you do this 
with all the little portals and even when you try to punch them and you're going through them and it's just constantly doing that and 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 to be funny as well he kicked his own butt yeah yeah (laughs) the physics of like mapping that out yeah Yeah, is ridiculous it's ridiculous how about the donald glover payoff Oh, oh my God! Yeah. That's the I moment. yelled that, out loud. That was the moment I legit laughed out loud because I saw him in the Prowler suit and I was like, "Finally!" <laughs> now put yeah, him in the MCU. Was... All the yeah. all the way back to Homecoming, saying, "I have a nephew in Brooklyn." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I have and a nephew you know in Brooklyn. Yeah, and if you know, like the real life story, like Donald Glover actually inspired the character of Miles Morales in that yes. one episode of Community. And I was like, oh, oh that's, that's such so a funny. Cool yeah, Brian Michael Bendis has said as such that like Donald Glover is sort of the basis for Miles Morales in some sense. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. It's See, like it's just so much payoff. It's yeah. so much passion and love for the mythology of the character. Just joke after joke after joke just paying off. I did see somewhere that some of the, the major plot holes of like Venom, Morbius, and potentially, you know, Craven would might be suggestively fixed within this universe. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Please. I, <laughs> I mean, I popped up with the convenience store lady. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was somebody I, in the theater that was like, Venom, Venom. And I was like, right. Oh, somebody's paying attention. Did you guys notice in the web that there was actual Venom panels too? Were they really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's when it's when Miguel is talking to Miles, and they have the the like. It's it's actually when they kind of hint at the MCU with that big tree version of the multiverse, and then it spans in the right. Yeah. Yeah. And in there, you actually do see like I think I don't remember exactly what the dialogue is, but like Miguel is talking to to Miles, and he's basically saying, "Yeah, like some stuff is a lot more darker in, in canon," and you see panels of like the Venom symbiote on Eddie Brock. And it's oh, oh it's so badass. Have to well, look for that. Like, this is one of those movies where you just want you're gonna have to just pause yep. and just yeah. like look look at things and go, mm-hmm. what all did you what all did you put in here? And and it's and, and to your point, Sean, this is one of those movies that I, I love when a movie it, it's not a cheap trick. It, it's it's a reward for someone who is a huge <laughs> fan like mm-hmm. i still Victory love seeing i still love seeing peter in the fantastic four suit with the paper bag over his yeah, head yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. I see, because it's like uh web of spider-man number one i have that you know that yeah. you know in the closet the fact that miguel is in this and like i remember third grade i've got like two copies of spider-man 2099 the foil covers because did you see the freedom foundation cameo yeah, the I did white not. Suit Spider-Man? Yes. The no. suit the, the suit where he's in the Freedom Foundation. It's actually when they go to um Mumbatten and it's one of the Spider-Men that drop down and, and tries to contain the Oh yeah. Is that the white suit one? Yes. Yeah. That's the Freedom know, it's called, Spider-Man. I thought it was called the Future Foundation or something. Okay, Future Foundation, whichever one. Okay. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know Foundation I was, like, was in it. Yeah, yeah, okay. And like and there even was the, that, uh, the one with came... the Oh yeah, go on, sorry. Go on, Sean. <laughs> No, I just wanted to say the animation in, in Mumbatten was like oh, breathtaking. Just breath- but I mean, like, I'm not breaking any news there when I point out how remarkable <laughs> I, these universes are. I love when he points to the museum and, go, and this is the museum with the British Dolor stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, what was I going to say? Shit, I had a thought, totally lost it. But no, no, no. Like when it came to now, when it comes to Miguel and of course we've got Oscar Isaac voicing and 
um that that aspect of the story i mean like first off i mean the 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 the, the voice performances were all fantastic oh, oh and also by the way did you guys hear a little jk simmons in there oh, yeah. oh yeah. he's the oh, j yeah. he's the j jonah jameson of every universe that's so, oh, yeah, yes, he is. so as well he should be yeah yeah, I know. When I was like, oh, you, you, I mean, obviously you can't ignore that voice, but yeah, it was good to hear that. But uh, um, you know, yeah, we'll talk to we'll talk about Miguel. But another thing I want uh, I wanted to say too is like, um, to to co connect it a little bit more. I mean, obviously, yes, uh, Donald Glover um, being there, and it got a cheer, of course, in my theater, which was great. And I was like, good. I'm glad that they're you know they're they're connecting it like that, and they're actually having live action people in there. Um, but they also before with uh miles roommate saying like what am i your chair guy yeah i'm not your guy in the chair oh and yeah, yeah, guy in the chair Liam yeah. got when when miles was running back out after the after the parent teacher conference liam leaned over and went look he's playing the spider-man video game and i saw that too yeah oh, and no this is what oh, he's that and, then, that. and then he rounded off with that's an Easter egg. And I just went. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, 10 year old. I appreciate you telling daddy what an Easter egg is. Yeah. <laughs> I love it's it. Like you are my son. Thank you. So someone brought you this up because of the elements of live action that are present in this. Is that going to disqualify this movie for the uh, best animated feature? Okay, okay. So you did tweet out something about this, didn't you? You tweeted out something. Did you tweet out something about it? Well, I tweeted that I I wanted in in the best picture discussion. Like yeah. I, I'm tired of the animation ghetto, you know, and I think it deserves to to be elevated to best picture conversation. I think it honestly deserves screenplay. I'm not going to go crazy with director, but possibly. I mean, how many are we going to see nine better films this year? Because I don't think that's possible. Well, oh, somebody, mentioned, somebody mentioned, you know, the fact that if an animated film has live action elements and, and Lego movie was was one of those films because it it pulled in those aspects with Will Ferrell, it disqualified it for consideration in the animated feature category. Wow. And I don't know if that's going to happen to this movie. Huh. I'm well, curious. So yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, I, I think it'll definitely get the uh, animation. Um, um and yeah nomination like it did the first time but i mean it is an an interesting question especially since everybody's just like looking at this thing like a masterpiece which mm -hmm. pretty you know it is um but yeah it is it is one of those things where it's like you know when it comes to the academy i mean they ignore they ignore the comic book movie even though they're they've let it in a little bit more recently um but I don't think it's quite there yet, but then now you got animation on top of it, but it's just like, I mean, it's a good question. It's like, all right, does yeah. it get nominated for full on best picture? Can well, an animated used, film do that? To. Beauty yeah. and the Beast got nominated for best yeah. picture, but it was True. after yeah. that nomination happened that they decided to create a, and like they, they, they ghettoized it and they created an animated feature category because they want to be like no we can never let these animated movies show up again in our best picture conversation well and the same thing is with international films too like foreign language films they don't get nominated mm -hmm. for picture that often because yeah. they just think it's going to be in a you know it, it'll win its international feature yeah uh, deal but like so I, I know up got a best picture nomination beauty beauty and beast like you mentioned and i think that there was one other i'm blanking on uh shit i think i i kind of know it too it's right there but i, I can't remember I either but, that movie, oh. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you've seen that movie, it's called shit. Um, yeah. No, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. But uh, no, it's a good question because I mean, like you said, I mean, I mean, this is. I, I remember I text Steph and I was like, "This this is my favorite oh. film here. What is it? Toy Story three. Ah, there it is. Of course, those yeah. are the three. Yeah. I had Pixar on the mind, so I was like, "Yeah, I knew it was yeah. going to be a Pixar movie, but I would I, either that or DreamWorks." I was thinking either of those. Yeah, but Pixar always has like you know they're always it's on top Pixar. of that whole thing. But yeah, I mean, I texted her. I was like, "Yep, my favorite film of the year so far." I'm like, it just. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we're only what we're. I mean, we're we're almost we're halfway. halfway. We're almost halfway. We're almost, I mean, we're almost yeah. halfway. We're you know we're five months in, and you know there's been some good things this year for sure. I mean, I think John Wick was at the top of my list so far. You know, but uh, but I am trying to think if there's anything else. But so yeah, I right. went back and looked at my letterbox. I've only given two uh, for new films. I've only given two five star reviews this year, and they've been John Wick four and this one. So it's there like you know. we're t- like this is. This is the conversation we're having so far. But mm-hmm. Sean, to your point, um, I, I don't have enough A-list reservation spots to get ready for this summer because like, I had to wait for this one to expire so I could get Transformers because I already got Flash and Indiana Jones and I paid for Oppenheimer because mm-hmm. I was like, I was going to grab those seats. It's like this summer is going to be like too legit to quit. Like It's, just, it's not going to let up. I know. All of a sudden, it just was a boom of, you know, and not just like, hey, that looks interesting, but like legit big screen, get to the IMAX, see it in, in you know, Dolby Stereo if you want to. 100%, and, you know, that's yeah. not even touching on on some of these other smaller ones that, that could end up becoming interesting if Elemental turns out to be anything, if this Jennifer Lawrence comedy that's actually getting some pretty good buzz, you know, turns into something. So I had we're no only focusing clue. on blockbusters, but... I had no clue there was a sequel to Trolls happening until today. Neither did I. There you go. <laughs> yeah, until I saw the trailer as well. I was like, oh. I think I, I, I'm trying to think. I did, I, I don't remember which movie it was. I saw, I've seen it before to know that there was a third Trolls movie. But once again, I have kids. I go see, I, I, this gets, an, I, and you know what? It might have been Super Mario Brothers. I might have seen that, mm. you know, when I, I saw that. that. I still yeah, need to see that. Oh, there's another Kung Fu Panda coming out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, speaking of Flash, right. I did get the Flash trailer before I saw Across the spider So did I. So did I. I, I will say oh, it looks you, really good you guys, up on the big screen. You guys have just seen the trailer? Oh, okay. No, I know. The third one. We have, yeah, we have yeah. trailer here has also seen I actually Flash. saw it, and it is really good. Okay, but relax. Don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to see it. I fear <laughs> that you're going to say something because, you know, you were a little... Loose in the chat the other day, and some people were like, "Hey, oh, yeah, easy, easy, take so, it easy, yeah. sweetheart. Yeah. Take it easy, uh, sweetheart." If you know but... things about the movie, you shouldn't talk about the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why well, I don't no, talk I mean, about the movie. I mean, it was in the members-only stream that we had. He kind of mentioned, oh, it. Yeah, fair but it wasn't okay. anything. It wasn't anything like eh, okay, but you know, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But anyways, yeah, but, but yeah, but, but yeah, even um, I asked because because you asked Dave I, before I came down here for the stream, I asked the boys. And I was just like, OK, guys, yeah, you know, Dave, because they know who you are at this point. They're like, <laughs> D- Dave wants to know your thoughts. And Liam just went better than the first one. And I went straight from the 10 year old's mouth. OK, there we go. It's I'm glad to know that my son agrees with me because and you know, it is, it is yeah, better I than mean- the first one. That's that's what I said in my first reaction. And, you know, it was like, 
I, I, I remember at first I was kind of going like, hmm, you know, like as it was like building up and I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm digging it, but I'm like, eh, it's, it's not uh, at first it was just, but then all of a sudden when it got into the whole, you know, when it got into all the multiverse stuff and then when we got to see Miguel and everything and, and everything started just panning out and all the things were just everywhere and you're just looking around going, Oh my God. I mean, there's even a freaking scene where, they do training for webbing and you're holding, holding things. things like I, this. Know. I was like, oh, that's that so funny. fucking funny. I was like, that's beautiful because I mean, how many I mean, obviously, you know, we, we saw it in Spider-Man 2 and then we saw it in Homecoming. But the fact that and in the have... PS4, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, in the yep. PS4 game, like the Miles one. Like, OK, I have to it. ask this question because I'm not that I've never been to New York, so I'm not familiar. But the bank building that Gwen and Miles are having their heart to heart on, like the cool mm -hmm. scene where they're like hanging upside down. Mm -hmm. Is that the bank building for Spider-Man 2 with the Doc Ock fight? I don't think so because I think that bank was in Manhattan. Yeah, I I I thought so, but I and was Miles just... is one he calls it the Brooklyn Bank of something. So yeah, yeah the Willingham, like the, the Williamsburg. Will... Is it Williamsburg? Williamsburg, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, I don't think so. I, I think it's a different bank. Okay. But even that, like when when they showed they showed that footage, that entire scene of Gwen basically saying to Miles, like, "Hey, is Spider Man grounded?" And then he goes out swinging with her. That's what they showed at CinemaCon um, when we got to see it early. Oh, and nice. it went all the way through to the to the bank scene where, you know, and I was trying to explain to uh, people who I saw her, I was like, they put you in the in the point of view of the characters in a way that I've never seen before. Like when so Gwen goes cool. upside down on the gargoyle type thing, and then the, right. you know, the entire thing tilts so that the city is upside down. And I was like, I, I feel like I'm in the world. Like I did, I, you know, even, and when they're kind of like challenging each other, like, hey, thread the needle between these buses kind of thing that you're swinging alongside of them. And I was just like, that's why I can't wait. I, I didn't see it in IMAX first time through, but I have IMAX tickets for tomorrow night. And I'm like, I just want to be take as immersed family. as I can. Yeah, taking the whole family. Yeah, and take the whole family, man. Jeez. And dying to go see it just to see that sort of immersion. But I want to ask you guys going around the horn what you okay. think the name beyond uh, means going ahead to the third one. Because to me, it feels like it's going to be a combination of live action and, yep. and animation. Mm -hmm. um, and you get teases of it you know, here where they show that it's possible to pull live action but uh, i feel like we're gonna get a 50 50 kind of split bill you feel that way too i do and i think to to add to that there was one live action spider-man that was surprisingly absent yeah in this he movie is. yes he was and i think to whatever happens to culminate and beyond the spider-verse whatever lesson that miles might have to learn just might come from tom holland spider-man mm -hmm. maybe yeah. it's because he was forgotten maybe it like happened like with the multiverse, maybe I'm not sure because of the Doctor Strange. No, because he, he mentions it. He goes, "Don't yeah. even get me." Because Miguel remembers that Spider-Man because he, yeah. he's like, "Don't even get don't me start. started okay. on that nerd." And that conversation yeah, happens that. very early in the movie. They establish that. Yeah, uh, when Miguel, I I Miguel missed out on that scene. Damn. Yeah, he talks about like that nerd with Doctor Strange in the world. You know, because he's world. trying to explain how he's having to fix the multiverse. Yeah, and, and then the, and basically, if you just think about what happens in No Way Home, he's just like, which is interesting too, though, because now that we're gonna have Tom Holland by himself, it is kind of. And then, of course, we've you know, Amy Pascal was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do a live action Miles Morales," and it's like. So yeah, you might be on to something maybe that I don't know. Like are they going to 
like if they're going to do a live action Miles Morales, there's no way that they're going to be able to just like, oh, we're going to do a live action, you know, origin story again. Why would they do that when this is so popular? It's like, yeah, there might be something to it when I don't know. Like you, you could be absolutely correct there, Sean. Where that this just, this becomes the introduction yeah. of live action Miles, essentially. Yeah, possible, I yeah. think that you know? creatively, I think that would be the most groundbreaking original way to do it. Like, yeah, because if, if if we. If we would hope that with when across up the game from into, I mean, I know they're only being released like not even a year apart, but mm-hmm. considering that this movie was delayed for so long, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they're in some way they have something in their back pocket that beyond isn't just going to be on the same level as across that beyond goes beyond and they do find something else to make me just go wtf what am i well watching here they've been building this universe of spider-man villains you know like what if miles becomes the spider-man of that side of the universe and the sony Sony verse basically sony verse yeah where then he would be antagonist opposite craven and fucking morbius and you know keaton's <laughs> vulture and and all this stuff that exists now and there because i'll tell you at the very end of the craven footage that they showed at CinemaCon, they showed a rhino you know the the, the formation of an that's actual right. rhino character ah, um, that's right so i mean that world needs a spider-man in some way shape it or does. form it does it does and that's what's so interesting in the fact that it's like you never know when it comes to live action, you never know when any of them are going to come back. I mean, it seems like Garfield and Maguire might just be like, well, you want me back for a little bit? All right. And they might just come back. It's going to be might... live action or nothing. Yeah, I know, right? Well, um, it would be cool if Garfield became the mentor. If Garfield yes. came back and sort of mentored the younger Miles. Because they've at least yeah. you know established through those canon flashes that there is a universe person earth you know with garfield where he's spider-man kind of thing exactly he gets sent back from no way home and then that ends up becoming the universe that miles is in see and yeah they're doing a good job with this multiverse thing when it comes to that but we uh we got mr paul showing up right now what's going on sir hey guys can you hear me on the on the mic yeah you can all right good i updated i updated the modem and the router and everything so we should be good this time that was uh, good mess last time but uh yeah i mean i'm hearing all your talk on spider-verse um honestly i was just, i was blown away by the movie it was uh it was incredible as uh, it's it one of one of the best superhero movies I've, I've probably ever seen but the uh i i i have a question as far as like the multiverse aspect here so and again it's hard to say because with being animated if if it's meant to be a throwaway gag but i don't think these guys who are making this stuff have like have like that in mind like like everything everything is kind of important um do people take on the characteristics of things when they jump into another universe right because you have miguel who jumped into the 1960s cartoon at the end of the first spider-verse and he became that cartoon but you have but you have the spot jumping into like you know like the venom and then he's still kind of a cartoon but he's also still on the portal so like do they take on because you because uh uh axel you were talking about 
you know, live action or, or nothing. And it's like, if Toby and Andrew jump into... Oh, that was a joke. <laughs> into something. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Sorry. But no, I was thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, like, if... that, that, was that was an inside joke to something. Oh, okay. A Snyderverse joke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, but when, when Spider-Punk went from world to world, he kept his look. Yeah. Yeah, cool yeah. animation that he had, which was cool. But even yeah. but notice that even his his uh, device when he gives it to Gwen, the portal still, however, maintained the spider the spider punk aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. That even though Gwen was using it mm-hmm. because it was Hobby's device, we still got like a punk portal. Basically, yeah. I, I love that he was an anarchist. All the way. That was so brilliant. He didn't give a fuck. He didn't give a yeah. He didn't give a. Little did we know that he was gonna be like one to be like, oh yeah, well, don't worry, I'm gonna help you out, even though it's not like I'm helping you out kind of thing. Perfect for that character. Oh yeah, I love the whole like. Okay, by the way, I'm out. Like like, yeah, I know. Chasing Miles, he's like, I I quit. Yeah. But I also yeah. loved at the end of the movie when Gwen puts together her own spider society. I love the wink and a nod that we saw all the spider characters from the first, first movie, movie who weren't in this movie. And yeah. I'm just like, does that mean we're going to get John Mulaney back as Spider-Ham? Are we going to get Nicolas Cage back oh, as yes. Spider-Man Noir? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think so. We hope so. We hope so. But uh, Sean, I know you uh, you have you have to probably go. Yeah, I got to bounce. I have an early day tomorrow. And yeah. so I'm going to I'm going to cut out and let you guys keep going, but thank no, but, you for having uh, me on. Yeah, and- always, man. And uh, of course, everybody uh, get his book uh, with great power. It's down below. Got the link. And, uh, you know, if you're on a Spider-Man kick right now, hey, read a Spider-Man book that has. Come on, uh, please do it. So, uh, but yeah, thank you, Sean, for uh, joining. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Boys, have a great Friday. Take care. Take care, it easy. Yeah. Okay. I got a Where question I wanted to ask the panel. Uh-oh. Because oh. um, I st- I downloaded Uh-oh. the uh, the soundtrack for Across today. By the way, the soundtrack was excellent. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. and, and I, I did. I got the soundtrack and the score. You know, yeah. I, got, I got both albums. Different, yeah. But I'm just saying, both is just both. You know, they're both they're both great. Yeah. I was kind of curious because this was my impression, and I'm very curious to hear others. I felt like the Into the Spider Verse soundtrack had four or five bangers on it that I thought were just spectacular. And then the rest of the album was just there. Mm. This one, I felt like there weren't really those standout bangers because the album as a whole felt much more evenly situated. Mm. Does that make sense? And do people agree or disagree with how I'm feeling about the soundtrack? I have just one thing to say, I think yeah. in general, and I mean, and I mean, this pertains to the music as much as anything else. Um, I don't, I, I listened to most of, most of the, 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 um, the, the stream so far. I don't know if you guys have mentioned, but we're talking about a movie, an animated movie, by the way, that is two hours and 20 minutes long. Yes. Like one of the, one of the longest animated American films, as far as I know. Oh, yeah. And not only is this movie kept great pace, like the fact that, Everything was written out very well. Like, I mean, this movie is like when I'm saying it's really as good as it is. It's not just because it's it's well animated or this or the soundtrack. But like you said, like the soundtrack is just even like it's like they put everything they had into this movie. And and you know why it's going to be a two parter, because they had so many ideas and just, but everything flowed 
so well and like and like the fact that the soundtrack is so is so good and the fact that it it it, it melds so well is just like it's 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 almost like lightning in a bottle and i'm hoping it's not the case because i want beyond to be just as good but yeah there wasn't a time where a song would come on and i'd be like no nah, that doesn't that doesn't fit here or no i i don't i don't i don't think we need a song here like no it just naturally flowed and it was just like and i don't even know half the songs like i'm not even yeah. a music guy so i was just you know no like i think that. they were i think they were written for this oh, yes. movie some of them definitely were yeah, yeah. Uh, i know i know post malone had done his for the previous one um the sun sunflower right i believe oh sun oh, oh yeah, yeah. Sunflower yeah, yeah. was a hit like that yeah. was yeah, everyone was, knew sunflower yeah, was popular as hell yeah so but even if even if that's the case then like fantastic like i mean you usually get a i mean i know there's i, I think there's a composer for this movie but i don't know who it daniel is daniel pemberton head. was the, okay because he, he was the composer for the first movie and okay. he's done other and he's he's done like the enola holmes movies and he did birds of prey so mm. as far as the score's concerned you had you had daniel pemberton and he's kept you know he's like the composer for these movies Okay. Well, so I just started listening to that this evening. I spent most of the day listening to like the the hip hop, you know, the the soundtrack, you know, right. not the score. Not the score. Yeah. yeah, the score, oh my god. I mean, okay, so what haven't we talked about yet? But uh, you know, um first off, the friend the, the one of the one of the things that I, I was even thinking about, I'm like, can you imagine if we get a uh, we get Miguel in live action and we get that suit live action? Oh my god! I mean, yeah, can you imagine that? I mean, just I mean that. I, I mean, the suit's freaking awesome. I mean, obviously, when you see the trailers, you don't. It doesn't. When when he's in motion, it's freaking awesome. It's almost it like was... a different style. It's almost like a different style animation when he's in motion. Yeah. But uh, when he's standing still and you see like just the movement on his suit, like just the lighting and just how it like it's so futuristic. Oh my god, I was just like shit. Can you I was like it's a hol- like, like it's a hologram itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. one thing I really did love that they carried over from Into the Spider-Verse was the the comic book panel introduction or the comic book front yes. page introductions, yes. the, the front cover page introductions of everyone of each new spider. And then like even the end, like the last uh, cover you got of the book where it's like Miles is in that universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, wow, didn't even just correlate to have how that could have been a thing but then having him and that's another thing i thought about too because that it kind of opens up the door for that multiversal possibility because miles is confronted with another version of himself who is the prowler which i was just like whoa that's dope as fuck <laughs> that oh, was that, dope and, as fuck. Oh, and to have even Masha Ali return as the yes. voice of, of Aaron, yeah. and I was just like, and him wow, that like, was kept like under, He is, he is, and you're just like the thing. The thing I appreciate about this movie, though, is they don't just they don't just do it for like shock value. No, every everything that you everything that you see in the movie is is again. It's also it's it's exactly what a movie should be. It's everything is through is explained through visuals. If you know the film, like yes. right away, it switched. Oh, his dad his dad died. Clearly, Uncle Aaron stepped in and guided Miles at the at the time he's most vulnerable, and now he's gone down the path of being the prowler. At least we're we're meant to assume. But like it's all laid out there for you, just on on a visual level, like like the complete reversal, and it's it's also harkens back to 
like great comic book stories where it's fun, where it's like the it's a wonderful life, like like where everything is like the reverse, basically. It, it's the like, what it's the yeah. what if stories of Marvel. Yeah. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. I, I loved yep. reading what if as a kid. Yep. Um, one of my first com- one of my first Spider-Man comics was what if Spider-Man was a murderer? You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I have that book, <laughs> you know, great cover on that book. And I, it's, you know, cause you even just subtly, like as Miles is like freaking out, you just suddenly see Uncle Aaron, like put that stack of cash on the table and just push it towards his mom and be like, here, you know, as you hear his mom talking about, you know, not, not having enough shifts and Aaron's like, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Jesus Christ. I mean, and it was funny that that's when I started looking at my watch. I went, Oh shit. We're getting towards the end of this thing. I'm like, Oh boy, this is like the last ten minutes. I'm like, oh boy, and then all of a sudden, when it when it, when you when it comes to the real, I mean, because obviously when it comes to the story, and again, spoilers, we're talking spoilers here, folks. Uh, the story about you know connecting everything and and everything being canon, which I which is cool, um, is the fact that that certain things have to happen, and essentially what Miguel is stressing on, and my God, I'm surprised this guy doesn't have more gray hair because just how he's just so laser focused on on trying to keep the multiverse the way it should be is the fact that the spider that bit miles came from another universe so we have when when that's established and then all of a sudden when miles like gets into the machine that sends them that's supposed to send them back according the, the, to the back home the back home machine the back home machine there you go that's what spider-man 4 is going to be called the back home <laughs> uh got home in it um no but i'm like the fact that you got he gets sent back and then i didn't even put it together i was like okay where's this gonna go and i'm like oh shit it goes based on the dna the spidey DNA and the spider that bit him was from this universe. So he gets sent. To no. That and I universe. spotted that because when the yeah. computer bleeped up and it said uh, earth 42 and I went, Oh, that's yeah, not the right earth. Cause miles is from 1610. Yeah. Right. yeah. And I like that. Cause that's the ultimate universe. <laughs> and I'm yeah. just like, um, this is, this is not gonna, this isn't good. Cause when guys, his mom was talking and then when his mom didn't know who Spider-Man was, I was like, no, wait a minute. They watched the news broadcast of Peter dying in yeah. the first movie. She would yeah. know who a Spider-Man was. Mm-hmm. But but I but that was the moment that like that blew my mind. That confrontation with Miguel when Miguel goes, "You're the anomaly. Yeah, you're yeah. not supposed to be Spider-Man." Because yeah. you got bit by a spider who was meant for somebody else. And that was when I just went. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I think I think the best thing about Spider-Man 2099 or this version of him in this movie is like um, people talk about all the time about going back and forth between like the, you know, ego, ego maniacal villain and like the actual more like relatable villain. And I mean, you know, Miguel is kind of like the villain, but in a sense, like you you get the whole backstory. You understand exactly where he's coming from. He's like, no, listen, I, 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 I wanted to be in this selfish mode just for that brief moment. And it cost a whole universe. Like I killed all these people because I wanted to take the place of a Miguel who was already dead. And you understand exactly his argument when he's talking to miles, but miles is also like, I don't want any more people to die. But at the same time, like we can save people, like we can do this thing. And it's, and again, it's at the core 
of just uh, you guys talking earlier about all the stuff dealing with like what's canon, what's true to Spider-Man. And every time he tries to choose himself over being Spider-Man, someone always pays. So it's just like it's all cyclical. It's all like it all works. It's just it's just such a it's such a very well crafted script, and I really just I, I love it so much. I love, no, no. I love well, because it yeah. goes into the Parker lock. You know, yeah. I know this is Miles's story, but right. if you think about Spider Man in the traditional sense of the Parker luck, which is anytime thing nothing's ever going to go Peter's way. No. <laughs> because if it goes Peter's way, bad things are gonna happen for everybody else. It always has to suck for him so that the world can keep okay. on spinning. Like yep. that yeah. that's the story. That's the well, story of Spider-Man. Well, there is this other thing, too, though, that's great, because I think if you know enough about the comics, you're like, well, no, I mean, yes, Peter has to be kind of miserable, but he also he needs wins, though. And like, that's what I love about Peter B. Parker. Like the, like the most adorable thing in the whole movie is Mayday. Like it's Mayday. Yeah. I love Mayday. Uh, yeah. And he's like, well, no, bro, listen, it's not all bad. Like, good things do happen. <laughs> look, look, I got a baby. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is funny to me when you think about that way, because I remember what happens to May in the comics, and it's oh, just no. like, mm. oh, boy. Don't tell yeah. me. I don't know. Well, don't, don't, don't oh, you know what? Um, I have no, to like no say some point out something. It looked like Mayday was about like two or four, and they said it's a year later. Oh no, no, that that like, was a that was that was a no. That's a maybe two, but no, no. That yeah. when you say no, one I, year, four I, months. I, oh no, that's yeah. a yeah. Because it was yeah. They said it was one year, four months after the first one, right? After the first one. No, no. That's yeah. that's a no. That that tracks with 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 May. No, she was adorable. She was adorable. Oh my god! Agreed. The, the end where, where where Peter B. Parker is like, it's it's time to go, and it's like when she goes, yeah. I love that. Oh, crochet. That was, that, was, that, was so, that was so cute. Oh, it's so cute. And you just kind of know. I mean, I I I'm assuming, but I would assume that Mary Jane made her that thing. So her doing that, it's like the mom and dad thing kind of coming together. I mean, I I, yeah, I would absolutely. I would think. Dude, absolutely so well cool. we got somebody else joining right now that is the sexiest thing i have ever seen no casey hey casey. <laughs> the movie i'm sorry casey that's, that's reserved for the movie mm. <laughs> i mean that's true yeah uh it's pretty good visually as well like um i've seen it in a theater and the sound, the score especially, it was amazing. Uh, and the visuals, the art. Uh, I liked how they kind of improved on the uh, previous movie in that department. Uh, especially, it, it was, in the previous one, it was kind of artistic, but it was still, you know, showing cities and stuff in the background. But this time it was more abstract in certain scenes, and I liked mm-hmm. that. Oh, yeah. Like, like Sean pointed out, uh, a lot of Gwyn's world. Yeah, yeah, it kept changing every shot, and I was like, "What?" With her emotions, yeah, yeah, that's what was so beautiful about it. I mean, again, just when I was sitting there, I mean, I was like, "Okay, this is interesting," and I was more, I was more fixated on um, what I was seeing than what was happening in the scene. But then I was like, "Wait, I yeah," I'm like, "Yeah," I was just going, "Oh my," because I was seeing on a big fucking screen, and I'm just going, "That that the the background is like." dripping with paint like yeah. what is you know and then i'm like wait a minute i gotta pay attention to the what, what's happening in the story because i'm just like going the shadows the different colors she's a different color things are a different color now what the fuck you know it's just it just 
<sighs> and things just go by super fast and there's so many yeah. things on screen that you need to you know every everywhere you look there's something cool so i think uh, upon rewatches you catch a lot of stuff oh yeah um, but yeah it was sh- what we were talking about we're gonna be pausing the shit out of this movie when we have it on on video it's oh like, yeah they i mean i don't know how many times i was like when you see like just a big swarm of spider people just like going yeah. i'm like what what's let me see what wait a minute explanation boxes of who they are yes. and i'm just like yeah, pause pa- like I, I just wanted to go pause 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 so i could read yeah. all the boxes yeah, yeah. I, and for the whole movie i was just waiting for andrew to show up and i was like when he finally his footage showed up and i was like yep there you go now the movie's done i can leave <laughs> <laughs> that's all you needed is for andrew to show up but it's so yeah. cool to see that you know sony finally using him right and you know if it kind of feels like they are they he just pops up in these super emotional and key moments and that always gets the audience uh cheering for him and i just love that yeah yeah finally it's- it's great it's great and you know the fact that i mean you know and we could talk about this more since you guys are here because we were talking about with sean but the fact that you know it's not just animation it's live action that they're incorporating with this like you know obviously you know with donald glover showing up as uh as the prowler which obviously when when he when he was in homecoming and he and when at you know at maybe at first people didn't know who he was, but then all of a sudden when you hear what he says, like I got a cousin, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, or no, nephew. Say, nephew, sorry, not cousin, nephew. Yeah, um, that you know, and, and and talking about him, and then of course when people realize oh who he was, and they're like, oh 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 oh, you know, it was one of those he's talking about Miles. So the fact that when they were showing that scene, and the fact they're like, oh yeah, we got to send these people back to the universes, and then you just get a live action. Donald Glover in the prowler suit and you're, and you're just going, okay, yeah, this, 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 we're on next, we're on so many, you know, we're on next level, next, next, next level because we're getting yeah. live action stuff too. And then, like you said, when they showed Andrew Garfield, when they were talking about, um, when they were talking about, uh, captain stacy getting killed all yeah. the time and they were showing the different versions. And then even when they showed the different versions of uncle Ben and they showed Toby, they yeah. show Toby's version. It's just like, oh, okay, we're just, yeah. I mean, my it was God. funny though in that scene they didn't show Tom Holland's because there was no yeah. footage to show. He didn't have one. <laughs> like, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> New relevance. Um, <laughs> what I'm, is, yeah. What I'm curious about for the future, at both both in the the Spider Verse as well as the you know live action MCU stuff, is the next span of Tom Holland movies are. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've already already confirmed that Miles Morales is in the works here. But what I'm interested to see what they're going to do is, are they going to lean more into the 616 stuff where, you know, um, Peter and Miles are working in tandem and, you know, one is training the other, basically? Or are we going to go like the full ultimate stuff where like Peter is eventually going to, you know, get killed by some some means and then Miles has to carry on the thing fully? Like we're going to say goodbye fully to Tom Holland. Uh, I think it, it might depend too how long Tom Holland wants to keep doing it. I guess he probably has at least three movies in him, though. Yeah, like, I'd say it, it I'd say at least three, right. three more. Well, yeah. considering that the fourth Spider-Man movie is currently on hold due to the writer strike, <laughs> um, it's going to be a while. It's going to be, a while. yeah. It's yeah. it's going to be a minute. Uh, but um, 
I, I think that's a very interesting question because this movie already kind of is tipping the toes into that that live action animated hybrid, and right. the next the next film has Beyond in the title. That's where so, we're yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 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 looking a lot more like the 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 cross pollination between live action and animation is is going to be you know blown wide open in the form of Spider Man, and I think you don't necessarily have to do. I think we we already might might have talked about this. Um, the, if you wanted to do Miles and bring him into a live action format, you can kind of take him from into the Spider Verse where this trilogy ends, and maybe propel him in a live action format from there. Yeah, I mean, it's very it's possibility. possibility. Thank you, RJ, for the fight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a bagel. I mean, <laughs> I know. What are we in? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, that like was everywhere, uh, everywhere, all at once, everywhere, everything, all at once. Yeah, bagel. Yeah, it's all about a bagel. All about a bagel. It's all about a bagel. No, but yeah, we were talking about that with with Sean, and like right. it could lead to that. But the question I have is like, what's interesting because they even talk about a Spider Woman. You know, even live action, or and then I think you know Haley yeah. Steinfeld's even talked about um, certain things, and it's just kind of going like, well, okay, but how do you, what do you do when it comes to live action of these versions? Because, I mean, you have these voice actors that are doing it, but there are also other people in the MCU, like for example, Kate yeah, is, is Haley yeah. Steinfeld, and to that I would say, well, look at Aaron Taylor Johnson; he's Craven; he was also Quicksilver. Yeah, but at the same time, do you really see Haley Stein? And it's multiverse, looking? though. Does she look like Gwen 100? No. I would say to that. I think end, yeah. To, to even to add to that end, I would say you could maybe even try and get Emma Stone in there as a potential Spider Gwen. That's coming. That's got to be coming. Come You'd on. have to think, yeah. right? Because Andrew's Spider Man is the only one that doesn't quite have a significant other. Now you could probably go down the route of giving him an Emma Stone Gwen Stacy Spider Woman or maybe bring back Shailene Woodley and do MJ again. I don't know. Cause yeah. they, 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 they emphasized MJ in no way home, but I, I don't know this film. There's a large love for Gwen Stacy. And I could absolutely see that kind of relationship blossoming past, you know, what they have established with miles and Gwen here, but just the idea of, of spider Gwen dating another Spider-Man. Yeah. There's, there's also so many things that we're, cause you know, Marvel's always like five steps ahead anyway. I mean, we have to remember too, the end goal right now in terms of the MCU is Secret Wars, which is going True. to be like every multiverse version of everything. So we could, True. you could, I mean, depending on how much they want to keep relegated to just the Spider Verse stuff, in term, not just animated, but in general, just all the Spider Verse stuff with the MCU characters and what all of what they're doing. It depends kind of what they show. I mean, you could have it be if they wanted. You could have Emma Stone show up in a Secret Wars thing, helping out the other Spider Man as a Spider Gwen. Simultaneously, you could cast another actress in the actual MCU like continuity as a new Gwen Stacy or something to kind of add to that. Like, yeah, because Spider-Man, they love doing love triangle sh shit. They could either do what's, what's that? Uh, it's a drawing up and doing. Oh, well, it's yeah, very nice. Oh, that's Riddler, huh? Yeah. That's nightmare Riddler, Night nightmare Riddler. Oh, uh, like justice yeah. league to Riddler before he, you know, dies. Yeah. I'm just uh, updating the scene. Yeah. No, it looks good, man. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, what was his name? Uh, Gwen Stacy. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, they always love doing the love triangle stuff too with Spider Man because I think there's also rumors they want to do Black Cat and like have yeah. that be a thing. Because yeah. oh, now MJ's forgotten. Maybe Peter could try another thing and then and then have that come to a head at a later movie or whatever they want to do. Because I don't think they're going to throw away Zendaya. She's one of the biggest actresses right now too. So, no, they would yeah. not. They would not. Yeah. And you know, when I saw a lot. But of people, again, I Emma Stone was as well. 
Yeah. yeah, I saw a lot of people complaining, and they're like, "What did they just forget about the ending of No Way Home?" I'm like, "Okay, I, if, if Zendaya is in it, doesn't mean that all of a sudden she's like back with Peter." Are you guys not? Th- I, I, it, it's always funny when I see people tweet when you know when they talk about like because the news that came out that oh yeah, Spider Man Four was delayed, and it even says in the article that Spider Man Four starring Tom Holland and Zendaya is delayed, and people were like what the hell did we just forget this ending scene and they play the scene and i'm like do you don't even know what the fucking story is i mean she she could be barely in it or she could be like a presence in it where he's like still watching over her but it they're not like you know and then of course yeah and i think some even some people who you know actually have picked up a comic book or something like that like hey well what about if uh you know black cat you have a the love triangle or something like that or you know you know peter falls for her in the first movie and then maybe they get the second movie and all of a sudden you know you know there's so many things that could happen but it's like yeah people just immediately just go what are you just gonna forget that i'm like yeah but we don't even know the context we don't even know the freaking outline or anything what's happening in spider-man 4 the rumor is it's kingpin based yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't shock me at get all. Him, get him and Daredevil in the same movie. Ah, that's coming. But, you know, that's yeah. common. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder, since not only is the movie on hold due to the strike, but like where does that fourth Spider-Man movie fit? Because Phase 5 is pretty full as it is. I would have to imagine that fourth Spider-Man movie is probably going to be in Phase 6 before Secret Wars. That's oh, yeah. My guess. For sure, for sure. Um. I mean, even as far as MJ is concerned, I mean, even without knowing anything about the outline, you could literally just do a homage to like Spider-Man 2 where he's like seeing her from afar or seeing her on posters or something. But the but the twist in this one is, is that she has no fucking idea who he is whatsoever. (laughs) And he has to like live with that. And it's it's reminding us this is where we're at now. This is this is this is what it's what he has to deal with. And then he moves on to something else. Yeah. That's oh, good. No, but here's a question to add to that. Would she then also still maintain the same interest she had in who was Spider-Man initially before she found out? Uh, whew, I don't know. That's up to that's up to Kevin Feig, I guess. I yeah, know, that man. would be up to Summers and who, who oh man, who's the other writer on on the Spider-Man trilogy? I don't remember who whoever works with Eric Summers, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, him, John Watts, Kevin Feige, they probably all have to figure out and Amy Pascal, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're trying I mean it seems like it seems the longer the relationship with Sony and Spider-Man and Marvel Studios seems to go the more they kind of seem to be working things out and I think the only thing that's really just really weird is just the Venom stuff because that's kind of yeah. all over the map you know you could almost call it symbiotic yeah, <laughs> this guy look at him go uh, no yeah I wish I Tom Hardy thing. showed in that scene though I almost oh, yeah. oh I wanted that yeah. to happen so I bad. thought I was... the camera would move there and he would be standing there or something and you see Eddie Brock just like, hey, you know, just walking <laughs> in. And, I would have, you know, what? Imagine it just be Venom, and be like, Miss Chen, is someone bothering you or some shit like that? That would have been pretty funny. And oh, they wouldn't know. have to even, you know, use a, a new, you know, new scene or anything. They could have just used the archive footage from the movie. Yeah, but, true, true. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just anything. I'm sure they had ideas like like crazy, but I mean, it, and see that and. With all this that's that's happened with No Way Home, with uh, with Across the Spider Verse, you know, we we obviously Venom Three is filming right now, right? It it it's okay. It's not getting delayed because of the writer strike, I believe, right? I'm trying. I don't know what the last update. I think I, I think, think it's it okay. Done. 
I think it's one of the ones that's okay because everything was turned in and everything was okay. But as far as I could tell, I know it sounds like we're in school. Like, oh, they turned in the script before, you know. Uh, well, well those, 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 those movies don't have scripts, so they probably can just get away scot-free with whatever they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Paul for the zing. I like it. Yeah, uh, that's true. Like, but but at the same time, you can't improv. Apparently, according to right realities, like because like yeah, Ryan Reynolds. I love how they single out Ryan Reynolds just to be like he can't do anything. He can't ad lib legally, and I'm like, well, I mean, all yeah. actors do that, but I guess because it's Ryan Reynolds, and but I'm like, God, that must. I, I'm like, how do they handle that? I mean, there's got to be something where it's like, just My... don't just don't tell the people around us that. <laughs> This is uh, not part of it. It's part of the script, guys. Part of the script. Look, you know, I don't know. I think Either. I saw something to the effect of like Ryan Reynolds is just going to continue to say, oh, Sean Levy had this really great idea. Oh, Sean Levy yeah. had this really great idea. <laughs> he's going to just keep putting it on Sean Levy. Would, that wouldn't shock me. Yeah. You know. I mean, he's 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 definitely clever with um, I'm, I mean, it's pretty much confirmed that he leaked the original uh, Deadpool yes. trailer, right? Yes. Yeah. Or, yes. So, yeah. So, I mean, he's definitely That's thinking really. about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it worked out. Um, the DGA uh, would also be going on strike though soon because yeah, uh, the they would have to support their yeah. writers. Yeah. yeah. My my best guess with Deadpool three in terms of what I think they're going to do is until you know the next thing or whatever happens is that they're probably going to film what they can, what they know is concrete, and what they're going to do, and then they're going to hope by the, by the time they get to the reshoot part of the movie that the strike will be over, and then they can add in whatever else they need to do to make the movie a little bit more funny or because you know it's deadpool and then yeah. just work work from there basically so um and what, do we, and what do we know already about it oh we know that there's some x-men showing up come on yep. yeah. Oh, yeah yeah come on i mean oh, yeah. when holly berry posted her hair like that it was like you just gave it away you just gave it away and then I mean, obviously, there's like, uh, you know, there was like another report that also uh, Famke Jansen is going to show up mm-hmm. and James Marsden, which we're all hoping for because, you she know, if you so have Hugh Jackman back. You, I mean, you got to have you got to have both of them showing up, too. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, other people who knows if McClellan or Stewart, maybe. I mean, Stewart came back for, of course, Multiverse of Madness. But well, then I, hope, also- uh, I hope Leif Schreiber comes back. Cool. I heard oh, I there's- that'd be back. interesting. There's I also the rumor back. that... um. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! I, I just had this. There's also the rumor that Owen Wilson's freaking uh, Mor- Mor- Mobius, Mor- Mobius, yeah. Mobius, will absolutely not Morbius, Mobius, Mobius, right? Yeah. yeah. The thing, the thing that we're not talking enough about, I feel, because it it, it ties into all of this: Spider Verse, uh, Deadpool three, um, even Secret Wars, as well as even Loki season two, is the um, current iteration of what the TVA is because. You know, okay. yeah. how do they exist? Because that was that was one of the things I thought about watching Spider Verse, um, and then I and then I realized I was like, well, the TVA kind of didn't exist the same by the end of Loki season one, and Kang is a big deal in terms of all of this arcing and stuff, and and clearly Spider Verse is connecting itself to the MCU, so like mm-hmm. they're making a point, like no, 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 it's all canon. So it's like, all right, so I'm trying to figure out exactly like what, what the rules are here and like where it was kind of similar uh, in how the spider society was operating uh mm-hmm. in terms of protecting canon events it's basically like the nexus events that were in the mcu and yeah. they were basically the tva in that universe and um i feel like uh you know in the next movie that whole society might have different rules by then and uh you know 
some exceptions and stuff like that. So what I really want want to see um, after this movie was um, Miguel O'Hara's solo movie. Like I wanted yeah. that so bad because mm. his, just his music, every time he's on oh, screen, yeah. it just yeah. gives that, yeah. 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 that, that it just gives that line. Blade Runner. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. so cool. And even um, the Prowler's theme, I really love. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. When similar, that yeah. whole scene was similar, going down. Similar, yeah. yeah. I loved how um, that whole universe without Spider-Man was kind of like the uh, Biff world from Back to the that Future. It was all... <laughs> yeah. Mm. It was so funny to see that because it kind of ca- caught me off guard uh, that Miles ended up in the wrong Earth. And I was like, oh, shit. How? Yeah. He's not going to save him then. So that was yeah. really cool. See, that was that. I mean, that that's what was really great about the story is once they, once it was realized that okay, the whole canon thing about a captain having to die in all these spider verses, and then of course, then we realize, oh shit, you know, Miles' dad is becoming a, a captain. So then, obviously, you know, and then when he pushes back against, like, hey, you know, how would how would we not? how are you not going to save somebody? This is ridiculous. And, but then I love how when, the, he inserted that line though, from uh man of steel, which one? Oh, uh, what do you, what am I supposed to do? Just let them die. Oh yeah. Then, yeah uh, I didn't think of that when I saw yeah. Miguel O'Hara sure. just didn't say anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so I actually, speaking of man of steel, I, I do have a theory because yeah. I was talking with friends about this because technically, I mean, I've read, I've read all of ultimate Spider-Man and I've obviously played, um, Spider-Man games and stuff with Miles in the comics. His mother, I think, gets killed during one of the, the uh, symbiote arcs or something. I forget in which way she dies, but she dies. And then, of course, he gets interpreted into the in, or integrated into the six one six, and he um, he gets uh, um, a break, and he, both his parents are are, are are both alive in in the new continuity. And I think Miles is aware of the change, but no one else is, so he just accepts that and moves on and. You know, I, I, I haven't read current Miles, so I don't know if anything has changed since then. In the games, his dad gets killed helping Spider-Man, and his dad's yep. a police officer. So yep. what I'm thinking with, like, because it's that Justice League thing where, you know, you save one from the dark and another one gets taken in its place. I'm wondering if they're going to do a thing where, like, M- Miles is actually able to save his father, but, like, there always has to be sacrifice with Spider-Man, so maybe his mom... Will take Ooh. place, you know. The mom it's it's a theory. Well, it's 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 the it's the idea. It's the idea. Uh, of, dad, of, of I don't want. You, I want you to live, Dad. So I'll I'll let mom die. Well, it's like that. It's like it's like that scene from Hangover <laughs> Three. It's like you know, I wish someone else died like my mother. It's kind of like Flashpoint too. Like it's very reminiscent of Flashpoint, where Barry yeah. Oh, yeah. is so hell bent on trying to save his mom, but then he has to realize that you know he has to let her go. Well, I mean, we're seeing that even in the, you know, I mean, for the, 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 the whole panel, except for one person who has not seen it, damn you, Axel, don't say anything, but I'm just saying like, when you see the, uh, when you see the trailer, when he's talking to Bruce, when he's talking to Bruce, he's like, I can save them. I can save my parents. I can save my parents. I can save your parents. I mean, he goes even as far as, and I'm very curious to see that whole scene play out that conversation between Barry and bruce because it's like yeah. the fact that he just he says that i could save my parents and uh sh- i mean don't even make faces axel okay? <laughs> your face could end up being a spoiler right relax 
but uh i'm just saying like <laughs> i'm just saying like um the fact that it's like he brings up like i could save your parents but obviously we we even seen in the trailers where bruce goes well you know events have made us who we are kind of thing and so his line in the movie is really good it's really i'm sure good. it is like i'm sure it is movie, yeah yeah, it's in the but, I mean, as well, but, yeah. but that's one of the things, and it, it, it it's almost like when when like even though you go, wow, Miguel's kind of fucking, he's like high strung, and my god, he's just like taking his work very fucking seriously. But then you you understand it too. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like that's what I liked about it too. Is like essentially Miguel is the antagonist, even though the spot is the main villain. But it, Miguel kind of is in a way, you know. It's just. That's what was so great about this story. And then because you understand where, he, but you understand, well, you understand also where, you know, uh, what's his name's coming from uh, the spot. Uh, you understand where he's coming from. Sure. But at the same time, you understand big time where Miguel's coming from. But then at the same time, you're like, I don't know, man, maybe there's, maybe it doesn't have to be this way. I don't know. It's just so crazy. I love how Spot was so lame in the beginning and then he went through training and he just yeah. keeps going to other worlds to just level up himself. And he like popped up in that Lego universe, that which great. made sense because uh, the same guys who did this movie did the Lego yes. movies. I was like, mm-hmm. and, and, I was, and I was trying to think, who voiced that Spider-Man? Why isn't there a Lego Spider-Man movie? Uh, the rights, there has to be one. Because Warner Bros. lost the rights. It's the, the rights thing. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's Probably. why we're not getting a Lego Movie three or Lego Batman two. Sadly, yeah. I really. I, I really guess really... those are because uh, the movies weren't, you know, turning too many profits and stuff. But Lego Spider Man might, you know. Um, well, who has the license now? I think it's Universal has the Lego yeah. license. Christopher Nolan's going to use it in Oppenheimer. So. <laughs> that's a possibility. <laughs> Being, yeah, when the bomb blows up, everybody turns into Legos. <laughs> pretty funny. That's that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be crazy twist. No, but yeah, I mean, I do like the fact that yeah, we do get a, a Lego scene in the movie, which everybody was laughing at. Um, yeah, the, uh, this movie actually made me laugh so much. I've never laughed in a movie like that much because like there was just so much things I just kept pointing at the screen, and it was such a trippy ass movie, like. Jesus. God. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I know. It's like the third act crazy. visuals were amazing. It, it went full yeah. cinematic. Dude. It was raining. The colors were amazing. Yeah. The colors look so freaking Miguel O'Hara crazy. standing on that rooftop. Oh. oh. Oh, Miguel O'Hara and Ben Riley and Spider Woman. Oh my god. That shot was just to die for. You could pin that up and put it on a frame. You could frame it. Well, I, again, I, I mean, again, the, the animation choices uh, for all this, I mean, even like like Spider-Punk, I mean, the fact that he was just like in his version of the animation and it stuck yeah. that way. I mean, it was just it was just so cool. But yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, the final act, everything was just like I just kept going. Oh, my God. I mean, even though like it's not it's not like they're even trying to be real. It's just the fact yeah. that. It just looks so freaking good, like the yep. just the choices of animation and and just seeing like when you see Gwen running and like just her face and looking around and then you're seeing something in the background as she's I don't know it's just I don't know I just couldn't I couldn't stop just you know being in awe of how much more the animation was just ah uh, hey welcome back Scott yeah I got guests at my house so I had ah. to I had to take care of things. <laughs> mm. 
It happens. It's all good. Sorry, we were just, what do you uh, mean by take care of things, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> you know, put put children to bed, turn the couch into a bed, you know. Ah. All the things are gonna happen like when, when Dave and Nighthawk come over to Alabama, <laughs> you know. You have to have to make the couch into a bed, blow up the air mattress. Yeah, all the things, (laughs) all the things. Yeah, all of a sudden he wipes off some blood off his head. Oh, yeah, gotta take care of it. Uh, Oh, what was that? These are my friends. (laughs) See how they glisten. No, we were just uh, we were just raving more about the uh, the animation of uh, Spider Verse, you know. But talking so much about, I mean, I I was mentioning how, like, uh, you know, you know, Miguel is essentially. He is an antagonist, but not at the same time. You understand? No, he is an antagonist. He just isn't yeah, a is. villain. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, the that's what I was kind of getting at. Because obviously, the spot is the the overall villain. Which again, those those sequences. I, I mean, I, I can't get over even those with just the the way. I mean, like, how do you craft that? I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, and what a ridiculous villain! Yeah, I mean. I remember being introduced to the spot in the nineties. Same, uh, the cartoon, Spider-Man cartoon, yeah. Christopher Daniel Barnes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which yeah. I was hoping he would. I was. Th- I was thinking he was gonna voice uh, Scarlet Spider. But I was like, damn, mm. I wish that, that that's there. a. That's honestly what I thought was gonna happen too. I thought he was gonna get Scarlet Spider or another another prominent Spider-Man in this. But. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, I thought about it. I started to say I was surprised that his Spider-Man didn't show up. But then I realized that the other spiders who were from other media, they were all um, Sony. Because, okay, yeah. Because uh, Spectacular Spider-Man was uh, was uh, Sony, when Sony yep. had the TV rights. Right. And, of course, the, mo- the live-action movies were all Sony. The video game was Sony. You know, so what they didn't do was they didn't go with things that uh, – weren't sony productions however however the 1960s animated spider-man showing up in that yes. one scene that was great. That was that was great. oh yeah. my god and when he like just swings right on by because he's like a frozen piece of like yeah. a frozen it, piece it, of no information movement. no movement it was just like like oh, is that the one hamstring. that says yeah i pulled something or yeah, pulled yeah. yeah. <laughs> and but, then, like the still, spider cat was there i was like oh god but i still oh, love it like when he when he swung in and you hear the dun, 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 yeah yeah <laughs> like like the old theme song dun, dun, started dun, playing dun. and i'm just like oh you know this is one of those movies like into the spider-verse was because into the spider-verse reminded so much of the uh shattered dimensions video game yeah mm. because oh, yeah. shattered dimensions had noir and 2099 an ultimate. And an ultimate Peter, and then you know, essentially, what would be six one six? Yep, Peter. And Mysterio was the villain. And Mysterio was the villain. Uh, great game, fantastic beautiful game, fantastic Spider Man game. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Christopher Daniel Barnes also voices Spider Man Noir in that. Yes, he does. Yeah, wow. he does. Yeah. With um, Neil Patrick Harris as the main one, Josh Keaton as the ultimate one, ultimate. and I think. Oh, Thanks. who's Miguel? Oh man, uh, who was Miguel? Oh uh, shit! Um, damn it! I'm gonna look it up. I don't. It's not the one from Unlimited, which he was also in this movie. Unlimited. The one from like, Unlimited is Reno Romano. He voices. All, he also. He's also the voice of Bruce Wayne in the Batman. Yes, he is the voice oh, of Bruce yeah. Wayne in the Batman. Yes, no, uh, it's, it's Robert Pattinson. What? Uh, oh, but no. uh, <laughs> okay, I was like, wait, what? 
but yeah. I, but passion. that was the thing was that I was just appreciating. It, it's just it's movies like this where if you go the wrong way, it's fan service in like the worst possible way, mm-hmm. but you go the right way. Like this movie does. And it's just a flipping celebration of the character. And if you have been any kind of Spider-Man fan for any significant amount of time, I mean, even if you've been a Spider-Man fan for just a small amount of time, there's something to reward you, but it's like the larger or broader (laughs) your fandom is, the more this movie rewards you as a Spider-Man fan. And these are the kind of movies that, I don't know if people will want to say it's it's a nostalgia trip or it's fan service or whatever, but this is something where it is. they do art yeah. and yet do it at the same time. No. And it just makes you so flipping happy as a fan. But that watching that's the thing it. is it's like is you have to do it right. I mean when, and, when, but what the fun and think that's the things that we say they did it right, and it's like how do you quantify what they did? right i think part of it is the fact that it is animation and i don't know i think it's because if you think about it it's like you know everybody gets introduced either by comic book or the fucking 90s tv you know cartoon so i think like i don't know i think it's just the fact that they with animation it's just obviously it's so much easier i even saw people like i saw so many people on my twitter timeline just kind of going like why don't they make more comic book movies like this as opposed I was to saying that after in, I was saying that after Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. I felt the same way. And, and, to, and to the point you guys were making earlier, um, you know, other movies have... I feel like people have done the good thing of they've learned the lessons from Into the Spider-Verse without trying to just straight up copy. Like you said, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that's coming out they, doesn't look doesn't look like a copycat but it's like oh but you learned some lessons you took some steps forward the same way i felt when i saw puss and boost uh, the last wish it was like oh you would steps it you were definitely inspired in your animation by spider-verse but then you did some stuff on your own with it and i, I just love it because i feel like traditional animation studios like when we think of disney or we think like pixar they have felt stagnant for a while. Like they're not doing anything to elevate the art form. They're not doing anything to push the limits. And it's just crazy that like Sony animation and even DreamWorks is like, like they're innovating. Like, I mean, Pixar and like Disney, those movies are trying to look more realistic. Cause like when I watched Lightyear, I know shit movie, but like, I oh hey, I liked Lightyear. I really enjoyed Lightyear. It's not that bad. Sorry, Eh, it's not for me. But uh, Monster Park will make it out to be, but it's not the greatest thing ever. I I I did not care for Lightyear personally, but I I get it. It's fine. No, but I think like what Into the Spider Verse did. And especially, and then of course, it you know won the Academy Award for Best Animation. Was like they were like, all right, how do we take this old style? You know, the uh, I forgot what the anim, uh, the drawings are called. Like with the the dots, what do they call that? Uh, like, the, the, like the, dot the, the Kirby thing. 
I mean, I get. I, I don't. I forgot. I thought there was like a specific way. Anyways, so okay, Dave. I'm trying to follow your thread here, and I'm just I'm, like I'm just I'm, I'm grasping at it. Like, are you talking about like Dadaism? Like, well, like I guess I don't know. There was like uh, I remember after it came out, they were talking about the way that uh, that it, that that they used to be drawn because obviously, like if you see like close ups of their face, you see like dots in within the within right. the, in one the, of the scenes where uh the spot goes into that you know his dimension he gets stuck there when there are close-ups on him you can see the inside lines on his yep uh, yeah yep that was pretty cool that's cool too yeah no I, I can't remember but 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 the fact of the matter is like uh again i mean when you're talking about a franchise like teenage mutant ninja turtles is like how what do you do? Do we try to do another live action and fail again? Because obviously when they try to do that with the, you know, the recent one, <laughs> which, you know, those ones. They need Craven to come out to be Craven yeah. again. But I mean, I, but so it's like, all right, what do you do? And then Seth Rogen and his crew goes, well, I mean, they're called bin day dots. Bin day dots. Okay. I think because I remember hearing yes. what they, yeah. Thank you for pulling it up. I knew there was like a specific name well, for. Yeah. That okay. Here product. we go. I'm, I'm going to read off the. Definition. There you go. Read it off. The term bin day dots and retro comic book art tend to be used interchangeably. Actually, Ben Day Dots came first. Benjamin Henry Day Jr. created them in 1879 in order to cut costs of color printing. They are a technique which places equally distant dots on a grid. Red dots printed over white make pink. Blue and yellow make green. There you go. Interesting. And yeah. also one of the reasons why the Hulk could not be gray and had to be and had to become green. Yes, exactly. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Yes, because I remember after Into the Spider Verse came out and they were saying like they basically added 3D to that style. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I think I did actually read about that. What you just said, Paul, too, is like, yeah. I mean, it's it's just interesting that 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 they that they can do that. But that's what's so unique about it. It's like I don't want it to be real. I don't want it to look real. Like what Pixar is trying yeah. to do, they're trying to like every time we get a new Pixar movie, anytime they show a human being, they're like, we're trying to make it as real as possible. And I'm like, cool, good for you. That's perfectly fine. But when having the so mothers have the biggest ass ever. Yeah. Someone once basically said to me, the whole point of animation is to do what you can't do in live action. That's yep. the whole fucking point. So, yep. Like, yeah, if they're doing stuff that's crazy and across the Spider-Verse, it's because, one, they're trying to emulate the comics a little bit, but doing something that we haven't seen before, and but utilizing it toward story purposes and getting us to, from point A to point B, basically. You know, like, that's how it works. As far as, as far as this goes, like, I agree with Scott. I think this is one, like, this franchise, this Spider-Verse has been just really innovative. Like, they've really just changed the game. But what's interesting in terms of the... American cinema, I feel, is that as as big as animation gets, to some for some reason, whether it's TV or movies, it's almost I feel kind of still considered like a second class kind of like art form. You know, like even a lot of people in America still see ch uh, animation just for children. They're cartoons, to, exactly. Yep. 
But at the same time, because of that, and that, and that's in that way, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not defending that position, but it has kind of given an option for studios to not pay as much attention to it, and so it kind of allows the artist to kind of go nuts in, in a way and kind of do something that a lot of times live action can't can't replicate. I mean, you, no. you look at like the DC it's animated universe from like the '90s into the 2000s. You know, that's some of the best. You know, DC animated or DC continuity, uh, like. Uh, in terms of adaptation that has ever ever been in, in my opinion and it's all cartoons technically you know but i've seen people that have gotten so much emotion from those cartoons more than a lot of the live action stuff is done you know and i and i'm not surprised when i see people get emotional about the spider-verse because they just nail it and yeah. in a way that the other spider-man haven't been able to do necessarily but not to say that those are bad iterations but there's just this freedom and this idea of taking animation and doing things both both in animation and in, in story sometimes that can't be done in in, 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 in in live action or just haven't been attempted at that level because I think that the animators are kind of given more creative freedom because you know you're looking at like a 200 million dollar budget you know live action movie that thing is going to be scrutinized and every scene is going to be looked over but with yeah. the animation budget it's not exactly the same way they just want to make sure that they're not going to you know, uh, go over a certain rating, basically. So, you know, there won't be maybe some blood here or there, but that's about it, pretty much. I think they're kind of given just more leeway to do more of what they want to do. And that's clearly evident here in the newest Spider-Verse movie. This is this is one of the most creative, like, movies I've seen in a long, long time in terms of animation. Like, it's just, it's 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 really just fantastic. It's art. It, it is, it, it's art. It's art. <laughs> and, 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 yes. and also, but to your point is that, you can do things. I mean, it's always been said you could do things in animation. You can even like try to emulate in live action. I mean, I think about the Ben Riley seems like, yeah, strike. Look at my four. Look at my look at my well formed muscles. Strike pose, perfect pose. And like, and it's like try to get an actor to actually. The thing about Spider Man over the years is look at the way that character has been drawn. Yeah. You cannot make the human body move the way no you can't they've drawn that character to be yeah where he's like very bent over a lot like no that's freaking impossible there was um uh, i mean this is this is more towards the adult animation but like you know i wasn't the i mean i love i love margot robbie as harley quinn but i wasn't really big on birds of prey but the harley quinn animated show Mm. I think it's one of my favorite shows like yes it's, it's so fucking good and i can't wait for the next season because you can tell they were just given creative freedom. Just like, yeah, fuck it. Just go R-rated. Just go nuts. And they emulate the best stuff from, like, the Harley comics. But they also kind of have this Venture Brothers vibe going on. And it's its own <laughs> thing. It's great. Good comparison. Yeah. 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 Good yeah. comparison. So, no, I mean, like, there's so much you could. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, I, I've been rewatching the uh, Spawn animated series oh, back in the yeah. 90s. Keith Especially when you watch that first episode, you go, like, Man, they really just missed completely the mark when they tried to do a live action. I'm like, they had some things that were going for them, but when, with the live action, but fuck, it's like you watch you watch that and you go, oh my god, how do you capture this the just the aesthetic of this? And I've always even said that too when it comes to even anime. When I've, you know, I'm not a big anime person, but when I watch like you know when you watch like Ghost in the Shell or something like that, it's like or Kira. How do you, yeah, how do you watch? Yeah. How do you capture that aesthetic live action? I think, and I've always said, I think the 
closest that it ever has been was the matrix is like they they really kind of captured a certain aesthetic when it came to live action and anime the only other one in Mm. my opinion that came close was alita battle angel okay yeah that yes you're absolutely correct but even but even alita battle angel as an adaptation of a manga Mm -hmm. was like they had something that they were they were trying to emulate yeah way true yeah there's Speed well, Racer. It, oh man, I oh. haven't seen that movie in years. Which one? Where's Steven? I, I feel like I feel like the Steven, Steven signal has just shot into the sky. Speed Racer. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that Wachowski's they knew how to yep. capture some of that. I mean, yeah. I rewatched Speed Racer probably two or three months ago because I, I don't know why. I just it was I think it was on one of the streaming services, and I put it on and I'm like, fuck, they really ca- again. Just like how they captured an, uh, an anime tone with, like, specifically the first Matrix. And, you know, I remember seeing, like, a behind-the-scenes featurette where they showed things. were like, oh, yeah, we're trying to emulate this. And they fucking pulled it off. But, yeah, you watch Speed Racer, you go, this shouldn't work. But it fucking does. I mean, like, it does. And a lot of people should give that another chance because I'm like... I mean, I mean, some people just were like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna watch that." But I, I mean, watched it for the first time like last year or the yeah. year before that, and it amazing. still holds up. It's yeah. amazing, like especially if you and I did. I watched like on whatever cartoon, whatever Cartoon Network. I watched these old episodes of Speed Racer, and the fact is, like, yeah, they did a good job of like wrapping around, f- wrapping flesh around a cartoon, essentially, yeah. like. That's you know, that's that's the hard balance, though. You know, yeah, like we, were, yeah. we were saying like about that thing that only can exist kind of in animation because, granted, you have guys like like or you have people like 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 the Wachowskis trying to uh, emulate that, and it's that real balance of like, well, how much how much can we get away with? Well, we're basically making a cartoon anyway in live action, but it's already like between CGI and all of these different you know angles. Like, how much of it looks like a cartoon anyway? It's it, even even the same can be said for say spawn you know you have like the animated show but you know spawn is all these supernatural powers and you got to emulate those effects in live action it's like how much of it looks like a natural event happening and how much of it actually looks like a cartoon happening to this mugger or whatever he's he's attacking you know where it's like between looking good or looking laughable and you kind of have to <laughs> yeah really the cake porn in spawn the live action movie was laughable mm. like oh it was very laughable it was it got to the point of like how big i mean i get it we get that that his cape is part of him and it's whatever McF- it's a mcfarlane cape i mean yeah, right you, yeah. you, you it's ridiculous. To- anytime you see a mcfarlane batman the cape is like <laughs> it's like 50 90 times feet longer long. than it should be yeah oh no oh no i got that mcfarlane uh batman year two uh yeah figure statue diorama from target oh no like when when the cape is three times the size of the body that's wearing it i mean it's just yeah that okay okay okay. Uh, you know what's funny though it's like there's something okay you guys remember the uh batman dead end uh, fan film that was made like yes with with uh, alien and predator yeah 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 Yeah. So there's a shot in there that is a gorgeous Batman shot. When he lands, it's raining, of course. He lands, lands in like a puddle, and then he just like gets up and it's shooting from like above. And you just see him get up, and the cape is just like drooped so perfectly, but the cape is super long. 
And I watched the behind the scenes about it and they're like, oh yeah, the cape is like, oh, it's like, it's like a half size longer because they wanted it to be in the water. So when he actually like stands up, it's still like resting in the water. And it's just like, yeah, it makes for a cool shot. But if Batman were to have a cape that long, he'd fucking trip all over it. You know, no, no yeah. cape, no capes, darling. No, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no capes, no, no capes, capes yeah. darling. No, don't do capes. No, I mean, no. I mean, I think I think Incredible. that's why a lot of us here also kind of like Zach to a certain extent because yes. I always felt that he kind of like I, I think that's why Chris I think handpicked him because he saw Watchmen and he's like he takes things that shouldn't work in live action and he made them like feel real. And he did yeah. that when he did the DC movies. Like, there's a lot of that that shouldn't just work in in a physical sense. But he he's able to kind of blend that like hyper reality where it's like right between something that's fantastical and something that's like grounded, and it just kind of like merges. I feel, or at least, I mean, yeah. they, that's that's been my take on it. But no, the, the I, I does I something yeah. where I don't want it to feel real at all. I want it to just look like, like, like a cartoon. I, I want it to be art. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't need this to look real you shouldn't try to make it look real draw and that's what's also so cool about and i noticed this in into the spider-verse and then they double down across the spider-verse when the different spiders are all different animation (laughs) styles yes Mm. yeah because they they represent their yes their world and 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 so like like i remember the first one it's like oh they're anime and noirs in black and white, and I missed him so much in this one. I, I, I worse, he's still figuring out that Rubik's cube, Casey. Dude. That's <laughs> you know, dude. I mean, well, we saw the end. When oh she yeah, we her. saw yes. the end. And yeah, he was there, and people. Were, and you know what's funny? Again, people were like, they they were point. They were like, I heard people like go with Spider Noir, and like, I mean, that's the thing. He was a fan he was a favorite. fan. For, yeah, he was yeah, like he was even the favorite. first after the he's first movie, I wanted his. No way he's yeah. not in the next one. No way oh, he's not. Yeah. And and they gotta bring John Mulley back as Spider Ham. I mean yes. May Mayday was wearing Spider Ham pajamas. Did you guys I see know. that? I know that was yeah. so adorable. I loved it. That was just such that a was, great it was a nice de- touch. The devils oh. are, are, are in the details. Oh, I wanted to bring something up just I, I yeah. just in stuff because we were talking about Easter eggs in this in, in across the spider verse and stuff. And I tried thinking of movies that kind of do it really well, but it's always in service of the story. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't know if you guys remember it, but Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, that I movie. love that movie yep. so much. That movie is a masterpiece to this day. I watch Fuck it at least yeah. once a year. Like, agree, agree. brilliant movie. They seamlessly blend all of the cartoons. You see the ones you want to see, like Mickey and, and Bugs and, and Daffy and Donald, but they they make it work to the service of the story where. There's you can pause and see so many Easter eggs, but it doesn't overwhelm you and it, no. it flows naturally with the story. The only movie I can think of that did it really well enough, it's it's to a lesser degree, but I think it's always an underrated kind of movie, is Detective Pikachu because it kind yes. of had yes. the same vibe. Yes. Yeah. 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 And again, you, you were talking about realism, and I felt that Pikachu did a really good job of making the Pokemon look real, but still look like the card versions like that we all grew up like like or sorry just well, cards or games or whatever but seeing them as they were in their animated form still like it it was that really is a the blend. it was great yes, that is a perfect blend as opposed to lion king yes uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes pokemon did yeah. it realistic but also they were animated so yeah okay, and then good. and then we got little mermaid that just came out too and 
I mean, I don't. I, I'm sure. Has anybody seen Little Mermaid here? No, I no. I've, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I you I did. loved the original growing up, so I just told myself, don't don't go see it. You're, yeah, you're, just, you're not gonna have a good time. Like, it's I, just, it, yeah, but you know, much much like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming out in August, the Little Mermaid does not look like it's made for me. Really? <laughs> oh, oh good. So I have yeah. one more person. <laughs> look, I adore. I didn't like that trailer Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Really? But I just find yeah. it I, I I just find it absolutely hilarious that Seth Rogen had come out and said something to the effect of like, oh, I don't understand Marvel movies. It's like they're made for kids. And then he turns around and produces that. Yeah. <laughs> and Whatever. they're basically kids they're, they're all ninja kids. turtles. And it's However, just like I get it. I absolutely get the angle. One hundred percent. The emphasis this time is on the teenager aspect. I get it. The animation looks great. It looks it's great. literally the first word. So okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> say this this much. Now, first off, Seth Rogen, I think he's kind of an all around nerd. You got the boys, you got Invincibles, then he's doing 100%. and and then he's doing you know Ninja Turtles. But like, I look at it this way: I've been a Ninja Turtle fan since I was like four years old. Like I've I've seen all the movies. I. I've I've collected a lot of the comics and stuff, but like I've had I have stuff signed by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Like I've right. yeah. Oh. So I look at it this way. Now again, it's it's semi it's a semi excuse, but I like the style enough of it. Um, I understand what they're doing, and I'm intrigued enough to just at least try it out and check it out in theaters to see. To oh see, sure, yeah. To see see what we get. I also. After the last two versions of Ninja Turtles in theaters, Ugh. I'm willing to say it can't be worse than that. No. So I'm going to go off of that. However, I like do I? I like those movies too. Everyone, everyone has their, okay, everyone has their, okay. Every, everyone has their favorite their favorite iterations of Turtles. There's always a, there's a new version like every five years at this point. So which oh, why uh, such, can, which is why it's such a long-standing franchise because it does it, it allows itself to reinvent itself every every few years well, for a next for another yeah. audience to discover it yeah remember yeah. that animated film that came out like 12 years ago 2007 TNT. yeah yeah that's a good that was movie great. that underrated. was great very underrated yeah, and, and it actually made money i think it did too because it was a very cheap budget and a lot of people got uh you know internationally i think it actually made a profit and that's what's funny that because and that was, I, which one? Yeah, look it up. The the 2007 animated where it's basically. Oh a yeah, that one. That one's great. Yeah. yeah. I. Yeah, it's great. From from what I remember, the at the time when that came out was that it was it had a very good opening weekend. The people who were behind it were really anticipating that they were going to get a sequel, and then the film kind of fell off like almost immediately. And like, and granted, it made money, but it didn't. It, it, it apparently it it, w- it went below expectations of what they wanted it to do. It and had I a guess thirty-four was... million dollar budget, and had a ninety-five point six million dollar box yeah. office. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what they uh, what they were expecting, but uh, supposedly yeah. that's why they didn't move on. It, it it didn't reach what they wanted it to do for whatever reason. So, so maybe, maybe if they made it a hundred, I don't know. But still, that's yeah. like. That's almost three times, which is what you want. And I think that's a little bit of a profit. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I know. Just remember I mean, that one being big. And then I was like, why don't they just go animation? But of course, then, you know, Michael Bay produced yeah. this, the, the, that first one, which, you know, I mean, it's not all bad. I, I you know, I don't even remember the sequel. You know, I, I never saw that. I haven't seen the sequel. The, the yeah, out of shadows, the out of the shadows, in my opinion, the only thing they got really right in that sequel was Bebop and Rocksteady. Rock 
Yeah. And I would kind of Where give it the techno drone, but in the in it the was, most like yeah spectacle way possible. Yeah. Um, I, I, my favorite scene in the first one was when they're in the elevator and they're and they trying to like, yes. they start beatboxing. I'm like, that's that's it right there. You 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 were almost there and you got it in the elevator. And this is in the final act. Fuck, you almost had it. You almost had it. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, that's the best scene right there of the you know, no, like the, the, the changes Nickelode- I hate in that. Oh yeah, go on. But Nickelodeon, um, you know, Gre- we mentioned oh, Greg right. last week, but Greg Katzman, who who just started IDW, he's a huge Ninja Turtles fan, and he's told me that Nickelodeon series, uh, is you know, because because once Viacom acquired the rights. You know, they've done several animated series. And there's one that is, there was the one that looked a little bit more like Eastman and Laird. And then there's Rise. And then there was that Nickelodeon one that went on for like five or six seasons that was in the middle. That was CGI. Yeah. Yeah. The, 2000, re- the 2012 version, that is a fantastic yeah, a good show. I've, I've only heard yeah. nothing but praise for that version. I, I talked to uh, Rob Paulson voice actor he voices donatello in that version he also voiced the original it was raphael in the original series yep. yeah and, so and like when they um cross over with the 80s turtles like they even make a joke oh about it. that was fantastic i oh, love turtles forever all of that yeah. oh well, no no, no, no so they, forever it's um another episode in yeah and so there's turtles forever that was kind of uh wrapping up the stuff from like the 80s and the i think the 2003 show and then yes. in yeah. in 2012 they had it where the 80s dimension and the 2012 dimension cross paths and oh, they even cool. they even switched animation styles or when so like the 80s one went, went into the 2012 and they became like cgi, CGI. model right and and vice versa um but i was at a convention and i got to meet i got to meet uh kevin eastman i got to meet rob paulson uh, all the 80s voice actors i talked to rob and i was like you've been in both shows like tell me about the guys behind the scenes and for like for this new show like what what are they like like and he's like oh because I was saying, because I was like, I love all these Easter eggs in, in the show. He's like, oh, dude, these guys are like the biggest Ninja Turtle fans of like all time. So like wh- whoever they I mean, I, I know there was a few comic book writers involved in there and stuff. But clearly those guys were like our generation. Like they grew up on this stuff and they and they wanted to make like one of the best shows. And for the most part, they did. I mean, it kind of got a little stale towards the end. But for that five year run, it was it was some of the best content. I mean, again, animation outdoing what the live action was doing at the same time, basically. So, yeah, I mean, anyway, that's that's me as a, as a no, I mean, I mean, that's that's the thing is like, again, going back to the fact it's like, what do you do? Do you do? Uh, I mean, it's 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 difficult. Yeah. Obviously, they want to do everything live action. Sometimes things just don't yeah. translate. I mean, well, because like you said, the, and I like those the movies, aren't they bad. think they think yeah, I mean, there's the live the action is somehow better. Yeah, I, I, I'm tired. I mean, Dave, you and I do our DC Fanimage stream because, dear God, I've devoted, you know, since I was 10, I've devoted so much oh. time and attention to, you know, this an- to animation. And it has consistently been some of the best comic book content in my life has been animation. I mean, Mask of the Phantasm is the best Batman movie you know, shut up with any arguments you may have, or and now across, <laughs> well, actually, and across the Spider Verse is now 
Tomped into the Spider Verse is my favorite Spider Man movie of all time, and there's no, there, there, there's no coincidence here that they're all animated projects. Like just because animation, comic books are already a drawn medium, and animation is literally moving drawn images, and it it just it's such a natural transition it's why the fleischer cartoons back in the day were so big for superman yeah and we talked a little bit about that because obviously we're talking about superman the animated series now and one of the things i was like trying to i was like because i hadn't seen i remember i had those on videotape and i'm like i mean even like in those it's like he didn't i mean he flew but one of the things was like you know when it even comes to superman he basically leaped a lot and they actually established that in the opening of those cartoons. And then even like when we were talking about the, uh, the first Superman comic, the, you know, in action comics is like, he didn't fly at all in those. Um, I know I'm, we're, I don't know why I'm bringing that whole thing up that, that he didn't fly, but at the same time, it's just the fact that he, he didn't. And yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, but back then it's like, you couldn't, achieve that but then of course now cinematically obviously when it came to superman 78 it's like their tagline was like you could believe a man could fly like that was the selling point yeah, was, was we it. can make this happen now yeah, yeah. and i mean yeah. even like when it came to them trying to attempt doing a a live action spider-man the first time it's awful it's absolutely awful but then all of a sudden it's like the technology got to that point and then when it came to what 19 it was 2002 2002. i looked at my 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 poster right there um 2002 or like essentially they probably started doing it 2000 i would imagine like they started producing it they started doing pre-production or whatever they had the technology there to actually like okay we can achieve this you know spider-man right here And, and and as much as that's grown still i can't imagine what happened in across the spider verse and even into the spider verse i can't imagine them trying to do that live action they like really some yeah, of this it would I'm be, like it, it, yeah. it would be it would be a 500 million dollar movie if they, they could would. use that um same tech they could use that those drone shots from ambulance or something like one of the <laughs> one of the key uh aesthetic choices for the spider verse movies is the backgrounds yes. always mm-hmm. are so stylistic i don't mm-hmm. think they can pull that off in live action at all See, that's the thing. It's Even like John McFord doesn't do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the backgrounds so could be shadowy or there's like yeah. multiple colors or they look like blobs of... But they whatever. can't change artistically. The yeah. only the only way that you could do it, in my opinion, is you'd have to have it be... I mean, the thing is it would be completely... Uh, like green, well, it would be it would be like uh, Sin City. That's pretty much what you would have you would have happen in terms yeah. of controlling every aspect of making it looking yeah. and, and controlling color and all of that. You'd have to do it that in that style. Why basically. don't we have more Sin City movies? That's what I was just about. Yeah. That's what I was thinking right now. I was like, can you imagine a Batman movie like that or a Dick Tracy? Oh I mean, even Dick Tracy when that was good. Dick Noir. It should have been made. I mean, yeah. Dick Tracy was an ama- was an amazing achievement for like 1990 yes. to have like. All the back, I mean, it was obviously a stu- a back lot. They didn't try to hide the fact it was a back lot. No. And they, were, I mean, they were dressed in all of the, pro- like, I think yeah. it was even a color choice that 
they did not wear a color that the four color process couldn't have produced. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that, I mean, you have that, you have Sin City. It's like, why? I mean, obviously, I mean, I guess like they, they tried to make the spirit and it God. tanked and they went, all right, we're not trying this anymore. <laughs> like, really? And then, of course, Sin City 2 came out like eight years, nine years later, a little too yeah. late. And people were like, eh, you know, and it was like, fuck. I mean, can you imagine, though, like having some of these other movies come out? Or other like characters from these comic books that we that yeah. more people know that are in this aesthetic, and I'm like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's gonna be there's gotta be some kind of renaissance when it comes to bringing that style back. There's gotta be because I there's so much that you could do. Yeah, imagine if they did a, a remake of the Rocketeer in that Oof. style. Oof. Yeah, I see. I just made. I just made. I knew I was gonna make. <laughs> I knew I was going to tickle fucking uh, Scott's beanbag right there. Just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean I, I'm mean, i surprised. Like, we haven't had a, a remake of Rocketeer. Because Monkey Jeebus in the chat mentioned Rocketeer. That's why I was like, yes. Why haven't we gotten something like that? And then you film it. And, and okay, and then there was even, like, what was that one movie? Um, the world of tomorrow. Something yes, something that was world like entire, like it was the first like entirely like green screen yep. movie. Oh, a sky captain in the world, world of tomorrow. tomorrow. There you go. And so I'm that like, the movie didn't do well, but at the same time, yeah. the aesthetic was so fucking cool. The guy made a short film. The short film got yeah. Yeah. attention. Then they gave him the movie. The movie bombed, and then he never made another movie ever again. And they never, they never made anything else after. Like that, just it just completely disappeared. Yeah, so, and, you know, I like to see more animated movies like The Iron Giant. That style was pretty. Cool. Oh yes, you know, as Harry Connick Jr. says in that movie, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it is though. It's true. Um, hold on. The uh, well, the the thing is, is that you basically need a director to come in and basically choose to do that style, and then I mean, listen, Spider Verse is what it is now because these guys were crazy enough to do it, and they were able to pull it off. No one was making a Spider Verse movie like in that style no. the first time i saw the film i was like well that was that was fun like i i didn't know how to process it because it was so different from every other animated film that was coming out at that time i i was only it was only like on the third or fourth viewing that i was like this movie really is just like a like a master a master class like really? type of film yeah and then and then somehow they ended up being able to top it in the sequel which is like the, the, you know the movie's already w well regarded like how do you how do you do that they did it so but you need you need someone to come in and basically just take the reins and do do a thing like um i mean not animation wise but like you know action movies were kind of dull for a bit and then george miller comes out of nowhere and does a mad max sequel that no one thought was going to be that good and it turned out to be one of the best mad max movies ever made like yep. and then well, one of the best action movies ever made <laughs> yeah i know i know but like it, it yeah. exactly like it it got people to kind of re reinterpret action i think for a brief a brief period but like you need you need someone to come in and just blow the doors off basically like it's just yeah. I, i'm that's that's how it goes in no, the business. You're 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 correct. I mean, that's the thing is like there are some people that could could just just nail it, and some people that try to nail it and they fail, and then studios go, Well, we're not gonna do that anymore. But it's like, all right, so now we just need 
we just i don't know i i think like the style like the sin city style is going to come back somehow mm. and you know and it very well should because that first sin city movie i mean but even the second one's not bad either it's just you know it just it's came good. out at a different time it's still good but it's just yeah they took so long for that sequel to come out that people were just like ah we're we're past this now i guess and like uh, i don't know if these count as animated i guess these do but like what i'd like to see more is like stop motion movies like fantastic mr fox that's a great movie oh yeah and i want to see something more like that like yeah uh wes anderson and the uh the company uh i can't pronounce them correctly uh lake the guys who did um uh Coraline and, and uh, yeah. Kubo and stuff like that. You know, those guys are always doing like the next the next big thing in terms of stop motion. But yeah, stop motion is kind of more. I feel I'm talking in terms of the animation now. I'm not talking like in terms of people's taste, but I feel like it's more of like this niche, uh, like this thing. But it is a great art form, and I wish it. I wish I hope it keeps getting more. Like and more. the last Toro's Pinocchio on Netflix. That was fantastic. Del Toro did like talk about a story that's been done to death. Pinocchio and Del Toro yeah, finally. We've had Polish Shores Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but yeah pinocchio and cinderella they they get they get remade like every couple of years but like del toro finally makes one that is so different from the disney version that it really does stand on its own finally because everyone mm-hmm. is always trying to emulate the disney version and he's like nope i'm going to do this entirely different like variation i'm going to put it in a uh, fascist italy and i'm just like okay cool like like I, I mean del toro i'm already there anyway but like yeah he made he made it a unique and special film and yeah, that motion. Yeah, I mean that's the last the movie I saw was Welcome to Marvin. It was, um, I think it was stop motion, but it was animated and it flopped. Like nobody saw it, I think. But it was a cool movie. the The way they were shooting it with some action figures type photography and stuff like that, I really liked it. Uh, what was the title again? Welcome to Marvin. Hey, wait, is that oh. the Robert Zemeckis movie? um i think so steve, steve it has carell. um yeah steve carell right yeah yeah um right yeah I, yeah i think it's also based on a documentary if i'm not mistaken too so it's kind yeah of like you're right you're movie. right yes yeah. yeah yeah it's it's like a weird it's like a weird mix of a movie kind of thing or in terms of like yes. how it got made and how and how it it, it, it came about and everything i i, I thought it was cool yeah, a budget was anywhere from thirty-nine to fifty million. It only brought in thirteen million. Ooh. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, it's like, why? It's like it sucks because it's something unique and different. But people were just like, eh, pass. Like, and, that, and that's the yeah. thing. It's like when it came to the first Sin City, everybody was like, oh my god. And then all of a sudden, it's like eight years later. Like, here's the second one. They're like, yeah, we don't care anymore. You know, and that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, Sin City 2, I feel it was kind of a mixed bag of a lot of different things because one, a lot of the the you know the hot iron had had cooled, yeah. um, like a good portion of the original cast had like died, so you had to recast a lot of things. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know you could just feel that it wasn't the same the same like thing coming into it. Robert Rodriguez, if he had just if he had made it two to three years later instead of you know nine, it it probably yeah. would have been a lot different for sure. Oh yeah. But um, but yeah, I still don't. I don't go against that though. Regardless, the 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 Sin City model, or at least the style, like this needs to be utilized in something else or enough. Or, but again, you need a director that's going to, you know, go in there and just you know just you know you know on on the ground running, just just going. You know, Spider Man Noir is right there. It's right there. You could do it. It'll make money. It's Nick Cage. It's Spider Man. What else do you need? Are they gonna? Isn't it gonna be live action though? 
It's got to be live if action. They make live nothing. action. It will make more money. Okay. Okay. So they could still probably do like okay. Even though if like Nicolas Cage is not the live action actor, he could still do the voice, right? I mean, yeah, like Mandalorian. Like like Pascal. Yeah. yeah. He he's just the voice. I mean, yeah. that would be smart if you just did something like that. And then if you had it in a Sin City type of manner, that would that be amazing. Would fucking be awesome. You know, but it's funny too because when you see like you know, and this I was even thinking about uh, this now. Because of, uh, you know, even recently, Mr. Uh, Jeff Bridges made a funny joke about it when he was on the round table. <laughs> oh, my God. That was, that was perfect. That was so perfect. But, I mean, look at Tron. You didn't see anything else like that. And that was like animation with live Tron action. So but you watch that. Even if you watch it now. I mean, this is like a movie that was made 40 plus years ago. 1982. I think 41 oh, years ago. Yeah, 41 years ago. So there you go. And you watch that movie now and you, I mean, if you're not a stickler, like some people can be, and you just go, Jesus Christ, they pulled this off then. Like, it's just one of those things like that would, I mean, even if you, I mean, obviously with the technology that we all can have right now to do amazing yeah. things, that would be difficult AI. to pull off now. Yeah. Tron would be difficult to pull off now. Like that kind of style animation over people and everything like that. I'm like, you know, and I'll, I'll rewatch that movie every now and again and just be baffled. Like, wow, they pulled this off in the early 80s. And I'm just going, how the fuck did they do this? And still, but, and, and you've got Jeff Bridges, you got yeah. David Warner. I mean, it's Earth box lighter. Come on. <sighs> It's still, you know what? I will defend that movie because I, oh, it is oh, so oh. enjoyable. It's so enjoyable. But, yeah. I mean, you watch that. I mean, but nobody else really tried to. I mean, maybe there was other movies that tried to emulate that because it was a success. But at the same time, it's just it's just crazy when you see movies that attempt to do these crazy things. Going back to even like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I mean, that, I mean, how was there not another sequel or just like, uh, you know, five other movies that came out with the live action with animation, you know, characters. Oh, what? You, what cool World didn't do it for you, Dave? <laughs> See, that's the thing. Cool World came out, but it was a very adult, so it did. No, I watched Cool World a lot with Kim Basinger. Kim Basinger and Brad, was the reason I watched the movie. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Kim yeah. Basinger, of course, was. Oh, huh? No. Pink Panther? No. Oh, no. that. No, <laughs> watched that one. So that with. Oh, sorry. You didn't watch Pink Panther? Um, I mean, are, are we talking? Are we talking the original Pink Panther with? Um, no, the uh, the live action one where he's a cartoon in the movie. Is that the uh, one with Steve Martin? No, 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 no. I don't no, even. We, we're yeah. talking. Am I imagining this shit? How does Scott not know this? There's the Peter Sellers <laughs> original, and there's. I mean, there's a cartoon show. They had a cartoon show. Yeah, there is a movie, The Pink Panther. Who yeah. started film series? Uh, it was Peter Sellers, and then they did the Steve Martin uh, run, Remake, and like, yeah. yeah, and then I think they're going to do it again with somebody else, yeah. uh, again, as Clouseau, but I don't know. If You're I'm thinking of the Steve Martin one, right? No? Hold on, there's an the there's a very old one. There's one from 1963. Right, that's, that's, that's Peter that's Sellers. Lawrence. That's a Peter, Peter Sellers. <laughs> But I'm looking for a more modern one because I remember You're looking that. You're the Steve Martin version, case. There's a 1993 version. Okay. Okay. You weren't even. No, old never mind. <laughs> I wasn't born by then. Neither were you. Uh, yeah, I know. 
I know, right? <laughs> Even Phil's shaking his head at that. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys, do you guys want to hear a fun fact about Tron? Okay, yeah, these oh, are the 60s movies. Absolutely, absolutely. So Tron uh, uh, tried to get nominated for uh, Best Special Effects, but the Academy wouldn't let them do it at the time because they had used computers for that, you know, the animation, and they said oh. using computers was cheating. Wow. What? I heard yep. that. I've heard that. I actually have wow. heard that fact. Yes. Yeah. So but didn't that, Star that, Wars that's use that? Are, that's how people are treating AI right now. <laughs> anyway, right, kind of. Yeah. Shots yeah. fired. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, this is this is this is IMDb trivia, so I'm assuming it's 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 legit. But I mean, I'm trying to think how much in terms of what Star Wars actually did in terms of like and like how much of a computer because they didn't. I mean, These I don't models know. Models for most. I mean, it was. Yeah, I don't know if they use it to actually animate things because, like, if you how would Tron, they create um, the lightsaber effects and yeah, without the. That. Yeah, they they need a computer and the lasers and all that. Stuff. Yes, like, they were yeah. reflecting lights, and you know that was that was animated overlay. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so so not okay. I get what you're saying because, like, in 1982, maybe it was like, I mean, I'm assuming that ILM did right. Tron. Yes, yeah. I think so. So oh, okay, so Tron, like, so like in Tron, right? Like when they have the um when they have the suits on and it's all lit up like that and everything. Yeah. Someone had to go in and like draw that in and like, paint yeah. and yeah. paint it basically. Yeah, for every single cell. Paint it black. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. But like, so I'm assuming there's like in that form, but like there's literal full computer animation within within the movie, and I guess they were using that as like a special effect, and 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 or they were trying to put that in there, and they they I I, I mean that's what I'm assuming it happened because the whole movie they were like no we can't you can't submit it because you used it. For the sequence, and so you can't submit it for because the bikes were definitely computer. Yeah, the bikes and the uh, those uh, the rectifiers, right? I believe that's what those. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. So I love I love Tron and the the legacy movie, and I was really bummed out we never never got any more. Like that. that's another thing too is like Tron's. Aren't they making an, Aren't they making another movie? They're doing a. Well, they're doing a Jared Leto thing, I think. But I. But I yeah. think it's meant that's to be been a reboot. Worked for so long. Oh, yeah, I know. And that I want still a development. Uh, the same director to come back and do it. He who was the director again? His, the guy who did um, Top Gun Maverick uh, did. did yeah. Legacy. I know. Yeah, that. it was. Uh, what the fuck's his name? I can't remember his name. Give me. Shit. Give me a second. It'll, it'll Joe. Kirk. Oh yeah, no. Krasinski, Krasinski, right? Joseph Krasinski, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That no, movie that's... was amazing. It's one of my best experiences in a movie theater. I watched it in 3D, and yeah. the 3D even was amazing. And just the music and everything was perfect. Back back then, when everything because it was only so many years after Avatar, so I mean everything was 3D for a while. But that movie, and I think. Scorsese's Hugo were the only two movies that I really felt really utilized the 3D stuff other than other than Avatar in terms of like making it feel like a real like full yeah. experience in the theater and stuff like that. So, yeah. So I think they did a really good job. Um, but like I was saying earlier, I think the Jared Leto thing is going to be a reboot. At least I think that's what I've been hearing and stuff. If that's if they end up actually even doing it, if it if it's not Wasn't that a sequel to Legacy though? I don't know. I I, I I had heard that it was meant to be a full a full reboot Super or re- retelling oh, it. Yeah, or something of that nature. I don't know. I, these legacies and their reboots. 
God. Well, I mean, what what's so weird is like it just seems like Tron just never. You have we have literally two movies and that's it. But it's like really because I mean this is such a unique story, a unique world. And when you watch the original, and if you respect, like, wow, this was in 1982, what the fuck? And then you see the sequel, and you go, wow, that's kind of a cool little follow-up, even though, like, yeah, if you were to watch it now, the whole de-aging Jeff Bridges, you might go, holy (laughs) shit, what the fuck is that? (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, you're just kind of like... It's a still, I mean, the story was still computer program. So you you can kind of, so you could pass it off as that. And the story was still good. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, and how is it like, it's just the fact that they just go, all right, we tried again and that's it. And then maybe we'll try it again. And, and if it's going to be a reboot, that just seems pretty much, pretty much what happened was it was 2010. Disney wanted to make real money. It only yeah. made four hundred million worldwide, yep. which was lower than what they'd wanted. They wanted it to be probably an eight hundred million plus movie, and it wasn't that. And then a few years later, they got Star Wars. And once they got Star Wars, that was it. Like you know, they got their they got the franchises they, they needed to get. And you know, before then, they were trying to make franchises out of all of their um, their rides. And you know, Tron was coming back, so they were trying to utilize stuff that they had. And they just realized we have enough money. Let's just buy the rights to other stuff, and then. And then utilize yeah. that. Basically. Yeah, because these movies are super expensive to make, and yeah. they cannot, you know, reduce the budget on that. It just won't look good. So they need to make that movie good, and then they also need to spend on marketing and then the profits. So I guess it wasn't viable for them. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but I mean, Tron is still a very well-regarded property. I mean, whenever you go to, I think they just added it in. They had it in Japan. Now they have it in Disney World. They have the the Tron light cycle ride that you can go on and you can be on the bikes and like the bikes go through. And so the legacy like the or the um, the uh, the look of Tron is still so iconic. Everyone knows it, whether whether they know the movie or not. It's a very well. Teen Titans Go did a fabulous um, homage to it in one of their episodes. Nice. nice. And And it's one of those things like like what Teen Titans Go does, which is. You only get the joke if, if you watch. Yeah, if you've, if you've yeah, watched yeah. it. So the whole episode is like, yeah, this is Tron. I get it. The, <laughs> the reason I went to Tron is because you had Dexter's Lab, you had Family Guy, like joking about it and stuff. And I mean, <laughs> the original the original Tron was just this cult classic because <laughs> in eighty two, in eighty two, there was this idea of like all the computer programs and stuff like that like like what we know to be like common stuff that we talk about now in terms of computer and computer language like in 82 to a to a general audience people didn't understand users people didn't understand like you know the the general idea of, i watched oh, reboot i got it thank you yeah, yeah no i mean but again reboot came after tron right after so, tron, yep. yes yeah That's what, so i was i was gonna bring that up i'm like reboot was probably inspired anyways go ahead no but like uh tron is just this huge influential thing but yeah at the same time legacy wasn't viable for them i guess and like and it was just the timing because all the other stuff came in later but tron i'm hoping whatever they make next i hope it's connected to the original movies rather than complete yes because i don't think you need to you don't need to erase that because like those are very known well-known movies and i think they have you know a a lot to offer and they're they need and they're trailblazing movies like once again i feel like that's been a a 
uh, recurring theme of our discussion tonight is we've, we've been sucked in the world of reboots and rehashes and repeats. Yeah. And what's the thing that when it hits now, it's hard to get it. It's because it, it takes work. It takes vision, but man, but with the stuff that really hits and makes us lose our shit is when someone blows our pants off with something that is innovative and original and trailblazing and it's something we haven't seen before. And it takes so much work to do it. And frankly, people don't want to put in the work. Yeah, I just think I think, too, at the same time, you need you need a studio that's confident in the product and, and supports the people like you know that want to make this big thing you know so it's like you need you you need both weird to me that sony can do what it does in like live action but then like sony animation like frankly tell me sony animation and the only thing i can think of are the spider-verse movies it's like you know Uh, that's the emoji movie Oh, <laughs> no boy, no! It's one of the no. worst movies ever made. Yeah. I I remember when Spider Verse got announced, and they were like, "It's going to be about Peter Parker and Miles," and I was like, "Okay, whatever." But knowing it was Sony Animation, I was like, "Ooh," because at that time, Moji, I was like, "Well, yeah, <laughs> good yeah. luck." And then the movie ended up being this like masterpiece, essentially. And I was I was just again, I was just completely blown like blown aside like i didn't i didn't expect it to be as good as it was like i and it's yeah who it, made uh mitchell's versus the machines uh i think maybe disney i think it's on no that was net that was on netflix well, i was gonna say it's through netflix but there but but netflix might have just produced it or put it out but someone would have right, had they to... distributed it um yeah was it, was it made in house or was it outside of netflix um, and uh the bad guys it was sony sony Okay. Sony, right? Sony yeah. was Mitchell's versus machines. Yeah, yeah. Mitchell's honestly, yeah, very similar vibe to Spider Verse and Lego Movie. Um, but I, I like that one as well. I thought they did a very good job. Yeah. I didn't think, I don't think it was a masterpiece, but definitely a good, a good like good oh, vibe movie. Speaking of Lego Movie, yeah, the Lego Declan lost his shit when the Lego sequence happened in, no, I'm sure. in, I'm in sure. Across the Spider Verse. He, he literally cried out, "Lego Land!" <laughs> <laughs> and I just went. You're not wrong. And then, of course, <laughs> that was that was like one of our clearest uh, sounds of J.K. Simmons as yes. Jameson. I just loved I just loved just like with Lego. It really itself, too, was an advertising because one of the newest Lego sets that came out in the past year was the Daily Bugle you know, set. <laughs> oh, wow. And of course, that shit is expensive. Yeah. Oh no, I heard it was hugely expensive. Yeah, it's like, but, yeah. like you know, five hundred dollars. You know what everyone Ooh, wow. was talking what my family was all talking about when came to the Lego sequence was when Peter is talking to Miguel on his little communicator and he goes boop boop boop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that is that Lego is that Lego movie humor? Yeah. It's, it's great. I I'm really bummed that the, the Warner Brothers Lego stuff didn't do better because I did enjoy Lego Batman. I did enjoy Hell Lego yeah. too. I want to see more of that stuff, and it just the second reason. one and Ninjago. I think because of those two, they stopped making it. But they should have made Lego Batman two for sure. Dude, yeah, Lego Batman was just there was that. I mean, that it was, was a art. Feat. That it was, was, just, that was, it was any anybody who's a Batman fan just going in there just you're 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 a, you're a, you're a kid that. in a fucking toy store. Just walking yep. around like you know, oh my god! The- I can't believe all the callbacks, everything that were in there. Again, when they were naming off 
the villains and just anything that he i mean the the songs they even did the bvs dead parents yeah Yeah. yeah. iron man talks batman and robin going to the fortress of solitude and superman the justice and the justice League (laughs) having a party behind that yeah back and you got all the classic super friends there i'm like oh my god yeah Yeah. it's a great movie honestly and it's unfortunate that there's and no will forte is a great he has a great batman voice i mean yeah he will will Arnett. Arnett. Will Arnett. i said forte that's the other will sorry yes will Arnett. yes forte. um <laughs> that's um but, mcgruber yeah yeah mcgruber uh yeah but no will arnett i mean i'm a big arrested development fan so i've always loved Same. Oh, i love that show um, oh you know yeah. what first time i ever saw will arnett in anything let's go to prison oh god Have i forgot about that prison? movie dude him and dax shepherd Oh, that movie's fucking hilarious. And Michael Shannon's in it, too. Michael Shannon's in that movie? Yes, Michael Shannon watch. is in that movie. Is he, who, does, who does he play in that movie? He I will plays, watch it. Um, oh, how do I describe this role? Uh, he plays a prison inmate who is covered in tattoos and um, <laughs> uh, at, at one point is confronted with Will Arnett's character. Just, yeah. I'll just, I will just say that much. Okay, that's because fantastic. I was... Sorry, go on. <laughs> He's just so <laughs> like when you see Shannon in this movie, you're gonna be like, "Fuck yes, it's so damn good." I, I love Let's Michael. Michael Shannon to me, not just because I love uh, Man of Steel and Zod and all that, but like he is just a fearless actor. Like I was just rewatching because uh, my friend hadn't seen Bullet Train yet, so we're yes. watching Bullet Train. Okay, Bullet no great. spoilers. I still haven't. I own Bullet Train. I still oh my god! Watch my god, Train. Scott. Come oh, on, no. you gotta watch it. Not watch it. What? It's one of the, the best Netflix one that year, dude. Okay, you know what? No, I not the Netflix. Oh, it's on no, no, Netflix, no. but it's it, not. It was a oh. it, it, it was a theatrically released movie, um, and not not sponsored by Netflix, but it's on Netflix, and that's kind of actually where everyone has seen it now. Is pretty much on Netflix, but it is. It, I wish I had seen it in theaters. Because I watched it, I watched it on streaming late later, and then I, I think either on Netflix or I found it somewhere else. But uh, that to me actually was a, a huge surprise. It was one of my favorite movies of last year, um, not at the very height, but but I, I'd say it, at least in my top ten. I I was amazed at how well crafted that movie was. Like the cast was incredible. There wasn't one role that was wasted. They had. Um, this isn't spoilers. We're talking about the Brad Pitt movie, right? Yes. Yeah, the Brad, the Brad Pitt okay. where they're on a train and they're going in Tokyo. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the cool movie. Yeah. The uh the not the conductor, but the guy that collects collects the tickets in the movie is played yes. by Hero from Heroes. Um, yes. And even that role doesn't go, he has like no lines, and even that is not wasted. He just shakes like, his head, right? Yeah. Yeah. But but it's 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 utilized well. Like I can't explain it more than that without spoiling stuff. But like um, it's one of like I loved Brad Pitt as Cliff Booth in Once Upon a Time in, in, in Hollywood. Yeah. But yeah. But even as much as I love that movie and his performance, I can argue that's yes. just Brad. That's Brad Pitt playing Brad Pitt basically. Yeah. Like he's just a cool guy naturally. But Ladybug, his character in Bullet Train, has like a real personality. He's yeah. just like I don't even know you, man. Like he's just he actually yeah. has like this vibrant thing. Like going the whole tri- the, the concept though. is just the fact that he he's just trying to do a simple job, and he's like, please, I don't want to like kill anybody, and he's just wrapped up in a crazy fucking hitman. Sat, you know, like yeah, there's all this the standout the standout characters from this movie though are played by uh Aaron Terrell Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry. Yes, those uh, two okay. just yeah. amazing. Lemon Lemon and Tangerine. Lemon and Tangerine. Yes, yep. yeah. 
Uh, Those two are great. Interesting trivia. Uh, One of the reasons that Brad Pitt's character is named Ladybug is because the novel that the movie's based on, his character was a female. Oh. It was a female protagonist in the original Japanese novel. Wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Damn, they unwoke this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Very true. Yeah. No, but yeah, Scott, you need to watch it. I mean, you gotta remember, life's been a little it's, rocky yeah, for the past yeah. year. I saw that movie. I saw that movie on this? the plane, and it is and like when the plane was landing, it was like, Bleh! and then like, the train was going like crazy. I was like, Bleh! I was still like I was in the movie. I was like, oh shit, where where? It's where, kind where, of in the same out? style as uh, Cade and uh, gunpowder milkshake i know because yeah. i really loved gunpowder milkshake's fun i yes. really loved kate um gunpowder milkshake was one that was like I, you know you swung big you just didn't quite <laughs> connect for me but uh but i, I love really, kate really like the cast of gunpowder milkshake yes karen yes. gillen was great i yep. thought and just every one of that cast was phenomenal carlo Giugino. oh, oh. my god yep. yeah yeah, wow. and then it's like just always one of those where you say your name, I go, huh? Okay. Oh, oh, I'm brought back to Watchmen. Hello, Sin City. Before that, okay, yeah, that's right. Enough, that's yeah, right. yep, yep, yep. So many things. So that, many. That, that that woman is just. Oh, anyways, go ahead. Oh, you're done. Okay, <laughs> you know, uh, where's your cigarette, I, I, Dave? So am I. So am I. Oh. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, like, what the hell did I walk into? No, but uh, what were we talking about? Um, we oh, oh yeah, we're talking about bullet train. train. Bullet yeah. train. No, that was a fun but apparently one. there's there's a reportedly going to be a sequel. Yes, I guess. Is yeah. it David Leash again? Hope yeah. I, I would kind of hope so. Good. You can't, you can't. I mean, and then and they, you know what? The, the what if it's... Said, the report said that you know there's a bullet train sequel that's going to be happening. Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock are going to be in it, and then they were talking about Margot Robbie. Right. Also, okay. You know, who, you know who else should be in it? Who? Ryan fucking Reynolds. Well, because okay. he was in the first movie. Okay, you just yeah, I know. Well, we didn't mean to spoil it. For oh you. fuck, damn it! Wow, it's okay, but it's okay. Hey, hey, it's that's not, not the only fault. cameo. It's, it's not, not the only cameo. That's George. Yeah. Scott, Scott, just um, t- in the first thing tomorrow morning, just watch on Netflix. Get it out of the yeah. way. Yeah, then- <laughs> yeah. I, I think I tried to. I think something because I actually have the 4K disc, and I was actually trying oh, okay. to watch it, and I was having issues at the time. Haven't you watched okay. it? <laughs> because I'm busy, Axel. Anything, all right? I have right. three fucking kids. All right? If anything, okay, I give you a reason to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but you also got to remember that I can't just turn a movie on when I want Especially to. Especially an R-rated movie. Especially an R-rated movie. Yeah. Especially when as violent as Bullet Train Fair. Exactly. Uh, yeah. violent. It's pretty violent. So I mean, very, very that's violent. the only reason I can get in the animated stream because you know what? If Declan wants to watch Superman the animated series with me, son, go 
sit down. Let's watch some Superman. <laughs> you know, can can we can we talk briefly? I don't know if you yes. guys have seen Superman the animated series in a long time, but one of my favorite. Um, things we're about literally it. talking about it on a <laughs> okay. weekly basis. Okay. So, okay. Um, yes. Yes. Well, we I've have. I've seen the DC animated universe multiple times, but my favorite thing from, from the like in terms of re- recreating stuff because Bruce Tim and those guys always were you know re- retooling stuff was what they did with Toy Man and Superman. Animated. Okay. Oh, oh, let's say yeah. that because that's actually that's not this Sunday. Okay, that's next week. Okay, All so right. we we talk we're, we're you know so just we're just, still in last son of right. Krypton. We're still part. we're yeah we're doing last son of Krypton part three, and then the next episode after that is Fun and Games, which is the introduction of the animated universe's Toy Man. So okay, All just right. just put a pin in that because you don't want to take away our discussion for next week. Okay, fair enough. I, which is just a reminder that you should tune in on Sundays at 9 p.m. Central at Hero Film Junkie for DC Fanimated Stream. All right. That's what we're talking I'll be about. There. Yeah. Drink, yeah. all of you. All of you. That, that, that was a huge <laughs> oh, yeah, surprise. that's right. We should be taking I'll take your drinks right now. There, yes, there you go. And on that note, I'm going to bow out, gentlemen. It's, uh, okay. it, it, it's late. I got all it's the guests here. Right. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> if someone wasn't sleeping in my living room right now where my you know, big ass TV is. Big ass TV is. I would the be dead there. guest. Yes, I have a guest. My 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 uh, my wife's the dead guest. roommate and her oh. two sons are here. Oh, so okay. Cool. Oh, Scott. Before you go, um, I, I I sent the pictures to Junkie. Um, I posted on my social media. As oh well. yeah, he did. I got oh, I got. Yeah. I just wanted to say to you, I got the dark side and I got the Superman figures finally in. Scott, I don't know how you dealt with that thing. That thing almost killed me. I, I could kill a man with oh, just a video that you could watch oh, me no, dealing with that I was, thing. <laughs> I, I was telling I was telling Dave, um, I was like I had to I had to watch your unboxing video to make sure that I didn't fuck up my my dark side <laughs> and everything. And oh, you can't really the, see it right there yeah, no. the camera, but yeah, I'll send you yeah. I'll send you the pictures. Okay, yeah. thanks. Yeah, it's but, on uh, Instagram, right? Uh, yes, it's on. Yeah, it's on, I can tell it. So the uh, um, but I, I love the fact that it was forty six minutes in and Zach comes into the stream and we yeah. get this, this thing still isn't set up and I thought that that was hysterical so that that oh that, no, the that worst made... part was when Debbie was like oh it's still in the box <laughs> yeah. what the hell I know and then Zach was like yeah they've been doing this for this long and it's still in the box <laughs> oh, prospector he's out of the box yes but uh Toy Story two. But I love, but I, I I love that. That was that was great. That made that made my whole that made my whole day. So it was good to know that because um, I had a friend over and he was helping me take it out and we we had a struggle like without and then I had to I had to DD assemble and put it back. So he was I had a good Scott friend. Scott was sweating. I mean, oh, you could God. see the reflection just <laughs> like of sweat on his head. I was like, I felt bad. And then it was like, hey, here comes Zach. Here comes Zach. Oh, here we go right here. This is uh, here we go right. It's not coming on. Oh, there we go. Look at that. There it is. Ooh, oh. oh, yeah, he's got both of them huge. right there. Yeah, yeah, huge. huge. I still love the fact that you can see Steppenwolf's head underneath uh, Superman in that statue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so cool. It's really, really uh, it, the the did a fantastic job. They uh, the statues are extremely well detailed <laughs> and everything. Um, I had a joke though where, um, when I when I had to disassemble it, um, 
you know, you, you can take off, you know, Cavill's head because because it's interchangeable. And it's just, you know, and it's just the, you know, Superman doing this with no head. And I was and I sent a picture to my comic friend. And I was like, hey, guys, look, it's every cameo that he that he's that he did after out of oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. with the exception of Black one. Adam. But I but I had already forgot that movie. So it didn't it didn't matter, really. I, I don't blame you. Black Adam. Yeah. Trash. Yeah, I. I wanted to like Black Adam because I thought Rock was actually pretty good, like in terms of like, oh, well, it'll be cool to see him do this. But yeah, it was kind of just a, it was a mixed. Like mixed he's the, and... he he's the spitting image of the character, but the way they wrote him could have been handled a little bit more. My my biggest problem with Black Adam wasn't even Black Adam; it was actually Hawkman because oh really? I, okay. Well, I understood. Yeah, I, found I, well. I, I found understood... him to be so annoying as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, well, we can't. Oh, I don't well, know. That... That's the thing. Like, I understood the reason why they had to make that a point because it's Black Adam, and that's his that's his thing. And like, he he's the he's the gray area where he's like, well, no, if I have a dictator that's threatening my people, I'm going to kill him. And it's like, okay, fair, you know. But like, Hawkman talking about not killing to me is hysterical because yeah. Hawkman in the comics is a immortal essentially or a reincarnated yeah. immortal, and he has like a mace. And it's like, is that for peacekeeping? Uh, like, what is like what is I'm that? You know, sure. Wait, have you read New Fifty Two Hawkman? The, the yeah. title. He the title of it, <laughs> the title of his comic is called The Savage Hawkman. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. if it had been if it had been Jay Garrick or it had been um, Alan Scott, Ooh. I would have been like, oh, they're old school. Like, or even Doctor Fate. It. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, it could have been anyone else other than Hawkman, and it would have made more sense in terms of how they think about you know their job and how they and how they want to you know be a, a mentor or or to show other. Because again, you have the younger kids in the JSA in that movie. You get yeah. why they're trying to do this, but like Hawkman was like the worst person they could have chosen in the JSA to be giving yeah. like like people do. It's like it's like people don't do this, and it's like, bro, you're Hawkman. Like you've lived through years of genocide. You have and, a mace, like, you, and that turns into an axe. <laughs> like seriously, and I feel like you just like the JSA, which is. They just came out of nowhere in this movie. Like they weren't even set up. Like you had, yeah. like yeah, you had oh, new yeah. recruits like Cy- Cyclone and Pepsi Man. But like the others the, were like Doctor Fade and like, and like who, which other okay. members were there? The craziest thing to me <laughs> in that entire movie, because I'm a huge Barry fan as well, was Henry Winkler just shows up randomly yeah. in that film. I was like, what? We the? have two. Technically, we have two cameos named yeah, Henry. But yeah. Oh god, yeah, yep. yeah, yep. Okay, well, Scott's trying to leave. Oh, sorry, Before Scott. I'm sorry. Please, no, yeah. please go. Go, go to bed. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. Go I got sidetracked. <laughs> it's all good. I was like, oh, we're going on Black Adam now. What? Scott's gonna leave. I'm... All right, go ahead. Yeah, it's well, all good. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at scottdc27. <laughs> you can find my podcast, the DC Squadcast, wherever podcasts can be found. We're on Vero, Facebook, and YouTube with the entire network of shows at squadcastmedia.com. We are a fan-supported network, so head on over to patreon.com squadcast media where five dollars a month gets you over 400 pieces of exclusive content and of course every sunday night at nine o'clock central here at the film junkie channel tune in for dave and me to talk day you see fan animated stream this week we will be talking about the last son of krypton part three there we go looking forward to it scott get some sleep Enjoy your guests. Good night, dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'll Later. see all of I'll see the listeners and Dave on Sunday. All right. Talk to you then. That's tomorrow. See ya. They all for you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm in the future. Oh you. <laughs> yeah.
Holy oh, yeah. crap, the Snyder, anyway. the Snyderverse was just restored. Holy crap. No, I'm just kidding. What? Um, no, but... <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, but, that was one of the topics that was, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, amplified this week, too, is the fact that it's like, when it comes to the Flash, mm-hmm. um, there's always that debate, there's that discourse that, is it, you know, what, what's a canon to? And everybody... It is kind of funny because even talking about across the, the Spider Verse and canon, <laughs> that <laughs> was very funny. I, I, you know, yeah, like, I mean, I, right. I do love the so, fact that they 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 use that term in that. Uh, like, but I'm not going to spoil anything, but like, if to answer if it's canon or uh, not, I'd say yes and no. Yeah. See, that's the thing. But what's interesting about that, Axel, and I appreciate you saying <clears> that. But I mean, but at the same time, I. It, it all it also depends on who you're talking to. I mean, I know you're like you're like you're like right in the middle. So I could I, I totally respect that you said like yes and no because it's like yeah it's connected to it, but is it like does it feel I don't know I don't it know it doesn't feel it, it, like it like it yeah but because like it's a different world it's a different Director, person right. and it, yes different point of view yes different point of view and yeah of course things are going to be changed that happens even in the comic books you yeah. get a different writer you get a different artist it, things are just not going to seem the same even though it could be like oh it's a continuation of this i mean i, I mean i mean how many times do you see like a, a batman or a superman comic book that it, a story that's spread over like f- you know four different books that are just yeah. different writers and different uh illustrators and everything like that so you're gonna have like a different kind of aesthetic different kind of tone but essentially it's it's the same story you know i i kind of look at it like that i guess you could say because i mean it's when when people try when there there are people out there that are trying to attach it to justice league I, i i don't understand that because nobody wants to be attached to that piece of shit of a not even wb no Nobody does. Anytime now, when you see Warner Brothers, they promote something with Justice League in it. It's not fucking Justice, at least not recently. There's Even if they promote from uh, the 2017 version, they don't show scenes that are, you know, obvious reshoots and yeah. exactly they don't show those. They, they show the they ones show that scenes are, from like like the Shazam two trailer the that one time. Yeah, they they, they right. usually show like you know a scene from the Comic Con trailer that came out like in right. It's something like that. They they always show that. Yeah. I, they're always going to leave it ambiguous. Right. Which, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, which I'm, yeah. Sorry, go on. Right, which you know, like I would want them to like not mention just as like at all, but like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. That's besides, the movie like, that they keep saying, in- I, sorry, but I just gotta rant on for a bit. They keep <laughs> fans keep saying, "Oh, if, uh, if it's if this ain't Snyder, he didn't make it." And then they say, "Oh, it erases the Snyderverse." I'm like, "Yeah, what is it? Is it Snyder? What or do you want? Not? Like fucking make up your fucking mind, dumbasses." <laughs> the internet at, shit, at, at, this, at this point, you know. The- Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Paul. Go, go, Paul. Yeah, go, go ahead, Paul. At this point, as like a fan in terms of this stuff, in terms of me loving the Snyderverse and, you know, whatever, whatever you want to connect to it, basically, like maybe Wonder Woman or something like that. But honestly, as a fan, and I mean this overall, I mean, for the most part, I'm just kind of, 
I'm just kind of done with like the DC movies at this point. I've kind of just distanced myself. Now, granted, I'll probably still see, I'll say Joker two or the Batman two or whatever. Like I'll say like the Elseworlds stuff. But as far as like the main DC EU or or DCU or whatever the fuck it's called now, I've just kind of I just don't care anymore. Like I've I've just accepted that I'm probably not going to get what I want, and that's okay. But you know, if people want to go and go see the Flash. I'm happy for him and stuff. I've just kind oh, but of you're like, a racist if you watch The Flash. Whatever. I don't know. I just I think that narrative died down <laughs> years ago. Yeah. No, it's I it's know. still it's still popping up. It's, I just so you're not gonna see The Flash. Well, here's the thing. I probably will check out these DC movies eventually. <laughs> like you know, I mean, I still haven't even seen Shazam two yet. For God's sakes, neither am I. Mean, I. Yeah, yeah, neither I mean, me. yeah. I mean, probably me, no one has. I can understand that, but yeah, I mean, I'll I'll check it out eventually, but I'm not like I've decided to devote my time to like the stuff that I want to, you know, like here here's the thing. It's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like uh where like Star Wars is at this point, right? Where Star Wars is just now kind of fleshed itself out where there's like so many different iterations of Star Wars. If you're like, "Oh, I don't care for the sequel trilogy, but you know what? I can get invested in the James Mangold, you know, prequel film that he's going to work on or well, Star like Wars a movie." <laughs> Yeah, or whatever the fuck that happens. But all these different iterations of Star Wars are now kind of happening. And you're like, I want to focus on the on this aspect of Star Wars right now. Or I want to focus on whatever the Mando movie ends up being. Because I like that stuff, you know? And I want to focus my attention over here. So, like, as a DC fan, I'm more of like, you know what? I'm going to concentrate on the comic books and catching up on that when I can. Like, I like I know, I know later this year they're going to release the entire War World saga of the Superman where he's like a gladiator super. Heard about this, yeah. Yeah, Phil, and Phil Kennedy Johnson's run on it, right? Right, and he's, yeah, yeah. Supposedly, he's done a fantastic job in action comics, and I can't wait to fucking read that because I've heard nothing but good things. So yeah, you're on the yeah. right track. It, it's basically like Planet Hulk, but Superman. But I don't yep. care. Like, it's a great idea. So go for it. You it's know? basically the reason why Jonathan Kent is Superman on Earth. Yeah, that that the entirety of what happens and transpires in the in the the War World saga is exactly why Jonathan Kent is the Superman on Earth. Prior yeah. to the night terror stuff that they're setting up now, but yeah, right it's- and now, and now I think they're giving Tom Taylor a John Kent run, but they're also reestablishing Superman Clark Kent being yep. the main the main Superman again. So yeah, and they do that in comics all the time. But like that's me. I'm focusing on that. I'm focusing on basically the comic aspect. I'm focusing on maybe. I mean, I don't have much faith in the Suicide Squad game, more mostly just because no, of, like how yeah, it that's got delayed. Yeah, it's 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 probably not going to come out way, <laughs> the way I wanted to. It's it's you know, but like I said, I I'm at this point in time with how fandom is and how I am with DC. I'm just trying to focus more on the positive sides of whatever they're making and just kind of going from there. But yeah, but at the same time, Flash seems positive. I'm just saying. I don't know. See, that's it's the good. thing that it's I don't good. understand about. You know, yeah. That's the thing I don't understand about you know I, not wanting to see the movie because. If you love the DCEU, forget Snyderverse as a separate thing. Yeah. If you loved the DCEU up until this point, forget that even, you know, Ezra Miller's Flash is in it or Batfleck is in it. Like that alone should get you to the theaters. But uh, they are revisiting a major past event from the first DCEU movie. That itself, I don't know how th- that doesn't excite you to go watch it because. That happens all the time in other movies, like No Way Home. You know, yeah. brought back Andrew Garfield and all that stuff. Game, they didn't game, bring those directors. Yeah, and yeah. I, so that that ha- that's kind of the appeal of these types of movies. And I don't see like if you are visiting Man of Steel events, I don't see how that's not appealing to. And uh, I'm just so sick of people blaming like you know Andy Muschietti for all this stuff. Like 
I no, doubt I mean, I he was that. fully in control of this movie. No, I doubt. This was, I, no, I, I this was this this was this was a studio by committee film. I I mean yeah. I, I think we can kind of agree on that. It but, explains why you know Keaton's. Yeah, I think you know, okay. Keaton's awesome. I, I think to an extent okay. yes, but I also will say that this probably will have the stamp of Andy Muschietti. All That's over what it. I okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Phil. Yeah. Because I was like we even talking about that with Sean and was like. You know, as much as this is, and I even brought that up, I'm like, it does seem like there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. But at the same time, it just seems like Andy Muschietti and his sister, Barbara, they kind of went, all right, what what do we need to actually, you know, if we're going to... Because I mean, yeah, that's his sister. Yes. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was his wife. No, yeah, I, I thought the same thing actually. No, I, I thought the same. Oh well, exclusive. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Exclusive. No, no, that's, his that's his sister. Um, but it, you know, okay. but it, it at the same time, it's like they both had to just be like, all right, what is going to be working here? And they still had. I mean, yeah, there might have been a lot of cooks in the kitchen, sure, at one point. But at the same time, when it came when it came down to what needed to be they put it together they were the chefs yeah i mean i i i get it it's it's such a weird this yeah. movie's been in development for <laughs> i want to four I wanna, five six years and to, i think yeah. to that Seven. to that point i think to that point of make of like essentially like you know you have the muschietti's and, and in essence they are cooks you know and the flash film is in mm. essence this 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 feast we are about to feel and I think when you have the, the owners of the kitchen per se, in this case, WB yeah. and also the fact that he's had how many different bosses over how, how many years now between right, Walter yeah. Hamada, now James Gunn, yeah. Toby Emmerich, whatever. And it, it's just like, there, there's, there's so many things that go into the flash movie of whether or not any individual can want or will not want to watch it. And I think the fact that the film has so much positive word of mouth around it and yet there's just all these things leading up to not the making of the movie and then the making of the movie itself, along with other certain circumstances on the studio side. It's just been a very interesting journey just to get this one DC film made. Because as far as I recall, The Flash has been in development since like 2010 when David Gore... A week after. A oh, God, that's right. Yeah, it's A week, week after the first episode like, of pe- The Flash. People tend to forget like The Flash has been in development for almost damn near as long as Black Adam was. Yeah, like yeah. It, 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 it's it's insane to think about. It also and, looks very unique, though. I, I can't think of any other move, any other comic book movie that looks like the Flash. Like it has a very particular visual. I mean, aesthetic. like, and I like, think that goes right back to Andy Muschietti being the director because right. of his pers- his perspective and point of view. If you look at the It movies, they're done in a very specific kind of way. Yes. Yeah. I want I want to preface that I do. <laughs> That, however, the Flash comes out, like once it releases, or how I how I view the movie, whether you know good, bad, whatever, I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to fully blame Andy on really anything because of how the whole situation behind the scenes has kind of been with this with this film. Basically, I mean, it's I don't even I don't even fully blame like David F. Sandberg for Shazam Two because no, that neither movie, do I. Yeah, that movie got fucked. Like, I mean, all these things kind of they got flat fucked. out told and, him he he was on the way to to like one of the premieres or something and someone yeah. called him up and told him, Oh yeah, by the way, Wonder Woman got, you know, put out in press and it's just like, well, not press, but uh promotional material. And it's yeah. just like, yeah. why fucking why? And yeah. you know, we know I, why, I, but still I'll, it's just like, why I expect the same thing to happen, happen to Aquaman too. Like, James yeah. seems to be and there. I, and I, I really oh. dug the first Aquaman and I, 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 I love, I love, I love yeah. Aquaman as a character. So that movie is, yeah. 
personal to me for a lot of reasons. And you know, like, so many DC directors have been they've been messed with so much. Like, yeah, uh, it's like like we all know what Zack Snyder has been doing. That like, thread, yeah, like, that thread that David put out after the movie came out was very telling. He was yes. so frustrated. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, and what's David Ayer up to? I, I know he's isn't he making a movie, right? Or something? Beekeeper. Yeah. He's, he's on doing Beekeeper. Yeah. I'm not yeah, yeah. All right. And what's Patty he's Jenkins up to? Post. Like, you know, Rogue Squadron's yeah. canceled. What's she up to? Patty, Patty Jenkins. I Cleopatra. Feel I think she's making a Cleopatra movie with Gal Gadot. What? I think. Is, oh, all right. I don't know if that's happening. Man. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't, that's Be- just all I recall. Basically, what's from what uh, I, Oh yeah. Sorry. No, I was gonna say basically what I've seen with Patty Jenkins is that. She pretty much had all this stuff lined up. Then 84 came out, and then everything just yep. fell like dominoes. Fell yeah, dominoes, everyone yeah. for everyone acted like the first one didn't exist. And yeah. you know, but I also like, like she, she kind of hurt herself by saying like this is the movie that I wanted to make 100 yeah. percent and all yeah, she doubled down on it. I get, yeah. that. I get that she wanted to make an homage to the TV show, but I was like, you, you know, but it, then and then thinking about it, I'm like. You're really gonna do that after you made that awesome <laughs> thing that that you made the yeah. first time around. And you know, I mean, people like, are kind of disregarding the first Wonder Woman now because you know that image uh, that Zach put out of like the Crimean War. Like everyone is just. I'm just like, gonna say that she needed a stronger her. writing partner in '84. Yeah, Jeff. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. One hundred percent. She needed dropping, a better writing partner. Dropping yeah. Alan Heinberg, the main person who came up with the story for the first one. Yes. That was yeah. a big, big mistake. That was a big mistake. And, and, and we got a real, a real life Shrek lookalike. Again, it's Jeff Johns trying to be like, I can do movies. No, you uh, can't. Guys, I did comics. Uh, what do you you love Christopher Reeve Superman. Let's go make that. I made Gary Frank draw Superman Christopher Reeves even as a child. You know, that shit's uncanny. If there is truly anything that can complement Jeff John's mediocre fucking writing, it's Gary Frank's art. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pardon my French, but damn, that man just. (sighs) The last good book he wrote was fucking Aquaman. That was the last good book. I'd say, like, the good last one was uh, Dark Side War. I like that one. Maybe, 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 maybe. Not Doomsday Clock? Hell no. That book is I only a got bloated, boring mess. Yeah. <laughs> that book is get... a fucking mess. And the ending yeah, of that book not. led where? Nowhere. <laughs> they, they hinted at a Marvel crossover. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? The, uh, the, Doomsday, the Doomsday Clock to me was enjoyable, but more as like a what-if type of book. If it's something in like the That's main continuity, like. yeah. it's yeah. like, mm, I don't know about that. And like, he's still trying. He's still doing stuff like The Watchman or whatever the fuck. I, I dropped off. I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to walk away from this and, wa- and let this implode on its, its own. Yeah, leave The Watchman saw... characters alone. alone. I know as soon that... as I saw Flashpoint Project. Beyond, I was like, okay, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, that was him reacting to Death Metal because he's like, no, no, no. I, I have my continuity and you have your continuity, Snyder. Like, I guarantee you. He's haunted by the name Snyder when he goes he's to sleep. So... Yeah. Yeah. Pathetic. Oh, oh yeah, my God. <laughs> What a what a what and a got blown! His, and his what show Saga got canceled. <laughs> that I'm dude is sad. just all ego. It's so sad. That dude is yeah. just all well, ego now. Well, basically, you know, and it, it sucks that I used to like love his comics, and you know, I actually kind of yeah. looked up to his. And writing, there's no problem now, with you know, still loving yeah. those. Yeah, yeah, there's no, no problem. Absolutely. Like, you know, separate the art from the artist, but like, still, uh, it just sucks. But, D- Dave, I, I think I think I told you this on on the night of like us 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 meeting for like one of the first times like at the yeah. out, at the event. I, talking about Jeff Johns, I said basically, in my opinion, 
because you know if you look at jeff's contributions he was one of the main pillars of like you know the early 90s into into the mid 2000s of his like team titans run is one of the best runs in comics and yeah i say I mean, that like as as someone who's just not a fan of him anymore his 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 green lantern stuff is phenomenal like yeah his contributions to dc you know you can't undermine what he contributed but like like I was green lantern that was yeah yeah that... no. Brought Hal Jordan and Barry Allen okay. back. Not just Green Lantern. You have to factor in the entire color spectrum. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all him. Yeah, yeah, that's all but him. I, but I was telling, I was telling Dave that, like, to me, what's really funny because if you go into like Infinite Crisis and stuff like that, which he also wrote, it's like yep. you know, in a way, Jeff became his version of Superboy Prime because Superboy, yeah. Prime, Superboy Prime, yeah, starts out as this hero helping everyone out. And then he comes back into it later as he, as the years have gone on and he's trying to control everything and it ends up blowing up in his face and he ends up becoming hated by the so very perfect. things he's trying to save. And I can't think of a better <laughs> analogy for Jeff Johns than that, because like it's you so look perfect, at Paul, no, I'm serious though. Like it's, so it's perfect, really dude, I, spot on. I just feel like that's what's that's what's happened to him in terms of like once he got more and more power and (laughs) he saw himself becoming Feek, I think, and then it just it just backfired dramatically. Like on oh, it hundred percent was that because even they were talking about when they were um when they were doing that precedent thing where he was president for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. They did a video together, him and Feige, and they were talking about how they go back. Yeah, they go back to you know working with Donner and how he's gonna you know do all that stuff and of yeah. course he doesn't know what you know makes the MCU great and make makes it work. Of course he doesn't know that. Why yeah. would he know that? He's not a film producer. Feige worked on like fifteen or seventeen movies before that. Yeah, yeah. he worked well, on Green Lantern. The thing was is that Jeff Johns he fucked was- it up. Yeah, yeah. Je- Jeff Johns was a assistant to Donner, so in a way, yep. he considered himself working in movies, basically. But yep. the thing, I think the I think the real problem with Jeff Johns's mindset at that time, yes. especially when he was, you know, derailing everything, is that he wanted to bring the MCU formula. Like clearly, that's what wanted to happen yeah. to yeah. the DC movies. And Zach and those guys, the other the other other people, weren't doing that. They were doing, in my opinion, I think what they were trying to emulate was a good idea at the time. And I still I wish would be the the case to some degree because you go to the MCU to experience the MCU. You don't go to DC movies to experience necessarily Marvel. You 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 want to get a different variety aspect to it, like bring yep. something new. You know, yep. I mean. Growing up and and really getting into the comic books, I mean, granted, the comics are so and there's so many of them and everything, and there's so many different variations of you know what the tone is. But you can argue, oh, I go to Marvel because I want more grounded aspects of superherodom, but I go to DC because I want like the god level stuff and like how they deal with that. How do they how do they keep their humanity? There is a there is like a give and take of why you go to one particular product over another and like what you're trying to find there. And, and Zach understood that he knew about the mythology, but I think Jeff just wanted to make everything fun and enjoyable and hopeful because he figures that's what the general audience wants in general, where in in general, the audience that your audience wants to be surprised. That's what I think they really wanted. Well, when your mindset regarding these characters, everyone, no, I don't think that's really it. I think when you have a mindset of, this stuff is geared towards children, then that begins to alter your perspective on the overall mm. idea of what you're trying to deal with. Yeah. This, what about the kids? Yeah. The stuff, the stuff that brought children, fuck them kids. I don't give a shit. The stuff that brought me to comics <laughs> were the books that changed the, the status quo, you know, dark Knight. Yeah. Return, 
Watchmen, The Long Halloween. These are books that were not for kids. They were trying to do something that was very, very different. Now, granted, I grew up on the DC animated universe, which was a good, you know, algorithm of both where it appeals to both adults and kids is somehow magically. I mean, if I had to distill the DC universe into a liquid, liquid gold formula, it would be the DC animated stuff. But like Jeff wasn't even doing that. You know, he was doing a thing where it's like, no, 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 let's make jokes and let's, let's, let's keep it fun. And, and it's like, Zach's like, I'm dealing with extremely dark themes here. Like, I want to balance it out, but I don't. But this this is baloney. This is cheap. And people you know? think that Zach was just trying to be dark because he's edgy. No, well, it was deep storytelling. No, I mean, Man of Steel was extremely different from what everyone had known from 19, the 1978 iteration, clearly. But BVS, I mean, as much as I love the Ultimate Edition, and it's a great movie, but holy shit, that movie is not it's not for the faint of heart. It literally begins and ends with a funeral, you know? Yeah. And it's a lot of, it's a lot to process. And then I mean, you had, you can't, the spell, you can't spell funeral without fun. So, right. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Probably, <laughs> probably but, um, but no, it's true though. Like the, the starting point, like the, um, the, 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 the moment where everything was going to take off, that was Zack Snyder's Justice League. And they they didn't even get that far because Jeff kept tampering with things. And a he whole bunch served of- the entire universe to them on a fucking plate and they just didn't want it. Yeah. And the, and the yeah. worst part about it is, is that he was able to actually fully correct the mistake with the help of fans. And everyone saw what the finished product was going to be. Exactly. And the company still the like... The setups eh. are still all there. Yeah. I... I, it's hard to believe, but you know, regardless, like it's it's still just it's an interesting aspect to, you know, in terms of like loving comic books and loving movies, it's a really good thing to just analyze like what the differences are between even DC and Marvel or what they were at that time and like what they were trying to do, yet doing a similar story, but doing completely differently a uh, way about it and how they were going to yeah. approach all these different things, you know. Um, and it's just you know, sad to see in those like featurettes. Like you remember, like in 2016, there was like this short, this feature, this interviews on the CW, like bro, announcing like the DC EU movies and like you know Jeff Jones yep. there and like bro. yeah Jeff Jones uh, and Kevin Smith. I remember that one. Yeah, the CW. I was okay. so excited. I was so Dawn excited about that. Yeah. Dawn of the yeah. Justice League. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That and, and it's just so sad to see. It. God, he was so fake. Oh, yeah. Really I mean, fake. you know. They I think to kind of, to kind of to kind of piggyback on what Paul's talking about in regards to just overall excitement in regards to just DC on film, um, I can, I understand your perspective, and I think it, when you look at what's coming and what we have, more specifically in terms of what's coming, Gun Slate opposed to what we're getting within the next year, it's it's kind of like pick and choose. How, how do you feel about each different project? Right, like I, I know. Yeah. Myself as a Batman fan, I know Dave as a Batman fan probably have a lot of vested interest in Brave and the Bold. But when it comes I just to- bought um, Batman when it and comes Son to- the other day uh, just to read that comic. It's beautiful. Uh, but when it comes to Superman Legacy, that's a whole different kind of conversation right there. Yeah. Because that's a whole different tone, whole different director, whole different kind of, again, yeah. conversation. But then you look at any other project on that slate, like Swamp Thing. What's the appeal there? James Mangold. You look at Waller. What's the appeal there? The people who worked on doom patrol specifically uh jeremy carver and then you got something like creature commandos what's the novelty there oh these characters no yeah. one fucking knows about but it's animated so it's like all right yeah i can give it a shot but right. what we're getting right now like the flash it's it's really it's it's really tough because you know there are a lot of dc fans who have 
like their perception of what is DCEU in regards to whether or not they follow strictly Snyder's films and everything that does or does not encompass that. And there are some people that like, you know, some Flash fans that aren't a fan of Ezra Miller. Like, okay, sure. All right. Like, who gives a shit what Ezra has done? Like, they just don't like, you know, Ezra's performance as the Flash. Regardless of his... It, they may not like him for one reason or another, but but for whatever reason they prefer Grant Gustin, that and that's fine. But there's yeah, all, it, that same sentiment could be echoed for say Superman fans who prefer Christopher Reeve or Tyler Hecklin to Henry Cavill. It's the same kind of concept. But I think just on on a on a personal level, like I'm not gonna say I'm not interested in what Gunn has cooked up. I will say that I'm in a more wait and see you need to kind of impress me with what you're doing before I become more invested in it. But since yeah. you have a Batman project on that slate, I'm automatically like, okay, you have my attention. What will that attention bring? I don't know. That's yeah. that's kind of where I am too. And it's, it's kind of funny because I am a fan of Gunn and his movies, but what he's going to do now is completely new even for him. So yeah. we don't really know what he's never you know, done he's big gonna... characters before. Right. And, and for me, so I don't know what to expect. And even after seeing Guardians 3, the needle for me on his Superman movie hasn't moved at all. Same. I, I, even after seeing his the way he handles um, Adam Warlock and the way he flew around, I was like, I don't know if he carries this over for Superman. I don't know if I'm going to like that. Yeah. <laughs> I the way the way I'm looking at it, like you were you were talking earlier about that investment, like I I've been telling this to my friend, uh, who's who, um, we talk all the time, and he's he he is like we're we're comic book bros, and like I'm Batman and he's Superman, like he's always optimistic, and I'm more Absolutely. pessimistic, you know. And, Batman. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, he wants to remain optimistic. He's just like he's like okay, you know what? Like I love Man of Steel. I loved I loved. Uh, Henry Cavill's iteration, but I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see like what James Gunn does. And I was like, that's cool, man. Like I have no interest, like have fun. And he wants me to like be there with him. And I'm like, no, I'm like, here, here's what we'll do. Um, if this even gets off the ground, cause like, let's be, let's be quite honest. I think we all know that if like legacy underperforms, then the whole slate is in, is in danger of like, you know, getting retooled or, or whatever, you know, because, you know, let's be honest, the company who's running this, you know, they, they were, I think even the new owners still, kind of just work on like a whim basically at this point it's more it's more like regular studio executives at this point but regardless i said when the world if the new universe works and starts to build and actually gets investment from you like in terms of actually being good let me know maybe i'll jump back in like but until then like i have no i have nothing to it's like you guys were saying i I have no idea what's going to happen i have no nothing to latch on to like cut to 2012 you know dark knight uh, Dark Knight uh, Rises has like just wrapped up pretty much, and yeah. you know Zach has been announced to do Superman. That's something I can relate to because for me, I'm like, wow, the guy who approached Watchmen is going to be doing Superman. Superman, right? Right, and I'm like, and I know already without even thinking about it, I'm like, it's going to be completely different from Superman Returns. We're not going to be doing Chris Reed. No, I like, hope so. Yeah, yeah, but there there might be homages there, but I want to see like what this guy does. James Gunn to me, like I don't, I don't hate James Gunn as a filmmaker. I think he's done some solid stuff, but like I, I'm with you there, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I just, I have a feeling that the version that he's going to make is just not going to appeal to me. And it's more of like, 
it's it's more of the it's a tough call right because we don't yeah, really yeah. know what his superman looks like and right. he's ta- he's really when he talks about superman he does lean towards 78 more often than not oh yeah but he, as but as as dave has pointed out i think the best thing he could do is probably find a happy medium between 78 and man of steel yes. yeah to be fair to be fair though he he talks more about the hope and optimism which are you know characteristics hey, of superman, superman but he talks he talks more about the comics version than the 78 version. He only mentioned that once in his ranking or whatever, but oh, yeah, um, or he, he mostly talks about the comics. So I feel yeah. like he would try to blend up, uh, you know, some mannerisms of him. And he even tried to defend that one person was saying that, oh, his favorite movie of all time, uh, favorite CBM is just Superman Return, uh, Superman the seventy eight one, and he was like, just because I have it on there doesn't mean I'm gonna copy it, and he just wrote a whole yeah. paragraph. Well, we are we yeah. already got a copy of that with Superman <laughs> Returns. Right. Well, what right. do you mean? It's just gonna be a bunch of dick and for you. For, for, for me, for me as a as a comic book guy, um, because I love I love Henry Cavill and I love Chris Reeve's iteration. Just for me, it's because the timing is so distant. You can relate to okay, so pretty much, you know, the seventy eight version is an amalgamation of like the best stuff of the Golden and Silver Age. Pretty much, you know, you could even say that like it's almost two movies because the first half is kind of like a Golden Age comic and just all of these like deep themes, and then the Silver Age kicks in once Superman shows up and all of this more goofier humor starts to show up. And, but, it, but again, it's 78. It, it works for that, for that time. Never then, looked at it that way, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, I grew up when I grew up, my mother was a Superman fan and my dad had copied 78 Superman and Batman 89 on one VHS tape. So I nice. used to watch them back to back growing up all the time, but Very the, cool. uh, but then Man of Steel, like why I loved it so much is because it was a completely different iteration. Because also at that time before going in, I'm reading all of the more modern Superman stories. And Henry Cavill's version, to me, uh, amplified that more modern take of Superman. Basically from like 86 to like the modern time. Yeah. Like, and like where he's like a more three-dimensional character. Less, 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 less so a more like unrelatable version, basically, you know. Yeah, I think for um, me with Superman and Man of Steel specifically, I don't disagree about it being that that modern 86 forward version of Superman, but I think it also really brings him back to those those Fleischer Studio cartoon days yeah. where he was just that world hero. He didn't yeah. need to be truth justice American way. That he that was worse. Yeah, it was it was it Yes. Was yeah. It was and, really yeah. well done. <clears throat> I feel that James his intentions will not be like mean spirited or anything, or like he's not going to be doing it to like, you know, give middle fingers necessarily to Snyder fans. But I feel that James is going to emulate more. And we have to consider age factor here too, because James is more, I feel a fan of the goofier aspects of comics in general. I mean, whether it's Superman or whatever, but his, even, even with his age, he would have grown up more on the older version of Superman. I feel that his iteration, I hope it's more of a mix to be honest, but he's going to try to make more of like, I feel like a wholesome Superman. And I'm not, I'm not fully sure that it's going to come across as a relatable Superman because the biggest problem right. with super, Superman is, or I, I should say more so it needs to be more about, uh, it, you know, like it, it needs to be a good mix between Clark and Superman in general. But mm-hmm. the main so, thing is that, huh? <laughs> uh, I thought he said uh, in general, and I said Zod. Oh, Zod, okay. <laughs> but but the main thing is that I feel that James is going to lean more into the you know 
not necessarily Gosh G. Willikers aspect of Superman, but more of like, you know, it's like, okay, it's like the difference between watching, watching Superman 78, Clark Kent, and then watching the Superman animated series where Clark is a more serious reporter. He's not, he's not he's necessarily. George Reeves. He's not yeah. a bumbling idiot. He's yeah. not a bumbling idiot. A bumbling idiot. Uh, yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Nobody will believe that today. Part two. Yeah. Um, if you, yeah. uh, uh, I, I don't know if you guys care, but if you want to invite me on that, I'd love to come on. <laughs> but no, no, it's it's we'll fine. We'll get you on that. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. Uh, but 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 no, like um, even even Superman the animated series, I really just in, admired because I think it stepped away from the Chris Reeves stuff. It had that. It had that. Um, the colorfulness of it, obviously, but it yep. was it was a. I mean, Bruce Tim and those guys were like, hey, let's let's emulate Kirby. And Kirby was like, "Oh, you got to bring in Darkseid. You got to yep. have someone to face off." And that's exactly what they did. They made Darks like it went from Lex Luthor being a a regular Earth problem to being, you know, a whole other entity. You yep. know, and, it, and and in the meantime, they still tackled Brainiac and all this other stuff. But I don't, I don't know exactly what I feel. I don't know what to say about James and what he's going to want to tackle and stuff because, um, you know- I mean. Sorry, to, nobody to even, knows. To even like touch on the Superman the animated series in, in the same way that Man of Steel was, Superman the animated series kind of also opened up the universe in in a way that I don't think Batman the animated series could have at the time where they were making it the way that they did. Because in Superman the animated series, they they introduced the Flash, they introduced oh yeah Green Lantern, and oh, I forget was there one more? There was Aquaman. yeah, I think Aquaman, Doctor Fate, I think. And... Yep, no, you're right, Doctor Fate as well. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. I I don't know that you could have introduced any of those characters into Batman the animated series. Well, prior there was to Zatanna. The remix. There was Zatanna. okay. Fair there enough. Yeah, there was Zatanna. Fair enough. With with the Batman animated series, because again, they didn't know what the future was going to be. I think they were Very smart true. because they wanted to have mostly grounded characters within Batman's you know circle. Right. And that made sense. With Superman, you can kind of go all over the map because he's Superman. He can kind of counteract with almost anything that's happening to him. So yep. that was a better grounds for them to, you know, explore that stuff and everything. Um, and then and then they got sidetracked and they did, like, I think Batman Beyond because that was like an executive decision, but ended up being one of the most creative series that they. Seriously. That they, yeah. Yeah. But at and, the same time, too, we do get some crossovers as well, eventually. Yep. Yeah. You know, and that's why, like, when it came to Scott and I, like, discussing all this stuff, we were like, all right, let's go chronologically because if we go, if we jump to uh, the third season, yeah, third season of Batman, uh, which is technically they they did a whole, like, uh, animation change. And then, of course, there was Superman the animated series. And there's episodes where there's that. Let's, let's just jump to Superman and then we'll jump back. Yeah. So we're, we're, yeah. It it was a good choice to do that because they were expanding the universe for sure. When, when BBS came out and it was so different than what I had imagined it was going to be, one of the main things I kept saying between me and my buddy, my Superman and my and me being Batman kind of buddy and stuff like that, is I said basically I was like, you know what they wanted? I think everyone wanted the world's finest. Um, they did. That's what. Yeah. They, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But well, that's what even Zach said too. Yeah, and I mean, um, you know, I'm I'm glad we got what we did. Um, but you know, I would look. Here's the thing: I would have been if 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 I had been in the same position Zach had been, I would have just stolen 
from the entire animated show. I would have asked to have like Bruce Tim and Paul Dini and Alan Burnett, whoever wrote those episodes, to be credited as co-writers because I'd be directly just a, I'd be like doing a Disney remake of like just the world's <laughs> finest because it's such a well there's just such well-made episodes and it blends so well with their personalities and how I would have loved to have seen uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Wait, is Ben here? Good. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Jesse Eisenberg as uh, Lex Luthor interact with Jared Leto as Joker. I thought that would have been a great matchup. I mean, the the funniest thing about, about BBS and even uh, suicide squad um, is that, you know, those characters are kind of in this weird way, but you know, again, I still would love if they did the air cut because um, the the five the like, the two minutes we get of Jared Leto in yeah. the Nightmare timeline, I was like, that's Joker. I'm like, he's not maybe the best Joker, but that's that's Joker without without okay. a doubt in my mind. And even Jesse, who's fully immersed himself into the suit, uh, the bald head, and everything, I'm like, that's Lex. There he's he is. Gonna buy some land. <laughs> yeah. Well. God, I hope now, because I'm tired of that plot. <laughs> Canada <laughs> for yeah. the Riddler to hide out in. Oh, my oh God. yeah. Sorry, what? <laughs> no. Um, no, I would have loved to have seen the Riddler. Like, like, oh God. Was it, I mean, was it going, going to be Jeff years. Goldblum? Did we ever have that? I, no. I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, okay. My my choice would have been either Alexander Skarsgård. I've always Hall, said that. Yeah. I think I think Zack Snyder accomplished bringing to life adult versions of the Super Friends. That's yeah. Kinda, yeah. To me, that's the route he was kind of going down. Well, right. I mean, just imagine part do I guess you could say like I mean, yeah. obviously, like when we watched Zack Snyder's Justice League, it was very much it was continuing three characters that we've already established, and then bringing to life, you know, bringing to life three other characters, which was Aquaman mm-hmm. and Flash, Flash and Cyborg. Cyborg. And that, you know, like, you had um. Oh yeah, sorry. No, I was just saying, like, like they, you know, the fact that he had a balance, like he had to continue the story, but also introduce three, essentially three new. Ca- well, he didn't introduce them because obviously they were introducing BBS, but briefly with the the footage yeah. and everything like that. But then right. he had to flesh them out here and be like, "This is what's happening. These are these characters right here." So he had to do that, and so now I'm just kind of going like, "Man, just imagine what two and three would have been like." The fact that we already have these characters established, we already have, and then and then and then on top of that, having this nightmare timeline that has been part of this whole journey, because even there's a nightmare sequence in Man of Steel, if you think about it, when he, you know, yeah, yeah. Like sneaking Zod, into yeah. the, the 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 skulls and Zod and everything like that, that's a nightmare sequence, but it's not like an actual timeline. Obviously, yeah. when it comes to the nightmare timeline in BVS, that's an actual timeline that. If shit doesn't go well, it's going to get to that point, and we don't want it to. So, I mean, I I think that was always such a great piece of the story was the fact that we had, like, these parallel stories where it's like, all right, if you don't fix, like, and this is on Batman, this is on Bruce, if you don't fucking make sure shit doesn't go well, you know where it's going to end. You know where it's going. You know that shit. And to have Bruce have that burden on him was just always great and the fact that he was like at first he was like the cynical like i'm fucking done with all these people showing up you know and and, you know you pull a weed another one just grows in his place blah 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 he's all like and then all of a sudden he has a realization like oh shit i was going down a dark path i was about to kill this being that could actually help 
save the world. I had bad dreams. He can actually help save yeah. this shit. And you and know, I'm injustice league. I'm like a threat, you know, and he's an actual person. And then to the point, you know, and then just this this journey. I mean, as much as Zach was like, all right, I'm, I, I want to have this journey with Superman. I mean, just introducing Batman in the second movie, the he's second like, movie. well, yeah, well, this is also a journey for Batman as well, you know? And yeah. I don't know. It just sucks that and we... And, you know, you had, like, to, in Justice League 2, you would have probably have had Martian Manhunter as well. Like, you, like and I, I and if there was going to be a Man of Steel 2, I would have imagined that Martian Manhunter would have been involved. And, you know, you had Jon Stewart, which... Why are you flexing? Oh, because the show. No, because I, I, I was like, yeah, yeah I know. and like you know, like and hey, if you if people want that <laughs> Wayne T. Car Green Lantern scene, have that in the Batfleck movie. That's that that'd be an easier way. I'd yeah, I mean, I think I think personally, as far as the Snyder fandom goes right now, I I would suggest the best thing we can do for right now in terms of like showing our support and wanting more of this world. I mean. When I was I was talking with the uh, uh, the the AFP uh, rep uh, AFSP rep who called me about the statues and stuff, and I said, yeah, I just want to thank you guys again for doing this and just all the stuff that you're doing. This. And they and sh- she said like, oh yeah, well we love to you know have another you know thing of like this, and we were so happy with everything that that you know went on and everything. And I said, listen, I mean I'm gonna tell you straight out again, I I can't reiterate this enough. Like talk to Warner Brothers, talk to Zach. I don't care like what you have to do, but like get the cut of Zack Snyder's Justice League to other IMAX theaters because like I was I was I was lucky to get tickets to this. Like I know all of my comic book friends would want to yeah. see this in IMAX and this in this type of screen. Like um the best you can do right now is campaign and get it to be released even even for a limited time to big IMAX screens all over the country. Like I guarantee you like I know yeah. enough about the Huh? I mean, and the world too, but I'm saying like spread it out slowly, like get it, get it out. You know, I mean, listen, spread I think it. you guys know the Snyder spread fandom, the, the Snyder fandom would make sure those seats were filled, like without Definitely. a doubt. And if and if a small percentage goes to AFSP, all the better. Like that's yeah. that's what I propose to them, and I say the same to any Snyder fans out there. Like you know, I don't know. I think someone had already made hashtags like uh, yeah Z Z S J L in in IMAX or whatever. Yeah, we we yeah. There's been many. Uh, we talked about that and, in and, and, and then of course, just, I, I started posting videos about it, but, and the hashtag trended, but you know, but at the yeah. same time, it's like, it's almost like a little too late because even that night, like after, um, after we watched it and we were at that restaurant, remember yeah. Paul, like, uh, yeah. I was talking to, uh, Abdul and he even said like, I mean, that's where I like thought about it. Like that's when I was having a conversation with him, he's like, you know, he, he even said, like, what we should have done is instead of just trying to, like, restore the Snyderverse, we should have tried to get Zack Snyder's Justice League in IMAX as well as, you know, doing the hashtag for restore the Snyderverse. I mean, and then maybe yeah. that would have got, you know, because, yeah, I mean, right now, like, after, you know, four or five weeks out of uh, full circle or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as much as we were like, you know what, that would have been cool. And then we got the hashtag to trend. But at the same time, it's like, it almost seems like that's impossible for that to happen. Even though like we would love for everyone to get a chance to see it on the big screen because it's magnificent. I mean, my God. Um, And hopefully like when it comes to fan screenings, 
around whatever whoever tries to host them you know people can uh people can see that but sadly you know the masses is not going to see it the way it was meant to be seen which is what zach wanted he i mean that's why he shot it like that i mean yeah he wanted everybody to see it in this aspect but even you know what's what's funny about that too is like the fact that he shot it in that aspect ratio i mean i remember watching uh the corridor crew and when they were talking about um zach snyder justice like they even mentioned like the aspect ratio is really cool because it just it even if you're watching it on your normal TV, it still makes the characters look larger than life. Something that Marvel has not achieved. Like if you, that's if you what I'm that, doing with my fan film. Like I, yeah. I have that aspect ratio. Cheers. Yeah, but, it yeah. just makes it larger. It just for some reason there's just something about that that makes these characters seem like yeah they're gods. I mean when you watch it even on your screen, it's like they look just just grand you know and sometimes when you watch a marvel film you're like all right just a normal normal popcorn movie whatever the fuck but when you see it like that i mean even like watching bvs in uh the uh, art center the art center theater and you know some of those scenes not not all of them but you know the big scenes are shot in that aspect it just made it look a lot more just holy yeah. shit you know jesus christ even though it's not the an imax screen the aspect ratio just totally changed how I'm watching this movie right here. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just more of like, I'd like it to, you know, be out there and stuff, but I don't know. I mean, the fandom is just, and I mean, in general, I mean, just DC fandom in general is just like all over the map and just, it's, it's wild. What, you know, what people, (laughs) yeah, but it's wild what people have been able to accomplish, you know? And so, I mean, I don't know. I, uh, but I, I, at at this point, as far as me being a DC fan in terms of just what I've grown up with and what I've, what I'm reading and stuff, I support the stuff that I want to see. And I, I just, I just go from there basically. But like I said, I'll check out some of these other things as as they come out, like over time, like just, but, but but I probably just won't rush to theaters to go see it. Uh, I don't know. I I think you're going to end up regretting not seeing the flash in the movie theater. I'm just saying. But it was really cool in theaters. See, okay. I'm just saying because it's like just even saying. a visual effect and some CGI scenes were very, best, very so. trippy. Were yeah, very you have to like. I well, don't know how you can miss that. At at the rate that these movies come and go, I'll probably end up seeing it halfway through August. So if we're still doing streams, then which I'm assuming we are. I'll I'll probably I'll watch it and I'll give you guys my honest thoughts. And Once we'll the video hits okay. the earth, then yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was I was kind of dreading watching Shazam two in theaters, but I was <laughs> glad I did because the third act kind of you know is very cool. So I was like, all right, all right. Um, the, the part where he's recruited to the JSA. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay. I've, the I've whole heard lightning. I've, I've heard. I've heard pretty shit. much most of the spoilers from Shazam too. So you guys can go. Yeah, the movie. Oh, was no, yeah. Really not, well there's not much for. There's not much to spoil. Yeah, it's there's just the visuals not. were cool. Why yeah. the fuck is no, no, Tiara like, not on her head? <laughs> the final act. The final act. I thought was great. I thought yeah. that was like really, really strong. You know, leading up to it, it was a little rough for me. But uh, and then I even liked the Wonder Woman. You know, and I thought. I mean, it was. I mean, we all knew this, but it was actually revealed recently because Zachary Levi 
apparently they just keep pulling quotes from that from him but uh but he was just saying like oh yeah she wasn't she did her own thing and she wasn't on set and they cut it together i'm like yeah they cut it together pretty good because you know when it came to the cast that was a stand-in probably you know the same stand-in from you know the earlier so not really cameo but yeah from from what i know of what i've heard about the movie and stuff my biggest thing that i guess confused me because again i i love the original Captain Marvel, as we like to call him sometimes. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to me because he does have a rich rogues gallery in, in his own sort of way. And, you know, I mean, Black Adam and Superman stuff is always cool to see that interacting and stuff like that, especially since, you know, Fawcett Comics got absorbed into DC and stuff. But the uh, I guess I was just confused, I guess, from what I from what I saw of the movie or what I heard from what happens, because. Okay, you can't do Black Adam. Like, that's clearly not an option, right? Or the Bach doesn't want to have anything to do with the movie. So, okay. But there's so many more things that they could have utilized in terms of, like, Mr. Mind or, you know, the Monster Society of Evil or all of these. Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah. I think their biggest fault was making that first movie, praising that first movie as some magical you know great dceu movie it was just a normal regular movie they should yeah. they shouldn't have praised it that much and the second movie they just try to replicate the first movie i thought I, the second one was better but they they did a lot of things that were very similar to the first one i was very and surprised i think the like, fact that oh yeah go on go on Paul. No, no no finish your thoughts sir sorry okay and i just think the when they made original villains like uh Helen yeah. Mirren and uh, Daughters Lucy of Lowe. Atlas. Yeah. yeah, I thought that yeah. hurt the movie a lot. Like, no, not because oh. of those actresses, but like those original characters. Like, well, you know, no one knows who they are. You, you you got so Helen Mirren phoned I it think in. That was, that's for sure. Yeah. You, Sorry, <laughs> you could you could have put Meryl Streep in that in that role. Yeah, it would have come out. You could have. Yeah, but but she my thing. It. Yeah, my my thing is like, see, I I was one of the few people that really just generally. She was basically Tyrese playing Gibson. Zod. <laughs> or yeah. Tyrese Gibson as that character. That would have been good. Oh my I god! Loved it. But like, I I generally enjoyed the first Shazam movie. I think because I was yeah. really surprised by it. first like, Shazam I, movie is fantastic. Yeah, it's great. It, it works for what it is, and yes. like you know, it's not like the greatest thing ever. But like, I I bought the villain. I bought the magic. David S. Sandberg, I think, because he was a horror director, he actually integrated the horror elements really well. Like when the right. seven yeah, that one scene. Yeah, that, Dude, that's that conference, conference, really conference, Dude. conference uh, uh, yeah. scene. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. The, the, the opening of the movie where he's got young Thaddeus Savannah flying through the car. Right. <laughs> that, is, like, that, is, that is the most beautiful disaster I've ever seen. And and I feel I feel like a lot of these <laughs> movies are afraid to kind of like tap into that, like tap into this more dark aspect of the movies to Definitely. a certain degree. That's and, what they're scared of. Like yeah, and it's it's that, so. it's really sad because when they do tap into it, I think their movies do better. I mean, yeah. clearly the Joker did. I mean, granted, very different movie, but like the Joker clearly absorbed that, and it, I think it benefited them greatly. The Batman is a really fucked up movie, but again, oh, yeah. different thing the but, first wonder woman movie is pretty dark all things considered oh, yeah which yeah. uh cheers yeah. to the anniversary the doc, of that, right true yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yep the doc, went, the doc knight trilogy that's that's why it's considered yeah. to be one of the greatest trilogies yeah. like right but but shazam but dark. back to shazam i felt that david s sandberg did a good job because he made a point early in the movie that all magic is not good like it can be dark and fucked up and i like that because the old captain marvel books were like that too they made a point very clear like oh it's fun 
but it can also really, really have really bad consequences if not used correctly. And there's and also the foreshadowing that he did in that movie when he when you see Savanya as a as a kid and he goes into that world and when he's looking at that the, the ball and it's like lit light up in his left eye yeah yeah glasses beautiful beautiful filmmaking for foreshadowing i was just like i remember i didn't see that until like the third or fourth time i watched it i was like oh shit look what he did right there when when the kid when the young you know savannah like walks up and you see the reflection it's only in that one eye that eventually becomes that i was like oh shit sandberg knew exactly what the fuck he was doing i mean yeah and then that yeah like i said that office scene with the with all them and fucking everybody up i was like jesus christ that's pretty cool you know and yeah. then he did some of those elements when it came to the sequel when it, like i like the way that he he treated a unicorn i went whoa good on you i was like wow because you know there's a unicorn that shows up but it's not the happy hey rainbows and no it's a fucking yeah. evil unicorn but yeah my god and what arguably the second movie is darker than the first yeah uh, really? based okay. on some yeah. creatures and stuff all right well like i said i will check it out eventually so i'll see i'll see how it holds up and everything but i've heard the biggest issue with shazam 2 that a lot of people had is that all of the things that were bad about zachary levi in the first one are almost amplified in the series yes. oh yeah. yeah he's the worst part yeah. of the movie for sure yeah, That's yeah. What sucks. And isn't asha angel like the guy who like plays young billy about to play yeah. isn't he like barely great. in the movie yeah that's uh, the thing is yeah. they, they, cut, they cut his scenes so much and then david sandberg yeah and then david f sandberg (laughs) yeah pretty much because david f sandberg released more you know he posted deleted scenes that were of billy batson and the family that guy is so great he comes in for like two minutes and steals the show yeah Yeah. i mean that's the thing it's like it's like i have nothing against zachary levi he was in you know he was he got cast to do a role and the director told him how to play that role and I know a lot of people just always like blame him. Like, as like, dude, he's like, he, he was directed by somebody. And I think David F. Sandberg wanted to keep that kid aspect with it. But at the same time, let's face it, like, you know, uh, Mr. Angel, like probably, you know, from the first to the second one, he aged like fucking 22 years. Almost. <laughs> like it was just like the, the, the pandemic. And there was a lot of things that happened where it was just like, oh, man. So when it came to the Billy Batson scenes, and especially the ones that were deleted, I mean, he was, you know, he had a lot of heart, a lot of, lot of depth, and a lot of things that, that needed to be tackled. But, of course, the studio was like, no, we want Shazam, Shazam, Shazam. So it was more about Zachary Levi, and Zachary Levi was still playing the kid aspect. And I was like, that was not a good choice. Not a good choice because he still was – playing stupid kid as if the kid was like eight years old and I'm like yeah that's what got a bit too unrealistic yeah like, he just yeah that, like, like, that's that's the, that's levi's childish. exactly that's like that's like an levi idea of what a kid would be but a kid wouldn't be like that like yeah. do you know anyone who acts God. like that no God, was yeah. that nobody acts like, like that he was younger and forget forget even you know uh having that but even the characters when they turn into their shazam self they don't match so yeah. asher angel doesn't match with zachary levi and freddie mm-hmm. doesn't match with 
his, you know, it, yeah, he, he kind of um, does. He's got that the, the two exchanged would work even better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people when they saw even the first Shazam, they said it feels like Shazam is more a adult version of Freddy rather than Billy. Yeah. But they, but they argue too that like because the Shazam is like a different personality or like a you know yeah. Billy allowing. They to never explicitly say that yeah. though in the movies. No, no, I'm no, not. I was saying just people, people discussing Shazam one and talking about like, yeah. oh, you know, Zachary Levi's performance kind of came off more like Freddy and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, I can see that. Like in terms of what they were complaining about with the first film, but the second one, like I said, it's it's amplified. It's worse. Yeah, it's, it's way worse. worse. However, it's still not as bad apparently as the um, child actor in Black Adam, which was like a <laughs> like, doppelganger, yeah. bad clone of Freddy, and it was just like. <laughs> We need this. They even no, it. it was Freddy, but wasn't even likable. Like, I found it yeah. pretty annoying. All yeah. of, and you know, all I don't blame the the kid actor. He was no. He was I mean, he's, he's, yeah, he he came in, he did his job. But it, the weirdest thing about the movie, I think overall, because they even give the kid a skateboard. I'm like, was this really <laughs> done in the '90s and no one updated <laughs> it up till this time? Because like, you know, I he mean, was I, failing in any marketing. Like he yeah, he was only in oh, yeah. one shot. And that just shows, yeah, the studio was not confident in that. No, See, but they, already... they were really trying to do that whole thing again, where it's like a kid and the big bad, yes. you know, big bad super being. And it was like, all right, Black Adam's not supposed to be this. He's supposed to be like ruthless and like who gives a fuck. And yeah. it's like it's like they just didn't know exactly what to do. They, you know, I don't know. It was just I, well, that's, that's what I happens think... when you get the director of Jungle Cruise. I think the only reason the director is the biggest fault, yes. I think the only reason that they kept the kid, in my opinion, is because he's you know, eventually, you know, Black Black Adam has his own Marvel family. And, yeah. and eventually him and his mom, I think, were supposed to be ISIS. Yeah, she was she was probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, right. I at least I because you know, if if it had been successful, which The Rock was hoping it was going to be, they would have <laughs> but well, now he's back with Fast and Furious. Dude, I laughed. That is hilarious. So at the, I mean, I liked Fast. I couldn't look him in the eye in that yeah. video. <laughs> it's so embarrassing, dude. But that's why Gal, he wore sunglasses. Between Gal popping he's out of crying. the submarine and him and him popping up at the end, I was like, "Well, if that doesn't speak for Warner Brothers, I don't know what does." Like it was just, I yeah. But hey, you know, it's it is what it is. But you know um, the, the the fucking most ironic part about all that is. Black no. Adam made more money at the box office than both Shazam movies did. Oh, not not, yeah. not combined, but you know, in their box office yes. runs, I mean. Yeah. It did. All right. Well, it is pretty crazy to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but it was just it wasn't I mean, I think we all kind of thought it's not gonna But again, uh, Black Adam was costlier too, I think. Huh? Costlier? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it had, it had higher it had a higher budget because of the rock and because yeah. of his team. Um, and reshoots. I, they did reshoot it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think the Cavill thing was done almost like and last Cavill. Minute. Oh yeah, it was very yeah. Cavill, Cavill. Yeah. Cavill. That's all was that was talking about in the in the perm, in the like the press tour. It's like, oh, we got Superman back. I almost yeah. well, that's like what that. happened. Well, that's that's what happened. It was like they were trying to. He was trying to beat that into like, hey, you yeah. know, we're good in Superman. Uh, Ugh. No, so like a month. He was like world's finest is Black Adam and Superman. (laughs) 
a like month me. before the movie came out was the uh i think it was CinemaCon. i forget where it was but basically marvel showed their entire new slate leading up to secret like they announced secret wars basically yeah right comic-con and oh, then yeah. it, and then it went to black adam and oh, the God. rock was out there in a wetsuit <laughs> and way then around. he went to the q a and everyone's like so are you gonna fight superman yeah, maybe. I just don't know which one I'm gonna fight. And everyone's like, "Boo, boo!" And like yeah. after that, like Rock's ego was like, "Okay." And gotta, like, you could have had him. You could have had him on stage with Zachary Levi. Exactly. There could have been yeah. like a whole fucking thing where, yeah, yeah. okay, it's like you yeah. just had the, missed opportunity. You had, you had the Shazam panel, and it's like cool. And then you have the Black Adam panel where Rock literally is like on a platform being brought down to the stage in the fucking in with lightning and shit like that it's like okay you could have did something with zachary levi it had a whole thing but nope nope, nope. i and this don't, is don't think he likes comic-con this is no. at comic-con <laughs> which is where these two characters <laughs> where you should do it yeah. you should i mean and I this is where, okay okay this is where i hope that james gunn goes all right when we have to announce shit and we have to show shit, we're going to go all out. It's yes, fucking Comic-Con. Like, yeah. I would hope that even at this year's Comic-Con, if you're going to bring out like the some unknown person, the unknown dude that's going to play Superman, because I don't think it's going to be a name, bring him out in the fucking costume, in some kind of costume. I don't know. Thank you, Dave. Have him do the show. Make him fly. Yes. Make him fly no, no, around. I don't care. It's well, part of the game. Well, finally, like, my agenda no, is no, no, spreading. No, no. Have him make, do the shirt rip. That will that will that will generate a lot more hype and like. I don't. I don't know for sure, but I have. I have to. I have to look back at the interview and stuff. But I think even Zachary Levi, before the Black Adam stuff came out, they were like, "Hey, are you going to fight Black Adam?" And he was like, "No idea." Next question. Like that was it. Like he just. Yeah, I remember he that. Did not, yeah. He did not. He did not want to fight. I think it was like the whole thing. It was like you're essentially fighting kids. Yeah. Yep. Well, he should have known so, that when he took out the role of Black Adam. Yeah, I mean, you'd think, but I don't think he actually really cared about. Yeah. yeah. If I, well, yeah. he he said, "Oh, Black Adam as, is such a special character to me." Bullshit. As much as Dwayne Johnson me. said that, oh yeah, I've been trying to get this character. I mean, I think he just found a character that was unique, and he thought, "I can, I can make this something." You know, yeah, I and a version like of Superman. Thing. I don't think he actually cares about the Black Adam character no, as much. I don't think he does. I really don't. And now, I really don't. He's I gonna mean, go to Star Wars like next, him. and oh god. No, he's gonna be he's gonna be in Fast and Furious for a while, and also doing rock movies. Uh, yeah. Star Wars, that's a that's a leap, but I think he's I gonna think it, he's gonna awesome. cast himself as Thrawn. He's not gonna wear blue makeup. No, no. he's gonna he no. and he's gonna say he's I, I want to fight Luke Skywalker. I want to get my own lightsaber. I'm like, bro, fucking, you know, the uh, most he'd get out of that is probably his own lightsaber. That's yep. probably it. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Someone, what, color, what, color would that, what color would that be? The color of his fucking fucking Ooh. energy drink. Was I the only one who saw that? Bright gold. No. It'd be bright gold. Bright gold. Yeah. yeah. Bright gold. Yeah. That's probably what it'd be. Yeah. There was um when uh, Dave, when you were you were talking about the uh, making of the announcements and stuff um, with the DC everything. I don't know why, but I immediately. I think because I've watched the video a few times just for fun or it pops up in my algorithm. But 
the Ted 2 thing where it's like, and announcing the new Superman, Jonah Hill. And everyone's like, fuck. And then they and then they just run away from the panel. <laughs> and that just keeps popping in my head for some reason. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I saw somebody make yeah. that joke. Somebody made yeah. that joke on my timeline and they, they put yeah. I saw it on the timeline where they. There was a discussing film fake post yes. about Jonah Hill, yeah. and then yeah, yeah. someone and, posted it. And then the it was like, if you know, you know. They put the if you know, you know hashtag or yeah. something like that. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that whole thing. But yeah, I know it's it's that's where we're at right now. But I mean, like I'm like James Gunn, go fucking all out on Comic Con. Why not? You know that that's like the sweet spot. If you have you have to have somebody dressed up. For the panel, you have to have some crazy shit that happens. I mean, if 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 you're gonna if you if you have your Superman actor, if you have somewhat of a costume or something, fucking have him show up in that thing. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. It's just you. I I. Uh, I mean, I, when, I when Tom Hiddleston showed up, always has, and when he showed up as Loki and did a speech, that was a that fucking was awesome. amazing. I thought that was great. Yeah. You know, and I mean, then like, Johnny Depp did that as um <laughs> that uh, one from Fantastic Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Oh no, he Grindelwald. did it from uh, from a Fantastic Beast or Grindelwald. I'm gonna. But I mean, like my I, God, I mean, yeah. just have that. Just do it. Just lean into it. It's part of the gig. You have to sell this shit. That's why I was like, put on a show. Yeah, yeah. Put on I, a show because Dwayne Johnson. If like if you're just doing a solo show, it's not going to work. And if you yeah. had a show where you had Zachary Levi and you did like a back and forth, stared each other down in the costumes, that would have built so much more hype for that whole thing. Yeah. But at whatever. this point, at this point in the game, like I said, I, I go back to my my previous iterations of stuff where I'm just kind of like I'm not I'm not that invested, pretty much. But at this point with any type of like show or are, are you guys hearing that f- that feedback? Yeah, there's a little bit. There's a little okay. bit. Okay, right. I, I, I want to make, sure make sure that wasn't me. Okay, you're good. You're good. You're good. All right. Um, but regardless, I think at this point with these whatever whatever they're gonna do, I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, definitely try to advertise a comic con, try to get people invested. But that's the thing. Like, people at this point, people who are people Whoa. who are. I don't know what that. I don't know what that is. Who's who's who, who's who's? I don't know. It's all good. Okay. Well, overall, yeah, just I'm keep saying, going. We're gonna wrap up this thing soon, anyways. But so yeah, all, all I'm saying is that whatever they end up doing, James Gunn or not or whatever, they need to get fans to get trusted and invested before they even start to build anything. Because if you don't have that kind of trust or investment there's no there's no real point you know because you you can announce whatever the hell you want to announce and get people at least like curious but if they're not invested if they're not there like guardians of the galaxy was successful because you had built up to avengers you had shown that you could you could do a thing and get to an end goal people were like okay what's this about where are we going with this you got people you got people to show up because they were curious to see what was going to happen next and i just don't I just don't feel that that's like, you know, where, you know, r- right now they haven't built up that trust because the the universe has been all over the map these last, you know, five or six or seven years at this point. So, yeah. I mean, build the trust. If you don't build the trust, people aren't going to show up. Yeah. You know, that's plain and simple. Yeah. I think I think Gunn knows things and he knows like things that he has to do and probably hopefully 
That's what, I mean, that's, that's all I can hope for is like, you know, you know, make a big spectacle, do whatever you need to do. You know, you've been taking notes at the, at the Marvel machine. So imply some of those notes to the DC machine, but I do, I, I don't want, um, I don't want a DC formula. I, I hope that he takes that when it comes to what he has said, like, Hey, I'm going to hire writers and directors that are, that are unique and they're their own, you know, if it, and we don't want to have to like the same thing over and over again. And we want something unique and different. And I hope that it stays that way where it just gets to the point where it's like, all right, here's something fresh, you know, and, you know, and what's great about what's happening right now is, you know, at least with superhero movies, like we had Ant-Man and we all kind of went, eh, whatever. Yeah. It was whatever. The first one was good. The first one was, yeah. But but when it came to this one, it was like, uh, all right. And then we Trash. were like, okay. And then all of a sudden, like, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 comes out and we're all, whoa, James Gunn pulled some dark shit and some fucking, he pulled out the hard strings and he fucking made a great story. Sweet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we got, we got Spider-Verse that comes out and we're all, whoa, look at this shit too. So now I can only hope that, you know, and it seems like that's happening because so many people yeah. are uh, hyping the Flash that it's something unique too. It's like, okay, <laughs> we're going to get three unique CBMs in a row. And then, so now we can go like, all right, maybe there's no CBM or superhero fatigue that's happening it's just we needed some fresh stories, and we got three bangers in a row. Yeah, that's right. I'm using the, the, the bangers, time. you kids. Say. Banger. Yeah. Anyways, but I'm just saying, like, we got, like, these three in a row. Hopefully that'll be like, hey, the superhero genre is still is still going pretty good here. So hopefully. The, the main the main struggle and the main thing, that, uh, and I'm talking for both DC and Marvel, whatever they end up doing, is you need to keep creating unique experiences unique experiences exactly you know? and if you don't do that and if you don't bring something new to the table you're going to lose the audience very very quick you know um one of the things i appreciate the most about the mc recently was the um uh they've been doing the marvel um like not movies but the things on on disney plus where it's the um the special presentation yeah and the one they did with the horror and the man thing i thought that was so unique uh, Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night. Yeah, yeah. That to me was one of the highlights, next to maybe Loki, in terms of that stuff, because it was a completely different experience from the rest of the MCU, from what I was used to. And you need to strive for that almost every time at this point. At this at this stage in the game, that's kind of what you're going to need to do, because people, I think, are getting kind of like I feel like general public is getting kind of like is getting kind of bored with it. Like you know, comic book guys like us are probably going to see the movies regardless, but if they don't. If they don't keep people um, on their toes trying to be like, okay, well, what's this one going to do? Then, then yeah, after a while, they're going to be dead in the water, I think, you know, to a certain degree until, you know, a new, a new, a new iteration of this stuff comes out in another, another way, basically. You know, I think to even piggyback off that and just kind of bring it full circle to across the Spider-Verse, I think that that film in a way did that. It kept people on their toes. Oh, yeah. In, in that in the sense that it did something a lot of films don't normally do anymore because it's kind of a little tropey but not too tropey in that they did a cliffhanger they did a here's how we're going to end our movie and it's going to make you go oh fuck i need to go see the next one yeah and how many great comic books have we read where there's a cliffhanger at the end and we got to read the next issue bingo yep that's, yep. that's why like when people are complaining about 
Spider-Verse was a uh, half a movie. I'm like, bullshit. Well, did you not? Did you Infinity not War know? I'm like, did you not know that you were going into this thing? Yeah. It was part one. I mean, I forgot. I forgot. Like, but then, like, when I when when the final act was happening, I was like, oh shit, that's right. I'm like, we don't have that much time. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's right. This is part one, so there's gonna be a cliffhanger. So, okay. Even though I was like, when it happened, I went, you know, with everybody else, I was like, oh shit, god damn it, I can't wait. You know, yeah. kind of thing. We have to wait less than a year for the sequel. So true. Let's just, let's yep. just we're good. That, you know, we're good. We're yeah. good. That's that. You know what? That's a good way to uh, end this stream right here too. Is like the fact of the matter is, guys. Anybody who's seen Across the Spider Verse, we have to the flash here for uh, Beyond the Spider Verse. So don't worry, we'll be okay, guys. We'll be okay. But uh, yeah, I think this is a good uh, spot to end this stream. And uh, thank you for everybody who's uh, shown up. Uh, yeah, we lost KC. I'm not sure exactly what happened there, but hey, thank you to KC for showing up. Thank you to Scott, of course showing up and then of course the featured guest mr sean o'connell like i said if you want to get his book i provided the link down below for uh um what's it called uh with great power there it is i had to remember the spider-man line that's his book right there hey you know i've been drinking some of uh, this jameson right here so what can i say but anyway, jameson jameson that's right. i've been getting a little hey, yeah but, uh, you know, for everybody who's here, thank you for uh, showing up. Let's go around the horn. Phil, go ahead and... Uh, as, always, yeah, as, as always, my friend, thanks for inviting me to talk yeah. anything nerd. Uh, I feel really bad because I spoiled Scott on just one piece of bullet train. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. yeah. It, it, dude, the movie's been out for so long. It's like it's, it's not like, There's fault. like 50 other cameos. He's, he's going to yeah. be okay. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. But no, yeah. Uh, if anyone wants to follow me, we haven't had a four nerd show in about two weeks, uh, but we will be doing one. I'm sure we'll probably be doing one next week to talk about Spider Man. You guys better be doing something. I swear to God. Hey, uh, take my, it up. My, my, hey, my, my last few Fridays have been boring as hell without four nerds. And no, I don't blame no. you. Okay, good, because it's no offense, not my problem. Number two, uh, um, if you want to take it up, take it up with Andre and Anthony and Ryan. I'll take it up with Dawson. Dawson. Sure, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Anyway, uh, if anyone wants to follow me, uh, Twitter, unfiltered, right there, Vero Instagram as well, and uh, the Eternal Night podcast. There it is. Cool. All right. And then, of course, Paul, you got anything? Yeah, well, I, I want to say thanks. Thanks for having me on again, man. It's, it was great. Um, glad, I'm glad I got my I, – I, I had an excuse to update my internet finally, so it all worked out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, no, I mean, I'm, it's great. I'm glad. You yeah, I'm, I'm just glad we got a good connection. Last time it was – I know I came in clear, but it was it was just bad on my end, so it, it would have been rough to talk. But uh, but anyway, um, if, if you guys want to follow me, um, it's at Paul Panhook. That's my Vero. I don't have a Twitter. I, I think I did at one point, but but no, but, but no longer at this point. And then uh, pmickey1988 uh, is my Instagram if you guys want to follow me on there or just message me or whatever. So has got a picture with Joe Ming. Joe Ming. Yeah. Jack Jack yellow. Yeah, awesome, awesome, love it. All right, Axel, you can find me at Droga52 on YouTube. Um, I haven't uploaded much lately. Um, you can find me on Twitter via Axel R Droga, where I just have hot takes, um, do put my drawings up, and yeah, there it is. All right, thank you you for inviting me on the show again, and yeah, 
practices. No problem. And uh, again, thank you to Sean for being the featured guest and talking about that. And like I said, get his book because he is uh, the Spider-Man guy. He went from the Snyderverse to the Spider-Verse. That's for damn sure. And then thank you to Scott. Thank you to Casey. Thank you to Phil. Thank you to Axel. Thank you to Paul for having a great discussion as always. All right, guys. Make sure you smash that like, thumbs up. Do all that. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell. Everything right there. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Peace.